and gentlemen, boys and girls, and beautiful people. How y'all feeling this Saturday morning? I'm excited because uh, I think Living Split Screen is not going to have any connection issues today. That's always a beautiful thing to see. Did a lot of work in the background. Audio listeners, you guys are going to get a normal episode. I know I skipped last week because of the technical issues that we ended up running into. Um, it is what it is. Um, unfortunately, uh, sometimes you run into some technical problems and things got to be adjusted. But hopefully today's episode makes up for some of that. And again, um, when... Life isn't as busy. I'm gonna try. I gotta figure out a way to start updating you guys a little bit more frequently. But nonetheless, you are here locked in with Living Split Screen, a non-console-centric platform covering everything within the gaming industry. We take that RTS approach. That's where we pull ourselves out of the world to look at the darker crevices of the map to pull those resources together uh, to build up that foundation to potentially reach the three billion gamers that Phil Spencer always talks about. Not only that, but we are also the home of the educated consumer perspective. That's that ECP. Um, because me and Punk, we're not in the industry. We're not lawyers, none of that good stuff. Uh, we're just taking our own professional uh, experience, life experience, and also um, the experience that we've had in this hobby, in our passion, to bring to you guys, hopefully, some well-rounded and excellent conversation about the gaming industry. In totality so with that being said i'm one of your hosts steel rain that's i steel rain i the t is a seven i don't know why i was about to get i don't know where i was going with that to get myself caught up that was interesting but nonetheless um i'm, I'm gonna work on drinking my little drinky drink but i have to introduce one of the most uncanny gentlemen that i have met in these tube streets um over the last several of years the brother from another to me personally the x-man who is not cyclops or iceman you guys say he should probably be cast as iceman but what hey, that's what they say out here paul they want they want to see you in the x-man movie they want to see you as iceman i think that'd be pretty cool i don't think that's your role but you know uh, i think it'd be pretty cool nonetheless my brother from another the uncanny gentleman pong soul how you feeling brother man I'm doing good, brother. I was just watching a video. I got to send this to you in the DMs. Way off topic as we do our intros, but I just saw a druid in werewolf form on Diablo do $1.8 billion, da- uh, $1.8 billion damage. I'm curious. Was he using tornadoes? Uh, it looks like it. I'll send it to you. Like I said, I just quickly yeah, yeah, uh, was it, watching. Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, the tornado ah, build for the Druid is one of yeah. the most popular right now because okay. it does crit ridiculously. Uh, high, highest amounts of point eight billion. God dang, man. Uh, anyways, ah, uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Living Split Screen. That's right. Episode one ten is happening right now, live Ow. and in effect. Uh, listen. What a great, great uh, time to be a gamer. I have been um, actually taking a break from Diablo this week um, a little bit because I had some things going on in the background on Monday and Tuesday when I was off. Um, And then for the rest of the week, I'm trying to get my sleep schedule back on. And I know myself. And when I hop on with Steel, we up late. It's hard for me to get off Diablo 4. So I was taking a little break this week, trying to get some things fixed in the background uh, and having a good time actually enjoying some other games um which uh man i've been shouting these games out and i gotta continue to do so so um where do i want to start um let's start with 
Let's start with Arcade Paradise, a little game that dropped, indie game that uh, dropped. It's from Wired Productions, dropped into Game Pass, and I've seen more and more people starting to check this game out, but Arcade Paradise is my new addiction, uh, and it was unexpected, actually. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, Arcade Paradise is basically set up uh, where you take over. Your dad forces you to start working at a laundromat, uh, his laundromat, that he kind of left to... uh, to the wayside and uh he get, puts you in charge of his laundromat and you wind up taking over his laundromat and yes you actually do do laundry uh there for people which earns you money but you wind up opening up the back room and finding that there's a little arcade uh that he had uh put in there that he hated uh but he was trying to give people that were waiting for their laundry something to do well your sister, uh, you was chatting with your sister and it's set in the 90s, uh, late 80s, uh, probably 90s. No, it's set in the 90s for sure. Set in the 90s. So the whole nostalgia factor is huge, right? Um, and so you got this arcade in the back and your sister's like, hey, what dad doesn't know won't hurt him. Why don't you just start beefing up the arcade a little bit? So right. you kind of got a balance between running the laundromat and earning money, right? It's the old lemonade stand for those of you that are old enough to remember lemonade stand on the old green screen, Apple twos, right? Uh, Lemonade stand where you first learned about business a little bit and running a business. It's got that aspect to it loop wise, but you can also go actually play in your arcade as well. And the more you play a game, the more popular it becomes, the more money it earns too on top of it. And the arcade, they got a ton of different games all old school style games based upon real arcade games. And so they're kind of fun, man. They're actually really kind of fun. So you got to balance your time out, uh, your day out, how you're going to spend, where you're going to spend your time. And then you can expand the arcade and then you can go online on your old PC that actually has a dial up modem. And they even give you the dial up modem sounds. Fantastic. And you can order more arcade machines. Right. And then they've got upgrades that you can eventually start uh, buying. Like you can buy an assistant who empties out all the arcade machines for you. So you don't have to worry about collecting the money all the time out of it, because that's a part of it as well. Uh, Arcade Paradise is freaking amazing. You eventually can get a jukebox. The jukebox has 90s. 80s 90s music with fake bands based on real bands like mm. there's nine inch nails one and i'm telling you guys i already found in my jukebox and you can order more uh music too i already found in my jukebox probably like six seven songs that i would legitimately listen to without knowing who the band was i would just listen to them because they're damn good so like this game has got it all. It's a really great loop. Uh, some people listened to me on PM. The PM downloaded it uh, when I was talking about it, when I actually started playing it. Uh, Xbox Ultimate, a bunch of people came in the chat and said, yeah, Pog, I started playing this because of you talking about it on PM to PM. Yeah, I can see that. Awesome. It's great. Um, so go check it out. Uh, it is a uh, game pass. Um, and then also another one that dropped in the game pass uh, this week was Sword and Fairy 7, Steel. Um, this is that Chinese-based uh, RPG. Uh, action-based, not turn-based, uh, that has been out for a while. I actually downloaded this and started playing this. And this is the... It's not AAA. But because of the quality of devs and the talent over there, there are moments where it does feel AAA. And I hope the studio continues now that they got Game Pass money, now they got a little notoriety, because this series obviously has been out for a very long time. It just hasn't been in the West at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope they go big next time, because I think there is something special here. 
I haven't had this much fun with a Eastern style JRPG in a long time. Again, it is action based. It's not it's not turn based, but the combat is fun. The combos are fun. The that that flavor steel, that style, that artistic style from over there. Right. It's different than Japanese in some ways, which you and I both know because we played a lot of those types of games. You can tell like all of it's got a general Eastern feel. But when you get down, if you played enough of them, you know that the, the Chinese side of things, the Korean side of things and Japanese side of things all have their own feel to character aesthetic, to design work, uh, even down to the clothing detail. Right. There's always a little something different. This game is freaking awesome. I'm really enjoying my time. The world is phenomenal. The story is stellar already. Uh, again, are there little things that, you know, okay, well, it's not AAA. Yes, there are some of that to it. Like there's a couple performance issues. Like when you come out of the menu screen, there's like this whole delay that kind of happens. Right. It almost looks like your game's freezing, but then it just quickly unfreezes. Um, so there's little things like that where you go, okay, I can see where they could still polish this up. But overall, story, fantastic. It's got all the RPG elements you could ever want out of a game. Um, like I said, I'm about uh, probably three, four hours into it maybe at this point. But loving exploring the world. The world is gorgeous. Uh, it really has a nice, nice look to it. Um, and the enemies are fun. They're varied already. They're, you know, again, different, uh, different styles. Of course, this is early game enemies. I did fight one big boss already. Um, it does have some quick time event to it um, as well, kind of like Final Fantasy does. Um, it's got some of that quick time event in certain areas. But man, really a great game. Sword and Fairy mm -hmm. 7. Uh, go check it out. I think it's Together Forever, I think is the full title. Um, go check that out as well if you're looking for that style of game. Um, and then there was a third one. What was the other one I played? Yes, Sargasm. It is on Xbox, by the way. Yes, it is on Xbox. It, it actually came out. Uh, it actually came out for purchase last year. Um, I know some people already bought it last year when it came out. Um, now it dropped in the Game Pass. Uh, so well, Together Forever is di is different is different from Sword and Fairy Seven. No, that's the full title on the screen. No, it it is, but they called it something different. It's called something different. Sword and Fairy <sighs> Sword and Fairy Seven isn't called Together Forever. But here it is. But yes, that's what that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I think what they've done is they've updated it some before they yeah, released it. Did they combine it? Is that what they did or something? Because it's still again, we... the one game. It's still the one game. Right, 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 right. But, but I, anyways, that's, I, that I is think the they type. I think they renamed it because they did some updates to it. It's um, possible. Because it, it did have some little issues, hitching and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, to probably make it a little bit easier for people that haven't played the game before yeah. to know what this game is. And, because it is kind of like its own sandbox. Yeah, because it was out on PlayStation 4 without the 7. Oh, it but was called Together Forever the then, too? Yeah, it was okay, called okay. it was called Together, but it didn't have the 7 in the title. Now it's got the 7 and Together Forever. Ah, okay, okay. So I don't know what they're doing. But okay, anyways, okay. The naming stuff is weird. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, uh, but yeah, go uh, definitely play that. Um, and then uh, what was the other one, Steel? What was the other one that I played this week? God dang it. I can't even remember now. And this is not saying it was bad by any stretch of imagination. It's just that uh, uh, my old brain sometimes does this. Try to think of what else. I, hold on here for a second. Let me, let me check this out real quick. Um, let me see if there was anything else. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I picked up on sale. It's still currently on sale. A game that people were excited for, and then it came out, and everybody was like, "No, what is this? I'm not paying full price for this shit. What? What? What is this? Uh, this came out last year. 
Um, but I got it on sale for six dollars. Werewolf the Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Earth yeah. Blood. Yes. Listen, there's not enough werewolf games. Okay. Period. Point blank. Werewolves again are little used. Now, of course, Diablo 4 steals basically a werewolf almost all the time now but werewolf games in general we don't get enough of them i have had my eye on this thing forever despite what everybody was saying about it six dollars for the xbox series version i was like fine i've got the store credits you know again from uh, from rewards i'm like forget it i'm just gonna buy it and i'm gonna try it out for myself as i said on pm in the pm I don't care what anybody says, and this is a me thing. So if it's not for you, it's not for you. I don't need all the time to be blown away by games right. to say that I'm having fun. Same. Okay. That I'm enjoying myself. And there is a pr- right. And there is a price for that. Writing isn't everything. Graphics isn't everything. Even the story itself doesn't have to be everything. If the in-game action makes me smile, then I'm okay with that at a certain price point. And $6, this game is a 360 throwback classic. This game right here, again, you can ignore the writing. Even the graphics aren't horrible, but let's be real. They're not current gen in any way, shape, or form when it comes to character models or anything like that. I don't care. What I'm having fun with is this game is set up as a stealth based game. You have no weapons outside of a crossbow, but your dude can transform into a wolf right. at any time it wants to not a werewolf, but a wolf. And you are set up to sneak around and stealth kill enemies in this base. The AI is dumb as shit. Just like the 360 era. Don't care, uh-huh. but they set up the whole areas so that you can take multiple paths and you've got to find your way. It is Tough enough where you are going to get caught if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then when you get caught, steal, and they start shooting you. Well, guess what? You Trans- go full werewolf, brother. And then it just becomes a slaughter That's fest. Funny. And the whole room turns red with blood. And it's freaking amazing. And you've got skill. You get skills. You got power-ups, right? You get all your classic stuff. It's got skill trees where you can use your points to power up certain aspects of your werewolf or your stealth or your plain wolf. All of it is there. And all I did was find myself smiling as I'm looking around at the bloodbath that I just caused because you can grab dudes and execute them by ripping them apart in mid-play. Like, it's just fun pure fun so for six dollars if you're looking for something dumb to fool around with and just have a good time you could do a lot worse than werewolf the apocalypse from my point of view again nothing is going to tell you like oh my god this game is great oh my god i don't know what people were talking about no i totally understand for the people that bought this at full price yeah no 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 no. this is not a full price game but for six dollars yes sir i will take that every to- every day and twice on sunday so uh that was the other game i jumped into as well steel so uh fun 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 stuff man just old school just reminded me of the glory days of the 360 so that's what i've been doing man. it's, al- it's always it's always dope when you uh when you come back with some of these games man because again with you being more so the um the guy that gets around and you're the grazer, yeah, the grazer. right? You're you're touching on different games, playing different yep. games. The fact that you even yep. invested six bucks 
into a yeah. game that a lot of people kind of yeah. looked over. Um, that's hmm. and even that, even that is that's that super, that's super dope. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. adds a lot of variety to the conversation. So I, and, I like that. And Masshole, yes, Bramble is still out there. I talked about yes, this last weekend. I did not play it this week. That's why I did not bring it up. But Masshole, I know, jumped into Bramble because of me and is loving it as well. Um, Masshole is absolutely correct. If you haven't downloaded Bramble on Game Pass, try it yet again. I will say that it is just a fantastic. It, it there's no there's no combat so again it's it's walking running jumping but the world itself feels like you were dropped in the middle of a fairy tale literally like that's how good they develop the atmosphere it is awesome so go yes go check out bramble good shout out masshole that's super dope. Um, and Dicado says he's returning to PCMR. Everything should be here Tuesday. Dicado, let's go, brother. Um, the game that Paul was talking about, I don't know. I don't think it's like uh, Castlevania. If you're talking about um uh, the werewolf game, that no, it's not like yeah, Castlevania no. Symphony of the Night at all. Um, no. it's not a platform or anything like that. It's a full on. 3D action and Symphony Night was 3D action too, but was no, it? not like that. Yeah, yeah, not like that. Yeah, I the, thought it was the ones at 360. One th- no, the ones at 360 were uh, 3D action. They changed up their whole formula. They're great. People didn't play them, um, but I loved them. But no, they're not like that. This is stealth action. So you're sneaking into like bases and that kind of stuff. And each section is its own thing, just like 360 era games. So if you sneak into a section, you get caught in that section. You murder everybody. You go to the next area. They don't know anything happened. And it starts all over again. You, you basically stealth, right? You're back to stealth again. That it's That's how old school it kind of set up is. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones says he's writing a review for a game on the laptop. He's also reviewing. Hey, well, shout out to you, man. You got it. Sounds like you got a lot of work going on over there. Got uh, got people sending you stuff. Hey, Chris. Hey, shout out to you, man. Working hard. Um, I know you're definitely not hardly working. You're, you're getting to it. Putting putting the name out there again. Uh, hey, the only thing I will say, Chris, you got to be careful about calling yourself Jordan, man. He, Jordan got the 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 recognition he did from everybody else before he gave it. I'm pretty sure he was probably bragging the entire time. As a matter of fact, I know he was. Jordan was a hell of a shit talker um, back back when he was really balling it out. But nonetheless, let's see what has good old Steel been into, huh? Um, well, one, M. Gene says, Steel, I want more gameplay streams. You know what, MG? I, I do need to start making that happen more often, man. When I get some time, uh, it's it's one of those things. It's definitely a mental thing for me, right? Um, because sometimes I play games and I feel like I need to play at a certain level at all the time. Um, and it just makes it difficult because I get in my head and I get on stream and it's like, oh, well, what if I got to do all these things? I don't know. It's, it, I, I, it, honestly, it's a bunch of excuses. Um, just a, a bunch of eternal things that I'm going through in my head is, you know, but those times where you want to sit down and really get your gaming in, I'm not really thinking about streaming or whatever, not or whichever the case. It's like sometimes I even forget to record some gameplay because uh, I get busy throughout the week, dealing with the kids, the wife, you know, dealing with them stuff at home, outside of the home. Uh, I just get down and I just sit down. I'm like, all right, let's get some gaming in. Um, but I do need to get some uh, some more content out to you guys because, again, we do have a channel here on Living Split Screen. I've also been fighting this thing to where – because I do treat Living Split Screen like a platform, right? Where I do still have my own channel. Now, do I use my own channel like that? Not really, um, unless I feel like I'm about to go on the ledge for some things or 
whichever the case, I want to have some interesting conversations. Then I'll try to keep it kind of separate. Um, but even that, you know, that it's not a conversation that like me and Paul have had in the background where how do we really want to treat living split screen and um, what kind of content do we want to have here? Do we just want to separate it out by playlist and have our content be here so we can grow um, the platform known as living split screen? Um, that's kind of where I've kind of started moving to um, because, well, my thought process has been. But nonetheless, I mean, it's not really important to you guys. Kind of, I feel like it's kind of boring information to you guys. It's stuff where I'll figure out on the back end, uh, whether I do it on Living Split Screen uh, or I do it on my own channel to kind of grow uh, both. I'm kind of leaning more so doing it on Living Split Screen and just kind of playlisting it out uh, so we can continue to grow and actually have like content kind of flowing through uh through here right so uh that's that's kind of my thought on that but nonetheless um one of the games that i have jumped uh jumped into this week again um is naraka blade point uh naraka is one of those games that i have jumped into since the release of it right came to xbox um dropped in the game pass uh, on release and uh, i played it there um well i was playing it on pc through the xbox game pass app um had a wonderful time with it in the game uh the game has seen many transformations as far as like performance and things of that nature and character and balancing and things um to, in in that mindset but the game is now coming to playstation so with the game coming to playstation which is extremely interesting um because again this is definitely one of those games to where if there was a platform that I would have bet for this to be at first, it would have been played, right? But apparently, and obviously, PlayStation doesn't believe in multiplayer gaming. So, of course, they didn't make those investments. But now, it is coming. And, I, and with the Rock of Blade Point and their studio being smaller, right? This isn't some huge studio, huge team working on this game. I mean, the... A lot of the devs and whatnot, and I think the community manager too, um, are pretty heavily on Twitter and Reddit, yeah. and they're looking at the, um, looking at the different things. Cool. Um, and they're they are very dope people, right? Yeah. Um, you can tell they're really engaged with their game. The people who are um invested in the rock up, they really love it. I love it. But, I even liked it. Yeah, I mean, Paul <laughs> even I don't liked like it. When you it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. jumped in heavy when it first came out. Me and Steel were running on every night. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one of the things that Naraka does have, unfortunately, Naraka is a sleeper still currently. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Um, now, Naraka is also one of those games, kind of like Fortnite and some of the other multiplayer games um, that Battle Royale-ish, where early on, they do make you feel really good about the game, right? They want you to get in there, um, feel like you can do some things, feel like you can fill out the combat, and feel like you can be versatile. But after some time, and again, this is probably going to be after about 10 hours of gameplay, which is pretty fair, right? You'll get in there for 10 hours. You can decide at that point whether it's something that you want to continue to invest in. But after about that time, you're going to run into some actual the main issue that I have with Naraka is that the ranking balancing still isn't where it needs to be, right? Unfortunately. I mean, now, that's a thing that's still in a lot of these online multiplayer games, but I think it's because of the player base, right? You have too much of a player base that have been playing since the beginning so versus the newer folks. So you'll find people 
like for an example, myself, who are in that middle ground of, hey, I'm not necessarily like a noob per se, quote unquote, but I'm also not like of the upper echelon of people who are like no life this game, right? They, you know every you know how every weapon works. You you know how every combo is going to play out. You know all the timings to everything, right? I'm not of that echelon. I got to play the game more to get back into uh, familiarity with that with those things. There's no in between, right? It's either I'm going full out, full board, smacking folks up, or I'm getting smacked around by people who know who know life, right? But the game just feels good to play, right? Uh, the optimization is through the roof now. Um, I was playing with uh, Perfect Shogun. Shout out to you, brother man. Uh, he was saying that it felt better than it ever did on the Xbox, right? Now, I haven't played it on the box, so I, I kind of I didn't know what that experience was like. For So for him to say that, hey, this experience has gotten better over time is a beautiful thing. Now, a lot of the gameplay that you are going to end up seeing today, I was trying to do some 2v2 or do twos, right? Um, but I was solo queuing. So you're going to find me in a lot of situations probably getting clapped up because I'm trying to fight two people, man. Like, I'm fighting teams of two. These people obviously have fought together before. They know the mechanics of the game, right? So they're completely taking advantage of me, making sure they're smacking me around. This guy stood over my body, right, for those who are watching live. <laughs> But it's been fun to get back into. I, I, Naraka is one of those where, best way that I, I can explain it, it's like playing a huge game of rock, paper, scissors, right? It's a melee, um, Nick's, it's a melee-based battle royale, right? Now, there are, like, guns and stuff like that. They got, um, like, crossbows and other, and regular bow and arrows and things like that, that, again, those things do have a place in here, right? So, it's one of those that can be extremely complicated. It has a it has a high skill gap, um, but it also has a pretty easy entry point, right? It's, it's very new player friendly. They want you to make sure that you understand what the game is. Again, you don't have to play ranked. You can play quick play. You'll probably run into some better matches. I probably should have did some quick play, um, but I didn't. So, I mean, it kind of kind of is what it is. And Palm's bars are going crazy for whatever reason, but I'll fix that in a second. Um, the other thing too, I'm still on Diablo. Uh, Diablo Four is still right on cue for me. Uh, I am level 97 in Diablo currently, though. Uh, so I am at a point where, again, uh, I mean, I'm in that top five percent, top one percent, I guess, of people um, who are playing Diablo currently. Uh, and this is me. I'm not no. This is not. I'm not no life in the game. This is me still having to do things in the background, uh, casually playing Diablo. The thing that's probably beneficial to me is that I have a thing to where a lot of the times when I play one game, I fully throw myself at that game, right? That's going to be the only game that I play for X amount of time. Um, and Diablo was one of those and shout out to Diablo for that. But there are the issues that I have with Diablo, uh, that I feel like should be, shouldn't be there. Um, especially for a known IP, uh, that are frustrating to me. Uh, and again, for when you're at that high of a level, again, you have to ask, you do have to ask yourself, hey, when is the, what's the stopping point? For me? What is my overall goal with it? Um, I thought it was going to be PvP. It's not. Obviously, PvP is not going to be the space, right? Um, now, again, it may be now. I haven't tried PvP again since I've uh, gotten to the level that I'm at. Uh, but 
it's just, it just feels extremely unbalanced. Uh, it feels like everything feels like an afterthought as far as the end game goes. Whereas, um, as far as the game of totality, you can tell that it was definitely tailored for, um, that's, I'm not necessarily going to say the casual audience, but more so it made it easier for people to understand and get into Diablo four, um, which is perfectly fine. Again, I, I do feel as though because the power creep, right. You could go all the way to tier 100 nightmare dungeons and yeah, I can hit crazy numbers and everything else like that. But there is something to say about the, once you get to tier 50 nightmare dungeons, I personally feel like there should be something else after that tier 50 nightmare dungeon to help you continue to progress or give you some feeling of progression. Um, whether that allows you to take more damage because it becomes very one-sided, right? I did a tier 66 nightmare dungeon. Give you, give you an example. The enemies are level 120 and I could do the damage, right? I can, I can do the damage to kill them, but I can't take the damage. And it becomes a, oh, I just get one hit by everything. And it just, that doesn't remotely make sense to me, right? I, you, I put in all this effort to put this build together. And you're telling me I got to play cat and mouse uh, with the enemies now to even get some form of enjoyment. And I'm not talking about, oh, I could take two, three, maybe four hits. No, I'm talking about the enemy swing one time, no matter what enemy that it is. And they kill me. This just, it just feels extremely unbalanced at that point. It's like, what's, well, what is the point of doing these high tier dungeons, right? You don't get anything additionally for them. You're not getting any better gear outside of a higher chance for you to get consistent ancestral gear, which is ideal. But again, Diablo, I, I just feel is in a space to where we as gamers have to decide what your, um, and me as a gamer, I have to decide what my stopping point, right? Right now, it's, I feel like I'm at a stopping point outside of grouping up with the homies, us getting together, running dungeons, uh, and us just having a good time, right? Uh, I'm ready for the new season to pop up. I'm going to switch up classes, so we'll see how that goes, and then I'll see how I feel about the game at that point. Uh, but there's there's a lot of competition for Diablo, man. I got uh, Exo Prime when it's coming in at the end of the month. I got Atlas Fallen that's around the corner. Armor, once Armor Core drops, I'll tell you guys right now, MG, if you're still listening, bro, the man, you want more streams from me? I'm going to guarantee you that there's definitely going to be plenty of Armor Core streams because I'm about to go buck wild nasty with Armor Core release. Uh, every, I keep, I've watched that trailer for Armor Core at least 20 times. Um, I'm super excited to get into there. Just the, the graphical fidelity of that game, even with it being cross-gen, it's just astronomical, and there's so much more than I could have ever asked for um, out of a mech game. It's gonna. It got has me super excited. I hope that the uh, PvP is gonna be good in that. And then, yo, Dakota, why did you? Re it's the game that I keep forgetting about, but I know that I'm going to play when it releases. Remnant Two. Remnant Two, man. Remnant 2 is going to be a, a really good time. I think that's going to be another one I might do some streaming for uh, because that is more of a game that you do get some co-op and you get some drop-in, drop-out co-op action going there, in there. In the game, after playing Re the first Remnant, um, I didn't play it in like the way that you're supposed to, right? Because you're supposed to play the game over and over and over again uh, to help get your, get your build up. And the game changes every time that you play through it. So... I didn't do that with the with the first remnant because I kind of jumped into it late. 
Um, I did give it a good, I did give it a good playthrough, and I did lo- like what I played uh, of it. Right. So I'm super excited what Remnant Two is bringing to the table because the bosses are to the tenth level. Uh, the environment seemed to be taking advantage of them having some more capital, having more time, um, actually having a player base that they know are going to be a dedicated player base of people um, that they know are going to jump into it. So I'm excited for that. Um, Split Difference says, Living Split Screen, I think you should stream Anthem. Did you love Armor Core so much? you got to love Anthem, right, Steel? I did love Anthem, and I do love Anthem, and I would love to go back to Anthem um, if they had fucking content to get into. I jumped back into Anthem, and I was like, bro, like, how do I... Why can't I just queue up for, like, a good dungeon or, like, a, some some good... And, like, I would, like, try to load in with some folks, and there would be nothing there. I'd load into the open world, and there was nothing there. I'd be flying around, like, as good as that feels. There was nothing. And my character that I had was like so overpowered. It's like I'm going through just killing shit. Like it's no problem. They do. EA definitely needs to sell the uh, the IP. They they need they either need to either sell it or they just need to give the IP to to Motive. Maybe. I mean, they're already making an Iron Man game. Why not just let them make Anthem? You know what I mean? Like I I just Anthem Anthem Two wherever that's at because I know that they said that they put that off to the side. Wherever it's at, they need to they need to put a team on that and get that shit released because that is such a underutilized IP currently, and there is literally no other game like it. EA ain't going back to that, which is unfortunate, man. Because it's just like you have it's like that it's like that Ubisoft mentality. Like you have something there, and you're not going to support it. You think so? You're not going to put the work into it. You like may, and maybe it is the underlying systems that are the issue and because of development and everything else but for the the time that they had to actually develop the game what i'm thinking was something crazy like they only had two years to actually create what we got from anthem it's crazy to think of that the game still ended up being a decent game what if they would have had four to six years to actually work on the game of totality? What could have the game have been at that point? But it, 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 I don't know, man. That drives me up the wall. I like, like look, EA. If you guys ever hear this, I, hire me. I'm your met guy. I'm, I I like people in suits. I do. I like Iron Man. Let talk to me. I can I can get some things in there. Um. That's pretty much been my most of my week, uh, Naraka and Diablo. I don't think there's really... Uh, I'm still playing Neo 2, so that's there's that. Um, I jumped back into Wolong. Um, I beat the DLC, but I ended up uninstalling it uh, again because it was just like, it just felt... feels flat, you know? Um, I don't feel like there's any real progression for me to chase in there where there is in Neo 2. Right, um, there's a whole other game, and I, again, they said the game opens up even more after you beat the game the first time. Uh, but I'm I'm playing it really very very casually because there are other games that are on the horizon um, that I'm probably going to end up throwing more of my time into. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of in a few different places, um, but I am t- jumping back into the rock a little bit more seriously again. Uh, keep putting that in the main rotation. So anybody, um, if you guys just found out about Naraka Blade Point, you want to get some runs in, uh, definitely hit me up. Let me know. We can definitely get it get it in, man. I'm definitely down. Um, and MG says, I kind of got tired of Wolong. 
Bro, the thing that really pulled me back into it, especially with the DLC, it reminded me how much I love that parry system. I love it. It's 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 amazing. That's probably one of the best things that Team Ninja did for that game. Although I don't know why they didn't like add a lot of the other elements from like Neo and things like that, especially for the end game, to give people the reason to continue to be invested. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Nonetheless, that's been kind of my week thus far as far as games go. Uh so yeah, man. I like it. Uh, Spadifra says, what did you call him still? What did I call who? Did I call somebody something <laughs> funny? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Splen. What are you listening to? What are you listening to over there, Splen? Let me know. Uh, yeah. But, oh, I mean, uh, where do we go from here? You want to get into these uh, these upcoming games? Yeah, we can get into these upcoming games. And uh, first of all, let me give the chat a shout out. Please do. do. Because it got to, got to do this because we appreciate it every single one of you if you're lurking behind the scenes and i don't get your name listen still love you okay so nothing but respect from me and steel for being here every saturday morning again got over 50 people in here as we always do on living swiss green every saturday morning thank you all for being here talos rays in the house red monkey but what is going on it's timmy it's timmy's here what's going on it's timmy the aforementioned splendiferous blue moon fc what is going on brother great to have you a part of our show dakado is here of course the one the only jesse darby dropping in here saying morning pong and steel morning to you jesse darby and of course the og nix is in here stirring up trouble what's going on nix great to have you sir you know that mg is in the house tim the sorcerer is here what's going on sork love to see you dropping on in here brother uh we got who else who else who else who else we got mass hole 1977 we got the one the only lady foxfire in the house what's going on lady great to have you dropping in here saying hi appreciate that see unit chris jones of course is in here of course from the iron lords and lobnet over there what's going on chris uh who else we got here we got atls in the house what's going on we got lord roughness what's going on lord roughness salute to you g wave is in the house what's going on g wave um let's see let's stanley see. francois stanley francois what's going on stanley great to have you sir uh we got el nini is in the house what's going on el nini great to have you drop it on in here in our chat man so many we got chargasm in the house what's going on char uh we got who else who else who else who else i know we got more people because i saw a bunch of people jumping in here early we got the hooded canuck in the house Ooh. what's going on hooded did i always say did i already say talos ray talos ray is here what's going on talos um we got web dave in the house mr interviewer extraordinaire uh has interviewed basically everybody in the community uh what's going on web great to see you we got rescue squad cope in the house we got the one the only sick slayer is in here what's going on sick uh always great to see you brother uh who else who else who oh fuzzy belvedere brother from another dropped in here early we'll be talking later tonight on the shop podcast uh what's going on fuzz we got dip down anime in here what's going on dip uh who else uh, oh we got the brother wandering dutch is in the house from the midweek mix-up collective what's going on wandering 
congrats again on three years, sir. Uh, just uh, three years of podcasting for them over there. Fanto, sir. What's going on, Fanto, sir? We got Isaac Gentry in the house. What's going on, Isaac? Uh, let's see. We got Game Pass Dad, otherwise known as Pickle Papa. What is going on? Great to see you, sir. Just had a nice conversation with him last night on Xbox Ultimate. We've got casket repair in the house as well. We got Andrew Cullinane dropping on through here. Listen, all oh, you. Oh, we got Galvin Stein. What's going on, Galvin Stein? We got the Fahim Scott. What is going on, Fahim? Uh, thank you all for joining myself and Steel Rain on another episode of Living Square Split Screen on a beautiful Saturday morning. Great to see every single person in here. And again, if you're looking, love you all the same. So um, let's see here. We got upcoming games this week, Steel. And this is going to be the week of July the 10th already. We are flying through the year closer and closer to Star. Starfield's coming, folks. We are 60 days out. Uh, can't wait. And, of course, in between is Baldur's Gate 3, which we might talk about a little bit um, because I wasn't planning on buying another game, but Baldur's Gate 3 has definitely earned its spot. So let's go. Uh, we got the week of July the 10th, and, of course, we're doing this from GameInformer.com. Uh, again, not perfect, and I'm also going to hit up Xbox Wire uh, as well to see what they've got to say coming on Xbox. So let's see here. Uh, coming this week, starting with July the 12th, we've got Mordow. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's M-O-R-D-H-A-U, Mordow uh, is coming, and this is a new, very action-based medieval battling right this is this is classic here um medieval warfare uh war you know like warhammer uh vermintide 2 chivalry of course has been a big a chivalry of course medieval warfare is what i meant to say the full one that's what this game looks like it is developed by trinturian 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 something trinturian yeah, yeah, Triturian, something like that. Eternian. Anyways, um, this has Trench been, code. this has been uh, released on PC back in 2019. It is now coming to consoles this week. So if you guys are into chivalry, definitely check this out. PlayStation Five, Xbox Series, PlayStation Four, Xbox One. Uh, then a game uh, that a lot of people, small indie game, Oxen Free, uh, which originally came out. On Xbox, of course, and everything else as well. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is due out this week, coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Skipping Xbox this time around, uh, which is kind of sad. Um, And obviously Netflix as well. I don't know why they didn't include that, but this is now a Netflix game because they bought this. Oh, wow. So um, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals coming out this week. Again, if you played the first Oxenfree, you know it was a tantalizing type game. Oh. Kind of kept you guessing. Very simplistic graphic-wise, but it actually made an impact on how uh, minimalistic it was and how it did it. Oh. Um, Oxenfree 2 definitely has a fan base, fan base already established. And uh, so, again, sad not to see it on Xbox, but uh, here we go. Um, it's coming to Weird. Mac. It's, it's it is strange. Um, Gravity Circuit coming out to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC this week as well. 
Uh, another one, uh, skipping Xbox, unfortunately, developed uh, by Domesticated Ant Games, published by PID Games. It is an action-based game, so go check that out. Gravity Circuit this week. Really? Uh, yeah. And then we've got Steel. Finally, we played the beta, sir, and had a really, really good time. XO Primal. Yeah. Dropping this week. Got yes. some worries, but nonetheless... Yep. That's fine. We can have worries. There's certainly some concerns to be had, but it is in Game Pass day and date, which definitely yes. does help. So no risk. No risk, folks. Again, from what we played in the beta, we had a blast playing it. Yes. Does it have legs? That, I think, for me, is the biggest question. Do they have the content to keep this going like an Overwatch? Um, because that's pretty much what this is. It's a hero. Uh, base game, but uh, XO Primal from Capcom, of course, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC again, day and date. Um, for Game Pass, XO Primal's got some really good to it. Um, so Steel, go ahead. What are your concerns, sir? Uh, no, I mean, just XO Primal in itself because they've um came out and I don't, I don't know if they've changed it completely or whichever the case. Um, but apparently they made it more PVE friendly, uh, which would be mm-hmm. PVP friendly, uh, where I, I mean, I liked what they had in the beta um, as far yeah. as how they treated the PVP, given sure. it, I don't know, for me, it can't, it was like high octane action. Like I, I get like Jasper made the point. Well, you know, it's not going to take long for people to uh, come out with a metal way and they're going to, mm-hmm. it's going to yeah. slam through and it's never going to be fair. Um, and again, I feel like a lot of those things, and this is coming from Capcom too, and Capcom's been on a stride here recently uh so it's kind of like i i hope that this one isn't a miss more so because because of me being a mecha fan um because i love robots the dino the whole us killing swarms of dinos in the performance that they've done on this obviously the game is pretty well optimized re engine is putting in fucking work in this game um but with that with that being said though with them trying to make it more pve focus versus pvp i just hope that um, they make it an additional mode uh, or give me personally uh, something that is going to be more PVP friendly because I do think that this game has some potential there, right? Um, may, and again, maybe that's just me. I do think the game still has, uh, still can be some fun. Again, you see that Capcom isn't scared to um, to use some of their own creative juices, right? One of the skins for the characters in the game is a, is a robotic Ryu, which I, I mean, I think it's dope. I wasn't expecting that, right? Um, but the fact that they're not taking it overly serious and um, because the game, I mean, again, you, there's no way that you look at Exo Primal and say, oh, this game is serious. No. Right. Like it like from they had a chance to pro- potentially make it somewhat serious. But as soon as you get the the whole aspect of the AI and the dinos and the dialogue up. Uh, it doesn't have to be right. Not every game has to be overly, um, overly serious. So uh, I don't know. I have a lot of hope and I have a lot of ambition for it. I do that hope that it does have um, some good legs. I mean, I'm going to play it when it releases, right? Um, to see what, see how it feels again. Um, I didn't like the last couple of times that they presented it, right? Uh, the last few showings that they had were them giving the same information out, but trying to explain it three different ways. And it made it boring, right? It, it didn't, it made it see, it, it didn't bring an additional energy to the game. Um, and it's just weird when certain people, like when, um, when certain developers or whichever the case, uh, that don't have that knack to talk to the people. And it could just been a foreign thing because there was a language barrier there, right? 
um, where the things that he was saying had to be translated over, but he just didn't seem like he was the most, he was just like, yeah, you know, this is our exo primal. And these are the things that are going to be happening in the game. Like this would be like, you guys see how I am now, all your listeners. I know you can't see, but if you could tell in my voice, yeah, you know, it's, it's just the way that he was talking about the game. It was just like, are you excited about the game? Like, I don't, but maybe he's somebody, he, he was somebody at a, at a higher level and typically, you know, it takes those lower level folks, the people who are actually putting in the work um, to talk about the game to get the players excited, right? So, I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't fall to the wayside. There's a lot of games that are coming out. Again, Atlas Fallen is going to fall. It's going to come, is in August also. So, it's like, you know, two weeks of an Exo Primal. Honestly, I'll be quite frank. Exo Primal actually has about six days to show me uh, how mu- how worth it it's going to be or not, because then the Diablo season drop, and right, if right. we get if we all get sucked into the Diablo season again, yeah. that's going to be easily another. <laughs> I don't I, I can't even tell you how many hours that's going to be because I mean if we all end up playing different classes, which whatever the case may be, yeah. if we do it the same way we did this preseason, right? I'm not going to have time to play fucking a different game, right? So it's like I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Diablo and Exoprama both have something to prove to me here coming up. I, I mean, again, I'm excited for it. So let's yeah, see. Let's see I, what happens. I, I definitely think Diablo 4 is. I, I mean, again, I'm planning on putting the time into it again because this will be my one and only season before Starfield uh, shows up in Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. So I definitely want to get runs in. I get you next um, time. Because I'm going to be going single player for uh, quite a long time. I, so uh, definitely going to be interesting to see how this works out. But yeah, Exoprimal, again, anytime. A game comes out, and this guy right here can place first consistently in the entire match. I like that game because it doesn't happen very often. So uh, I liked uh, what I got out of Exo Primal. So that's it from Game Informer. Now I'm going to switch over here to the Xbox Wire because they put out their uh, update for the upcoming week, and there are a couple different games that weren't on that list. So we've got Sea Horizon coming out. Embark on a – this is July 10th for Xbox. I don't know if it's coming anywhere else. Again, this is Xbox Wire. Uh, embark on a perilous adventure in a classic role-playing style with dice rolls and card-based actions to govern your fate in the world of sea horizon every step counts a journey of survival and high adventure sea horizon is a rogue-like turn-based rpg presented in a 3d bird's eye view of a hex grid map that's different every time you set out to explore the shattered uh arc oh i hate this word archipelago archipelago of uh, Mirren is the name of the world. So Sea Horizon on July 10th, 10th sounds like a me game. Uh, I might have to go look at that one real quick. Yes. Um, and then we got one that's coming to Game Pass this week as well because Xbox did put out their Game Pass games coming up. Common Hood. Common Hood okay. is coming. Um, this is uh, on July the 11th. Common Hood is a squatter settlement simulation game with highly customizable base building tools. Again, up my alley. Don't know how much time I'm going to have for this, but gathering salvage materials, grow your own food, food, research, new technology, craft new tools, and build a new home. Explore and discover unique characters that will go from strangers to family, helping the community overcome the shortage of food and shelter. So that is also coming in again, dropping a game pass day and date, July 11th. 
Then we got a cool looking game. I have looked at this one called Rain World, inspired by the simplicity of, and aesthetics of 16 bit classics. The survival platformer requires clever decision making, both to catch your own prey and avoid the jaws of hungry predators. Each ravenous foe in your path will be cunning, vicious, and always on the hunt, eager to sink their teeth into you or each other. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Ori. Um, again, not going to necessarily be for me, but it looks really cool. So Rain World is coming July 11th as well. Then we got a game that I definitely going to hop into at some point, The Valiant. Uh, following This has been out on PC for a while, I believe. July 11th, follow the story of Theodore. Theoderic von Achenberg, a former crusader knight who, after becoming disillusioned with the cruelty of war, is called back into action. The Valiant is a squad-based RTS set in the 13th century Europe and the Middle East where you'll command and level up your medieval knights as you fight through an epic single-player campaign. Then take to your skills to online in both cooperative and competitive multiplayer modes. The Valiant. Uh, definitely one I've had my eye on. I remember uh, seeing this in one of the showcases last year, I think for PC. It might have been a future game show, by the way. Um, the Valiant drops on July the 11th as well. And then we've got Dead, Man Di- Dead Man's Diary coming July the 12th. You're on your own in a world full of danger. Drink only if you discover water. Survive the night only if you have a place to sleep. Eat only what you have found or hunted. Dead Man's Diary is a unique blend of elements from several genres. The gameplay adopts typical typical survival game mechanics, such as crafting items or exploring hostile world, along with the need to find places to sleep or for food, and enriches it with a gripping story and realistic puzzles. Dead Man's Diary. That is also coming. We already covered Mordoho, Mordow, Mordow, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, we got Strike Force Kitty coming July 12th, a humorous light platformer about cats and kittens. Command a squad of four cute kittens, save an adorable princess as you Ooh. train your tabbies into tigers and power them up with 350 plus costume steel. This I mean, this, it's talking this to me. That game made for you. That's this talking is to me. <laughs> Each level is by finding an optimal path with new abilities to discover and new ways of completing the level and find costumes along the way. They might as well just name the Steel's Kitty Play Force. It, it might as well. Perfect. Might as well. It might as well have. Uh, strike Team Gladius. Enlist your strike team and drop Planetside into an intense sci-fi war zone in the turn-based tactical combat game Strike Team Gladius. Make tactical decisions and employ ruthless strategies to achieve each mission. Choose from your team from 22 unique classes ranging from lethal snipers to brutal melee specialists with a campaign featuring 40 combat missions, each with their own special objectives and win conditions. Is this a PC only game? Because that sounds absolutely cool as hell. And I would like, let's see here. Not available. What is nope? Nope. It's coming on Xbox and Xbox series. Okay. Xbox one and series consoles. It is a console game. Strike Force Team or Strike Team Gladius. Uh, this is definitely going to be on my damn. Huh? That looks kind of yeah. cool. It's not kind of right. Uh, Ed Zero Zombie Uprising, Japan, eighteen fifty four. At a, this is July thirteenth. At a time when the country was in isolation, Western countries were undergoing zombie industrial revolution. And we're in search of new settlements to conquer. Soon, the black ships arrived and demanded entry into the country. This allowed zombies to infest 
the country, but a group of people with mysterious powers unaffected by zombies appear. Now hunt the zombies as they begin to restore Japan to the way it was in this action game where you will play as a samurai, sumo wrestler, or ninja. Yo. I like these types of games too, Steel. Yeah, sounds interesting. Oh, yeah, no, it's not old school graphics. It's it's oh, wow, newer okay. graphic. I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely action based. Oh, we got some. It's got some cart. It's got some cell shade. I don't know if those are cutscenes or if those are no. That looks like actual gameplay where it goes to a a very comic book style look to right. it as well. On top of being realistic, I wonder if that's a special move or something. Uh yeah, that looks kind of cool, folks. Uh, again, if you're looking for a hack and slasher, Ed zero zombie uprising that is the name of that one so go check that out x-force under attack uh july 13th is a sequel to the x-force genesis a space shooter that channels shmups from the 80s and 90s always liked my shmups although they're very hard for me these days here the x-force squad will fight to prevent general lava and his troops from invading and dominating the planet genesis uh we already talked about exoprimal so that is your upcoming week of games folks so a lot more included in the Xbox wire than there was on Game Informer. That's for damn sure. Um, but uh, that's why I pulled it up this week. So uh, got some things to look forward to. Exoprimal being one of them, sir. Yeah, Jacob Novick, uh, he said, we can't see the upcoming games list. Um, that's because Paul was going over a different list. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have that set up already on yeah, my end, so it was, it's all it was good. My fault for not um, sending it to steal ahead of time. That's nah, all. It's yeah. no, it's all good. I, I just forgot. wanted to wanted to let him know. Um, that, yeah, that's 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 all it was. Uh, we showed we what we that. had, and then I flip it back to normal so Paul can list out the other games that we have coming up. Um, and then we go from there. No, it's it's all it's all good. Sorry, it ain't a big deal. Sorry. A lot of it's more. Those are more Xbox focused games, so yeah. I'm not really like. I mean, for for to give them a shout out is perfect anyway. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. Ain't, ain't no big deal. All right. And if he Scott, he was asking about getting a Steam Deck. He says his homie uh, lined up, uh, got an ally, and um, is wanting to sell him his Steam Deck. Uh, but he was like, oh, well, I don't have a PC right now. And uh, I was just telling Fahim, like, yeah, man, uh, I was currently because he says he is looking at a good the pre built. Um, if you, I personally would get a PC before I got the Steam Deck. Because you are going to need the PC to do some of the finagling potentially that you might want to do, right? Um, he also said he, he was like he doesn't really have a Steam account or anything like that. If you don't have a library already, I personally wouldn't recommend getting a Steam Deck because you're really limiting yourself, right? Um, now, once you have a PC, you got all that up and running, then it's go- it's going to give you plenty of room to play with. Um, because at that point, you can watch a couple videos, you can get set up um, with maybe with some emulators on the Steam Deck. You can really take full advantage of the device. Whereas, like with the Raw Ally, it's kind of a two-in-one device, right? So if you're like, if you were willing to spend money on the Steam Deck, maybe take that money. Unless he was just giving you a killer deal, then again, I, I mean, I can't. That's not that ain't nothing wrong with that. If he was giving you a killer deal, then yeah, a killer deal is a deal. Um, but if you if it was the same amount of price, maybe a hundred to two hundred dollar difference, um, maybe even three hundred dollars between what he's offering you and for you to get an ally. If you don't have a PC yet, I would say get an ally. Um, just because it it is more uh PC focused, right? Um, it's it has Windows on it. It'll feel really familiar. You can treat it. You can treat it like it's a PC uh, from everything that I've seen. 
so game that, pass ready and it is game pass ready so the, you get a lot of those benefits you could download steam on there have all the access to the games again with it being a windows device there's a lot of those things that the steam deck with it being more steam focused um would probably be more beneficial if you're looking for a ease of use case right um, that's kind of my perspective. And again, I, I don't I don't have either device mainly. Um, if I was going to choose one, I would definitely probably go with the ROG Ally just because it fits. It would probably fit my use case more. But um, I'm just, I'm just not mo. I'm not out like that. Right. I, if I was traveling and it made sense, I would definitely go for one of those devices. But since I'm not. Yeah, I, I just don't see the I don't see a reason to, to spend my money there when I can spend it in the and you um, hinted at it too, Steel, from everything I've heard. And again, I'm not the tech guy, but I've listened to a lot of tech guys. And, and from right. everything I've heard from you and, and from Kaosante and from others in the community, the Steam Deck is definitely a tinkerer's machine. Yeah, more, yeah, so, yeah. more so than the ROG Ally. The ROG Ally, like you said, Steel, is customer-friendly up front. Like right. for those that don't want to get down and dirty behind the scenes, uh, you know, downloading new software and all that kind of stuff and messing around on the insides, uh, the ROG Ally is definitely just more... Uh, plug and play for the most part. There are some things you have to do with the rug ally, but for the most part, it's just plug and play, ready to rock and roll. And exactly. Like, and like you said, Steel, if you don't have a Steam library, everybody's been saying the rug ally is the way to go. Like if you if you're not like Steam guy, the rug ally is definitely much much more your machine. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, everything that everything that I and you have access to everything. Yeah, exactly. Epic exactly. Store, GOG, everything is you have full access to it because it's Windows based. Exactly. So, um, and back from the dead, just for our audio listeners too, I think this is good for you guys to know. Um, Steam Summer Sale does go until July 13th. 13th. Um, if you have a PC, Steam Deck, or Aces Wrong Ally, or getting one, there's plenty of great games on. Appreciate that back. Um, yeah, yeah. 100% true. Definitely take advantage of the Steam Sale that's currently going, going on. Um, <laughs> I don't see any games in there currently that I'm wanting to invest into. There's some good prices on some stuff in there um, yeah. that I wasn't expecting. But again, I also have to kind of be realistic with myself um and say hey what are you going to play what are you not going to play and i I still have so many games that are in my backlog that are just like should i buy more games or should i play games and um i've just kind of gained to a point where it's just like i'd rather play the games that i got um again there are there are games that are coming that i will make that sacrifice for and say ah i'm just gonna these other games continue to be in the backlog um but again it's just my perspective there's definitely a lot of good stuff in there though yeah, no, for sure. And I'm I'm just I'm just gonna be buying a bunch of older stuff oh, uh, for shit. What? What's going Fahim? on? Fahim? He's gonna sell you the Steam Deck for three hundred and twenty dollars. What again? Is it the bottom line Steam Deck or is it the top of the line Steam Deck? Because if it's the top of the line Steam Deck and he's being a friend and selling it to you for three hundred and twenty dollars, might have to might have to pull the trigger on that one. If it were me, I would get it to at least flip it. If it were me. <laughs> the friend's going to ask you, though, how's the Steam Deck? Yeah, I, I flipped it. I flipped that I shit. Flipped that shit. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's just like that price. He said, yes, yeah, the top one. Oh, it's one. a top one? Oh, yeah, okay. that price. Yeah. yeah. 320 for that Steam Deck with the Steam sale going on right now. Yeah. Uh, Fahim, the only reason why I'm... I'm I... Again, why I would have to agree with Nick's on I still wouldn't buy it because you don't have a PC. You're going to be limited to 
the well, steam let, store. Let's put it this way. Fahim, if you can buy both that and still get your PC, right, and you're planning on getting a PC, then I would do it in advance knowing that I was going to get the PC. If buying the Steam Deck is going to delay or prevent you from getting the PC, then, yeah, Nick's and Steel are probably right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would much saying? rather you get a PC and then get to get one of those devices after. Yeah. Um, but to but to limit to to limit yourself that way, I just I personally wouldn't suggest be just because of the limitations that it has. Right. Um he said he's got five hundred saved up. If you if you got five hundred saved up, I would hold off from the Steam Deck. I would I would just hold off, right? Uh personally. I would try to see if you got 500 saved up. I mean, you're on, you're right there, wrong ally territory anyway already. So it's like at that point, you could make a make a, a good decision on what you'd want to do. Um, and I feel like we're going on a slight side tangent, but I feel like this is a, a great conversation to have because there might be other people out there that are asking themselves the same question, right? Hey, you know, we got these handout devices out there. They've been put on the market. And again, what's crazy to me about this entire handheld market, um, the way that it's being marketed now is this market is, has always existed. It's existed for some time. Steam, the Steam Deck made it made people realize that they can have it and it be accessible at a good price point. Then the rock ally has doubled down on that fact and is giving steam good competition. So it's just, it's, it's one of those things to where, yeah, I, I personally would hold off because again, I feel like getting a PC would be more important, but if you want to find a middle ground for any shape, form or reason, I would go wrong ally if you wanted to find a middle ground, something you could take with you all uh, wherever, uh, something you could still use as a PC if you wanted to, has upgradable capabilities. Um, again, it's it's super, it's, it's more user-friendly. Um, yeah. Again, it's a good price. And I don't want to, I don't want to, again, you might feel like you're, oh, I'm trying to be a friend of you, bro. You want to buy it? Um, again, it, it is, tell him, tell him to go make his money off of it. Um, you got other plans. You're trying to get a PC. Again, I think I do think those things are more personally. Um, but nonetheless. All right. So let's see. Where do we go from here? I think that we should probably start with one of the most talked about things this week. Um, so sorry guys, if this you've heard this conversation happen both two of the times. You, I know you haven't had it heard it here from people who are actively playing the game. And that's Diablo 4. Um, there's a lot of controversy going around Diablo 4 right now because of the season drama. Um, what I mean by the season drama um, is the things that are co- or that are moving with you going into the new, the new seasons um, and the things that aren't. And the conversation behind, one, it is true that Diablo 4 currently has probably the most players that Diablo has ever had. And there is some truth in hey, you need to take advantage of the player base while you have it, right? So for an example, I am on one side of a mind frame that this first season should be kind of accessible to everybody, whether that is, um, you know, you get access to seasonal content with your eternal character or whichever the case for this first season, at least. Mainly because of the fact you have more people playing than ever. There are a lot of people who aren't me and Pong. Actually, I think majority of the player base is not people like Pong and myself, um, where you're over level 70, um, grinding out higher tier 50 tier 
50 plus nightmare dungeons for even 40 plus nightmare dungeons um trying to continuously build up your character right most people aren't there uh and you didn't you didn't take us off you didn't take us off uh off topic for him you're you're perfect i i, I appreciate you you're bringing your your stuff here so you're you're perfectly fine nope, perfect. we do that all the time for you exactly we, exactly we interact with the chat brother exactly no um so with Diablo 4, I do want Blizzard to take advantage of the player base that they have um, just because it does make sense. Now, some of the things that I heard from the most recent little dev stream that they did uh, when they were covering everything that was happening in the season and whatnot, and I'll go over some of the some of the nuances and whatnot here in a moment, but some of the nuances that uh, that I picked out from the dev stream is, Hong, I do feel like some of the smoke and the rumors that we got about Diablo 4 having some issues and the questions that were getting put out there as far as the game being ready for release are starting to show some of their head, right? Really? I do think Rod is doing really well managing it, right? Sure. Um, I do think that Blizzard at some point lost vision and didn't get that vision back in line until t until rod came in and that's why the game was able to come out as polished or as put together as it was the reason i say that is okay so for an example like the whole fast travel uh snafu that we had where it was like because we asked the question oh well why don't they just let us teleport directly into the dungeon for an example mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. stated that that's something that they never even considered that wasn't it. Okay. That wasn't even a design choice for them. So when right. they added the feature, the reason why they te it teleports you outside of the dungeon, because that was the quickest way to address the issue without breaking the game. Right. So, okay. That that quality of life wasn't that that quality of life example wasn't there. Um, there were some other things too um, that I'm trying to remember to pull good good examples out of. Um, or the, the other thing, uh, the stash space wasn't a consideration of them. They didn't think people would end up having a problem with it. Um, the gym tab, they didn't think people would have a problem with it. Um, there's a lot of those quality of life things that if you were, and again, they said that they play this game every day and, and whatnot, I'm not going to say that they're liars, but I do have a question and this is kind of, and again, this is, oh, and I, I feel like I'll always find these problems because I do tend to play games in the heart of difficulty and tend to reach the end game um, for the games that I do play. It does seem as though nobody played the end game because I just don't, I personally don't understand how you get to, and they still haven't addressed this. I personally don't understand how you get to that tier 50 or a high, there was a high nightmare tears, and you didn't feel that there was an issue. Oh, if you got, if, if, unless people play a certain way, they're never going to progress past this point. And now me and Jasper have had some interesting conversations about this, and we kind of come to the conclusion that, hey, well, they just didn't put a lot of focus into that. Their focus was on everything before that because they know that the majority of people aren't going to reach that. Now the thing that I that I fought Jasper back on that is this isn't your first Diablo. Correct. This there it's not like Path of Exile doesn't exist. 
It's not like Last Epoch doesn't exist. It's not like other um, RPGs don't exist that you couldn't have pulled examples from to get a better baseline for what your end game could or should be. Which again, which brought me to the point that, damn, I kind of feel like some of the rumors that we were hearing were true in some facet because it feels like things are very short-sighted, at least to me. Now, again, this is coming from the perspective of somebody, I don't know what my time is on this game, but I know I have at least 110 hours in. I have You're, to. You got more than that. I, I have Cause to. Because I, I think I'm at like 120 or something like that. So you got more than me. Okay, so if, if, if Paul has 120, I probably have about 150. Me, you me. Might even have, you might even um, I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe. maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, it just... So with with that taken in perspective, I am trying to be understanding, but at the same time, it's kind of frustrating because I expected more out of Blizzard because this isn't your first rodeo. An endgame is something that is extremely important, especially for your hardcore base. Hey, what is the power progression? What is the power creep? What when does things start to become an issue? Hey, when you get the nightmare tier 50, you're just going to start taking an unreasonable amount of damage. And there's literally very minimal in the game that you can do to prevent you from taking damage. Paul, when you say things like resistances aren't going to be fixed until season two. Yeah. That tells me that the game wasn't fucking ready. A lot of the classes, Sorcerer, for an example, although Sorcerer is dumb strong, but when you have classes that need resistances to help with their survivability, in the resistances, bro, too, I mean, Druid, all the classes have them at some uh, some form of fashion. When you have classes that use resistances, take advantage of resistances, and they seem like they're not working, and then you have the dev team confirm, hey, it's not working as intended. And then you tell me it's not gonna be it's not gonna be fixed until season two. Then why is it in the game? You're giving me an another element to the game that I'm maybe missing out on, asking myself questions about in preseason, and then expect for me to just suck this shit up when season one comes up. Like, I get the extra things that you're adding in, like they're adding the, mal- the malignant hearts and they're adding things that you can add onto your gear where you can, you know, make your gear um, and make your build different. And maybe, just maybe, the preseason was exactly that, just the preseason. Correct. Right? Was prep time. I personally still have an issue with that. I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. As somebody who paid $100 for this game, I have an issue with that. The fact that the season one didn't start when the game released is a fucking problem for me personally. Okay. Mainly because it, again, I feel like it iterates to the fact that you weren't ready. You needed more time. So you released what you had with the promise to fix things later. Correct. Not only that though, is that the issues that the game released with, you would have never implemented if the people didn't say something to you. So it's well, just, yeah. to me, it's just as a developer who isn't new to this space and has other examples to look to and 
You don't have to walk in the dark. It's the issue that I have with Destiny. You don't have to walk in the dark. So why are you why are you walking in the dark? Acting like nothing else exists out there in the ether. Now again, this is coming from the perspective of somebody who has over a hundred hours into the game. Sure. But I'm also hearing this, and again, you have some people that are that are out here at level forty and level fifty talk about their board of the game and haven't yeah. they haven't beat the campaign yet. Um, guys, can, can can we like really reevaluate like your thought process on how you're? Oh, this game is boring. Uh, because uh, I gotta wait for this person to play the campaign and I can't progress. Oh, I gotta make another character and uh, I feel like I can't do anything because oh, the campaign. I gotta beat the campaign first. Oh, the game's boring because I gotta beat the campaign first. There's nothing else there. I don't get that. I, I I will never understand that. Anybody who is level 15 under and hasn't beat the game, I cannot take what you're telling me at any fact at as any factual information. Matter of fact, I can even say up till you beat the game, the game's a fucking is a nine out of ten. Easily. It's when you get into the end of the game where you start running into some some of the problems, where you start finding an issue. Maybe that progression from tier three to tier four, like Pong experience, like I experienced, where it was just like, it didn't feel natural. If, we, if, we, if you weren't with a buddy, it didn't yeah. feel right. It felt like there was too much of a gap there. Oh, you oh, you need to go grind out tier three some more, and then you can move into tier four. It's like, okay, I, I, I get that. But, it, but even some me and Jasper who did that, it still didn't feel natural, right? Something, so something, so some, something's off. So um, here's, go ahead, my fault. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to catch up here with everything that you said. So I, I kind of want to yeah. hop in here a little bit. Um, and then I'll let you continue too, if you got more points to make here, because <laughs> this is complex because this is a complex game. Uh, number one, right? So this is a complex issue and I don't know if there's a right answer for this deal. I think that what you've said is not wrong by any stretch of the imagination, but I, but I feel and again, these are just opinions because none of us will ever know what, what's going on in these studios when they're developing these games anymore, especially at this point, because these games are so extensive now. And I think what we're seeing still is another example as this game is a games as a service, right? right. Through and through. It's it's pure. That's what this yeah, game is yeah, built yeah. on for sure. So I think that devs now look at these development time frames still as as phases, right? And I think that when you have a purely games as a service based game like Diablo 4, the devs are making a priority on certain aspects of the game right. and saying that those other, and again, they've said it with their own mouths, like you said, with the, you know, fixing uh, certain aspects in season two. I think that they themselves view these games as, as a work in progress versus, hey, we are going to put out a complete game from every step of the way, from the beginning of the game 
to end game, we are going to have a 100% complete experience for every single type of player, whether they're playing it, you know, this way as a casual or whether they're playing it as the hardcore. I really do believe, and we talked about this behind the scenes in, in party chat where we're playing the game, their focus for phase one steel was the masses, right? What is that experience going to be like for the person who jumps into this game, isn't even thinking about season content, right. isn't thinking about end game, but is only saying, hey, I've got an hour here, three hours there to play this game, and maybe I'll complete the campaign two months from now, three months from now, without even considering a season seasonal character, right? right? I think that they really did focus on that, right? And for the person who isn't looking for meta builds or even optimizing their build, even though, right, the argument can be made that you eventually have to, if you want to progress tier-wise, that you have to do that, obviously. For those casual players, they probably won't even care if they continue to play on tier one, tier two for their entire time. Right. So for us that come into it, that blow through the content that are looking to get to that end game that are maxing out tier four and really finding that experience to be lacking in some areas, or why didn't you guys think of this? I don't think that blizzard was concerned about us because they're like, those people will still be here. Those people are still going to come back. Those people are still going to be around. So what we're trying to do is give the greatest experience to the masses so that we keep some of those people engaged and then we'll fix the other stuff later on. But we want to make sure that those masses, we convert some of those masses, maybe some of those masses three months down the road are ready to jump into end game and say, oh, okay, well, now this is here. Oh, okay, well, great. Now that I'm looking more in depth into my character now that i'm worried about my stats more now that i want to progress tears oh okay well that's all there now like they in some ways believe that they have banked some of that time to go in and correct some of the issues they probably knew were going to be there for those of us doing it differently like the the, the hardcore the, the 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 enthusiast who's in there really getting down and dirty with diablo they probably say, well, those guys will still stick it around. We'll fix it. Um, they'll be back. Um, they've invested so much time in their characters up front. Um, they're not just going to leave and go away forever, right? Because Diablo 3 showed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so not to right. say that that's right, right, Steel? Not to say that that's right. You're not wrong in what you're saying. Um, I just feel that that's kind of where we're at with developers, some developers now uh, with these types of games. Like, they know they have a certain allotment of time to continue to improve the game and fix those backend things um, and, and the, and, and the uh, more complex issues that got time to do that. Right. And I think that that's kind of how they approached Diablo four and, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe there are things that they didn't realize it again, when you're in a bubble, when you're in any bubble, it doesn't matter where you work or whatever the situation is. If you're in a bubble, sometimes you don't see the issues that are, are pretty like, common sense to everybody else on the outside like when you're just play testing non-stop inside and you know the game inside and out some of those you know quality of life features you don't really even consider until you get it out to right. millions upon millions of people and every time everybody stands up and says wait now this makes no sense what do you why is it this way like you said like even just simple things like inventory space and having gems count against your inventory space i would say that was obvious like 
that's it with any game where you have to pick up a ton of loot. You're going to be carrying a ton of loot. Your dungeon ro- dungeon runs can be extremely long and can have very be very loot heavy. The fact that I have to leave loot behind to me should be a common like sense like, well, no, we don't want people leaving any loot behind um, unless it's an extreme case. Like I, I can't believe that they didn't decide that they should have more inventory space or not count gems against that. But little things like that, again, whether that was thought of or not, I think that's just part of their idea. Like, Hey, we got to get the game out the door. Let's make sure it's pretty much feature complete. And then we'll fine tune everything else later on. And I think part of that fine tuning section probably was the stuff that you're talking about, right? Whether right or wrong. Like, again, I would much rather, you know, have more of that fixed up front or be right up front. But I think that for them development time-wise, I think that that's the, their focus just wasn't there. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the correct answer is still in this type of situation. When you got right. a game, that you know, you're probably going to run for 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you did. They the keep last reiterating time. that. Hey, like this isn't the end of the game. Like right. we know that, like I, I right. get but, you on that. But it's like, like Eastside Vandal says, they made sure that the shot was complete, though, didn't they? Of course. Of course. For a $70 game, you made sure that the shot was good, though. Priority. It's, it's, this isn't a free to play game, but the shot was good, though, right? It's so it's like, yeah. and, and to me, I, I again. But I can still argue person. the shop isn't right either, right, Steel? I, 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 I think can, all the I shit can, in there is ugly. So, yeah, right, right. right that's what I'm person. saying. And I looked at the season armor, Steel, the season armor, the premium stuff. Yeah doesn't do anything for me man like i i'm like and i know it's going to depend on your class too it's going to depend on your class but but it doesn't matter i looked at the armor and i'm like you guys didn't this isn't this isn't premium creative to me when i looked at that yeah no that's my other opinion based too i think that's my other problem that adds on to the conversation too about like maybe the game just wasn't wasn't ready or like i don't know something is happening because like I'm not saying that you got to get me to spend money, right? I mean, a lot of the cosmetics in the game are cool. No. Right? They're, they are what they are, right? Yep. But there is another level when you're asking people to pay $20 for something, $25 for something, and you don't have the level of a, of a Fortnite skin where yeah. you have that type of creativity in it or like this game is fucking Diablo. Yeah. You have hell to play with heavens to play with uh creatures to play with and all of them could be different outfits and stuff that you could have taken advantage of and used give me some effects on my armor Make why why don't i have shoulder pads that are on fire why don't i have right, fucking right, right, tentacles right. coming it, out my it, armor pieces it or still fit it's just yeah give me some effects man Give me some $25 for the other thing to me is that fucking every cosmetic that you have in this game is ugly as hell <laughs> to me, not, at least not, not so I, I'm a druid. I mean, as a druid right now, yeah. yeah, as a druid, I have, there is literally the most ugliest co- cosmetics that I have ever seen in games. Mm-hmm. Most like effortless, effortless cosmetics that I've seen in games. I just don't get the, the concept of that. It's, it's like I had that same issue in Destiny 2. It's like you have all these robotic things that you could pull from to put into your world. And you choose to do the most boring and most ugliest cosmetics to get people to pay for them. 
And again, there's somebody out there that's going to pay for some of these things. Hey, nothing against you. You think it's cool? Like again, there are some cosmetics in there that are interesting for a necromancer, <laughs> for a rogue, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some cool stuff. In but there. as far as it's like, as far as my class, it's nothing there. But even then, even the stuff that they do have available, and I know it's like, again, these are th- these are little things that kind of add on to the overall aspect of the game, right? You, and again. I have to reiterate, it's coming from somebody who has over 100 hours into the game. It's just, for a dev that has been doing this for a long time and have been has been doing this pretty well, yes, is this game better than, D, than Diablo 3 was? 1,000% on every level. This is not a Diablo 3 situation. And I'm glad it's not. But I just feel like and again, Psychonauts touched on it in the background. It could have been because of COVID that it's a lot of these things and a lot of the games that we're going to that we're going to get that they may be missing certain things or certain aspects and, and whatnot. Is that a good excuse? No, it's not. At at this point, like when do you say, hey, well, this is just this is our game? And take it for what it is. And that's kind of the point that I'm at now. Like, this is just, this is what Diablo 4 is. This is what they created. It is up to them to create competition for themselves. Are they going to be able to compete with the Path of Exile? Is Path of Exile 2 going to come out and eat Diablo 4's lunch? Who knows? Right now, a lot of people are anticipating that, you know, Path of Exile and Diablo 4 are going to go hand in hand as far as seasons go, which would be really dope. One season end, the other season picks up. Season end, the other season picks up. But Diablo is also, they've also stated that, hey, we're going to do 12-week seasons, and some may be a little bit, some may be a little bit longer, but we're going to have 12-week seasons, and... Then we're gonna we're gonna start up another season. That's supposed to be they're tr- trying to run them back to back. So it's like, okay, if one season ends and that season doesn't hit, are you gonna try, try to continue to live off the promises of that next season, or are people going to start falling off? Because what if Last Epoch comes to becomes more available on consoles? What if people if, if people move out to that? It's just like as the I feel like as the father kind of of this genre, right? As the as the the devs who really made ARPGs like stick out and make them prominent within our within the industry, at least to me, what I can remember, I feel like that they would have put pushed the envelope maybe a little bit more. Yeah. But again, from all the things that we've heard from Activision Blizzard and all the issues that they've had internally, I just I wanted to bring it to the table because before I get into uh, like what season one is bringing and what we can expect. I wanted to bring to the table like my issues for the lack of vision and the lack of clarity and the lack of um, implementation in some some facets, right? And I get tired, like I get tired of hearing, "Well, oh, steel, oh, because you played, um, because you're in the end game, it's, it's your fault. You're in the end game." When Diablo yeah. is a game that is literally focused on the end game. Yeah, but that's again, I think that because they, they wanted a bigger audience, saying again, this is the balance, right? Steel between the hardcore and the casuals, right. right? And I think that with 
it being a monetized full price game they again we've seen it this is nothing new that that the hardcore is the secondary thought that they will still be here whereas we got to capture up front that casual base that maybe never played diablo before um or have dabbled in diablos but this time around because the hype is so real they're going to jump in i think that that's the focus and again we meaning us as the the top one percent five percent whatever you want to say feel like okay well where's our stuff because to us it's about the end game but to everybody to the normies it's not right it's not about the end game most people are never going to play the end game um as we've seen already right and i think that that's that's the balance that is i don't know you know how many devs get it right but that's the balance that always can cause them to trip up where you know again their main fan base the ones who are playing it through to the end game are like, well, there's a lot missing here or there's a lot that needs to be fixed here. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. Don't worry. We got seasons gone. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. And I think that that's, that's the hard part for the dev because again, right or wrong, it's a business and then right or wrong, especially for Activision Blizzard, it's about the money-making and you know, that's where the gaming side sometimes get sacrificed right in certain areas to make sure that the business side is right and again we wouldn't have these games if it wasn't a business we wouldn't have these games if they weren't making money um so you know where where does the blame lie where you know is it the devs fault or are they doing what management needed them to do to make sure that this game continues right and that's right it's tough man it, 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 it is it, it is tough, tough. It, and again i'm not coming from the perspective of somebody that's hate that i'm i'm hating nah. diablo that's no, that's no, not no, the no, case no, no, no. for me the Can't biggest thing that i'm trying to get across is yeah. my concerns with mm-hmm. the game my mm-hmm. what i was expecting versus what i got and in no way shape or form am i do am i sitting here saying that i regret the time that i've spent with Diablo? no it's just unfortunate that some of the things that I felt um, were going to be the case are true. Like, like the lack of build diversity up front. Yeah. It, there is an extreme lack. Like, yeah, some classes have more diversity than others, but yeah. then overall, most people are running the same shit. Like if you want, if you want to progress past a certain level in the game, oh, you are you, yeah, this hits the hardest, and does this, does this, and this does. It's like, bro, how many games do we need? How many examples do we need of these style of games for you guys to understand to make things more viable? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. but that's just, but that is no. my opinion, right? Yeah, um, we we agree on that point, right? Because we talked about that in the background. We do agree that they overemphasize that. Hey, you can play any way you want to play. Sure, if you're gonna hang out on tier one and tier two, absolutely, of course. Any any build will have viability, but if you're gonna push yourself into tier three and especially tier four, no, you start getting funneled more and more towards those meta builds, and the build diversity starts to fade away because the game itself, the way that it's built, the way that the enemies are set up, the way that the aspects are set up, right, force you. A certain direction if if you want to be able to feel like you have a chance right that that's that's the unfortunate part and again not saying that's easy to do in any way shape or form from a developer side you know when you when you start 
creating this game and, and you're looking for that build diversity when you get to the higher levels and the monsters are so damn strong um even you know even at tier 50 nightmare dungeons right that the enemies become so strong that the game kind of just i don't know how you balance it but yeah you you do you get funneled in that direction and and that's the sad part but for most people hanging out in tier one tier two even a little bit of tier three yeah you can fool around and you can do lots of different things with your builds and not have to worry about it so yeah i agree with you there yeah it's just there's there's a lot definitely a lot of gray area here um but uh let me go ahead and get into some of the details i'm not going to get into it su uh, super deep yeah um, there is going to be a new season story um, that's coming with Diablo 4. Um, it's going to be the Malignants, um, basically zombies. Um, that's the best way that I can break it break it down. <laughs> um, there's an infection that is going to be um, affecting a lot of the creatures, within the, well, most of the creatures in the world, um, and that's going to be the theme, which is interesting. Um, so one of the mechanics that they do have is they're going to have uh, malignant hearts that drop, um, apparently. Um, they're also going to have, this is something else, uh, that they added in where you're also going to be able to specifically farm those malignant hearts at some point it goes but what these malignant hearts are, are are doing is essentially becoming a form of a legendary upgrade of some of some uh is the best way that i can explain um you're going to get some additional benefits that you wouldn't have had otherwise um, which is going to, which is i do think is going to add a lot of diversity to the game if done properly um, from what they showed during the live stream, there's going to be different slots. Um, they got different colored slots. Uh, so you're going to, you'll be able to have a choice in between uh, what you'll be able to go for. Uh, I'm not going to get into too much detail about that because the, it's the minutia of it. Uh, but there's three different types of slots. Um, you'll be able to grind for those three different types of uh, malignant hearts to give you these legendary bonuses um, that you otherwise wouldn't have uh, access to. So for an example, if you're a class that doesn't have any lightning, um, any skills or anything like that, um, the malignant heart, hearts that you can get can give you some lightning ability. Hey, when you kill an enemy, you do a lightning, sh uh, a lightning, or when you attack, you also do lightning damage for X amount and whichever the case. There's th things like that that are going to be, that are coming into the game. Which are which is extremely interesting. Um, that's that's essentially the biggest part of it. Um, for as far as the things that you'll be able to keep for those who are playing Diablo Four currently, um, you're going to be able. To, you're keeping your altars of Lilith. Uh, so anybody who's playing Diablo Four, please go take care of that. Handle that. It's going to alleviate. Um, it's <laughs> going to alleviate a lot of, of the early grinding that you'll need to do um, when you start your new character. Um, the campaign so if you beat the campaign you don't have to play it again now can if you want but you don't have to regardless if you do or you don't you will start at level one so no matter what um and also any part of the map that you have explored will carry over also now the other thing that they said with this is that when the update drops you will want to sign in with your character that has the most progress just so everything carries over properly I don't think that's a bigger uh, they were apologizing that they couldn't find an easier way to do it i don't think it's that big of a deal um maybe they need to put something in the actual game itself uh, like a note card or something hey you want all your progress to carry over just so that people don't have to scour the internet and wonder why um it's easy to put in their face before the season starts hey you want you want your progress to carry over from your eternal character 
um, as far as these things, then you need to log in. Uh, that'll be one way to alleviate that. But overall, I don't think it's a, a, a huge deal. Now, I still do have somewhat of an issue as someone that has played through the preseason, grinded to level 97, um, that I do feel all the renown should carry over. I, I don't get redoing dungeons, redoing um, strongholds. The only reason I don't get that is because there's literally nothing enticing to do them. Like if there was a reason for me to do them and then you make them available afterwards, because once you do them the one time, they don't exist anymore. So like if you would have brought them back, like you do, you're like, you do a stronghold, right? Pong. And then maybe you say mm. after an hour or two, they reset. And maybe depending on what nightmare or what tier that you're in, on what world tier you're in, maybe they're going to go to a higher level or I don't know. Maybe they have like some form of like a hell tie kind of event that happens in the stronghold where the enemies are stronger. You get more to loot. You have more of a chance to get maybe the hard to find gear um, or hard to find aspects and things. It's that's not the case. But you're going to make you're going to make us redo all of these things to gain that power back. I just feel like it's it's your it's additional busy work that yeah doesn't need to ha that doesn't need to be there yeah. if the if the biggest point about diablo is grinding dungeons really why am i re especially if i got it already it'd be one thing if i if i didn't get these things like oh well you you didn't get the renown from you know on your other character uh, or any of your characters so you need to continuously until you do get all of your renown you're gonna have to continue to grind for that I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that concept to me. And again, I get it for playability and everything else. You want people to still experience that kind. Um, you still want people to experience those, uh, those parts of the game. Uh, and you want new players to be able to experience those parts of the game. I, I just think that they would have been able to experience that regardless, because this is yeah. the example that I used. Yeah. If you didn't, grind for those things before you would still have those things that you would need to do anyway you do you do get the renown though for the map which is yeah good. but you don't get your full bar for renown no. for like you putting i no. guess the, i guess the the best way to put it is the is the respecting your time thing right sure as far sure. as the you as the gamer who have put time into the preseason and grinded and did all these things i feel like it's a lack of respect or my time for you to say, now we're going to take all those things that you spent your time doing. I mean, again, I'm glad that they did the authors of Lilith and um, some of the map and things of that nature. But like outside of that, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's really weird to me personally, why they've treated it this way. Though I, I am also somebody that gets the point of a new season starting. So I'm I'm not going to, to buck the system as far as that goes because I do believe in people starting fresh and starting and starting starting new as far as the season comes up because it gets more people to uh, play together again. No, there's not people who are level ninety that are grinding all these gears and you got a buddy that's over here doing this and the new season comes in now you can't play with your buddy because he's so caught up in his own loot grind that 
you know, y'all, y'all will never find that connection unless you put that same time in. So I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about some of the changes that are coming into here? Um, far as what they're keeping the season are these yeah. things still something that is interesting to you um yeah. again i know me and you are probably still gonna play that season i mean we're paid up anyway yeah, yeah so it's kind of like we'll we'll find out whether or not what's there but uh and you've touched on some of the things that i've um that i've spoke to already as far as like my concerns and things. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But how do you feel about Diablo 4 currently? Yeah, and yeah. how do you feel about um, the update information that you've heard as far as going to this first season? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was ready for this. Um, so I, I knew what was coming and they prepared everybody. And again, playing Diablo 3, I understood what they were going to do. I do think that Diablo 4 is still one of the most complete packages that we've received this year um, from a performance standpoint um, to polishing uh to actual gameplay itself i still think it's one of the best examples of a game coming out despite the concerns that steel and i both mentioned previously i i do believe that diablo 4 is great um again right now as it stands it's my game of the year from what i've played so far um it is my game of the year so and i think that speaks to itself this is the best diablo experience that i've had uh from day one um, and that goes all the way back to Diablo two. Um, and I think that, that that's the thing to keep it, you know, to keep in mind here is that this Diablo itself has grown so large as yeah. the years have gone by that blizzard is doing a overall, a fantastic job with what this game, uh, is going to be, um, and currently is, I, I think that that was Again, the changes they implemented to bring Diablo 4 from what they did with Diablo 3, they listened to the community, and, and most of what they've done has been exceptional. Um, so th- that that's important to get out of the way. And again, I did you know talk about the concerns that Steel had, which are a lot of my same concerns. Um, and like I said, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here. It's, it's how Blizzard chose to handle this. And so it is what it is at this point. Um, with the season, with the season stuff, um, Season uh, season one, um, I think that the changes that I've read, now again, we have to see them implemented and we have to see how they're going to work, uh, definitely are enticing uh, with the malignant hearts and be able to actually you know, put those onto your armor in place of gems. I want to see how that's going to affect right. a class. Now, the weird part for me, is that I love my rogue class. I've had such a great time with it. I do want to try a new class going into the season, but I almost want to continue with a rogue class to see what these uh, new malignant hearts would do to that class. Right. And what, well, how they would affect it um, aspect wise and that kind of stuff. So that part for me is kind of a little gut punch because I don't, I really do want to do try a new class, but I, I kind of want to see what my rogue would look like with these changes. Right. And I know we get to keep the stuff rolling over after the season, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So look I can fool gear. around. Yeah. I can still Love fool around with my rogue later good. on. Ex- exactly. Um, so I think that's cool as well. They also said they're introducing um, six new unique items um, and seven new legendary aspects. So that chase will also be kind of fun. Now, obviously, we just uh, had yesterday or whatever it was, uh, Thursday when it started, uh, a problem where all of a sudden the ultra rare uniques for certain people started dropping 
at a much higher rate. Uh, now they claim, I think it was like 450 people um, got extra uniques, but they actually shut down uh, those yeah, uniques completely until they can fix that, which is kind of sad because really at this point, like, yes, you know, we're still chasing better gear. You're about to reset the season. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. You're about to reset the season and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that, that, that does entice me obviously some more to, to make right. another run here and try to see what I can find. Um, hopefully getting one of those super rare uniques would be really cool. Um, and you know, from that standpoint, I like it. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's fun trying to find a needle in a haystack. It can get, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. of course, if you're not into grind, Chase. yeah, you're not going to play the end game, but that chase is there and you just wait every moment. Maybe, maybe this is the run where I find one. Um, so no, I like what they're doing with the season. I think the battle pass again, I already stated, uh, I don't like the armor and the premium. I, I didn't see anything in there that looks cool to me. Uh, I think they can do a much better job. Again, the, they need there's to. so many things they could do with the armor. And it seems right now they're being very safe and I don't like necessarily, I don't, Look, I'm not looking for Transformers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, no, fuck no. Do things that fit within your theme. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But your theme is so big. Like I said, effects on the armor are the big thing. Like I found a regular set of Doom armor, um, you know, in uh, Legendary Armor, which is for the Rogue, which looks awesome because it's got some glow to it. It's got little things on it that glow that I really liked. I thought that was damn cool. Do more of that stuff, please. Not just plain, really over-the-top fancy armor doesn't always necessarily appeal to me give me some effect that looks like cool on screen where i want run around because of the view obviously i want to see some glow on my armor i want to see something show up on the screen so that's the only thing i would suggest there but overall 90 levels to the season to the battle pass uh 27 free tiers 63 premium tiers again because they as of right now, are not doing any pay to win. Um, nothing in the premium. Yeah, no, they shouldn't. They better of, not. They, they better, not, better not. Right. I know some people's question whether I would not play the game. That. I would not play. Right. The game. Um, that's not happening here. So that's that is good news. Um, I'm more than happy to jump back into the season. Like I said, yeah. I, for the for the for the rest of the year, at least this will be the one season I do focus on for Diablo four um, because uh, obviously I do have, you know, again, Starfield and Baldur's gate three now coming out for the rest of the year. I'm not going to be playing. Not that I'll never jump into Diablo yeah, four with everybody. It's just, I'm not going to be focused on it. Right. So this is my one season where I'm going to really get down and dirty with it again with Diablo four um, and really experience it. And then next year, maybe I'll be jumping back into another season. Here maybe, maybe, but it's like, Maybe. The way the games are going, though, man, that's kind of, I think that's yeah. the other thing that adds on to my to my mind in the conversation too. Yeah. It's just because how games are now, Diablo. Yeah. This isn't Diablo three. Like no. you had time to make that game better, yep. right? Yep. Um, and again, like now, you're again. Everybody's gonna be fighting for time, and anybody could just jump in and get a season run and then come and come out. Everybody has to make that decision. But this was definitely um a prime situation for you to really knock it out of the park. Um more levels than you did and again right. overall i still give diablo four uh i'm not out of 10 um yeah. overall because again any game that i can any game that i can put more for more than 40 hours into and i get a a complete experience and no complaints very very minimal bugs very minimal issues feels good to play um 
that's it's it's that's a good game to me. Now for a Diablo game, like in comparison with other Diablo games, again, I still put this um up with the higher the higher and upper echelon um of those. I do I do think that this is the the best Diablo that's been created. Even even beating two in many ways, right? Um yeah. Cause I can't admit that a lot of the things that drive Diablo two for me is the nostalgia of it. Um, versus what we, versus what we have now, the perfect blend. Um, I definitely still would recommend it to anybody to jump in and play, uh, to see if it's something that you'll like, uh, you'll, you'll at least get a hundred hours of gameplay out of it that I think are fully worth the uh, asking price. Right. Um, yep. that's just me. Um, yep. so again, I'm interested to see what the season is going to bring. Hopefully it pulls us in, but it, we got other games that are right along that arrive. Yeah, correct. And it's going to be great. Um, but again, Blizzard, Blizzard did their job, man. So I, I, yeah, I can't, for the most uh, overall, I can't complain, right? Overall, I can't with, with how they presented the game, um, how it came out, the state that it's in. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Of course not. Uh, not with this big a game. Overall, though, I think Blizzard did a fantastic job. And I think Diablo 4 is going to be highly successful and be that way for years and years to come. Even if they do lose more people to other games than they would have in the past. You know, I still think that the base for Diablo is so gigantic that people are continuously going to be jumping in and jumping out of Diablo for the next 10 years. I mean, that's just kind of how it's going yeah, to go. Uh, and when, when they, when, when, when they come with these major expansions, you know, it's going to be all new again. Right. So there, the major expansions they have planned will bring the people back in droves. I know me personally, I'll be right back there to play the expansion because I love the story in Diablo four. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the cosmetics now that you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. And yeah. Why, why isn't it more? Why does everybody look the fucking same? Right. Right. I know they, they got a theme, but come on, man. You don't have to look to the f- there's theme. different class. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is the type of shit that I can go on a fucking tangent about, but I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> right. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> yep. Uh... It's just I don't get it. This nope. this does not make me want to invest in another season after this season. Nope. I'll definitely be waiting and seeing what the cosmetics look like if I ever think about jumping back into a premium pass again for sure. Yeah, that because this is fucking this is anyway. I, if I wanted to look like Shao Kahn, I'd go play Mortal Kombat. I, I get the concept is cool, but God, oh, I gotta, I gotta show you guys. Now hold on, I gotta show yeah, you guys. Up, I gotta bring I gotta, it up the screen. Gotta, gotta it's for people who haven't seen it yet, I got, I got, I gotta show. It's it's just crazy. It's just wild to me, man. Like, I, yeah, it's a personal, it's a personal thing, personal problem. It is what it is, but it's just weird, man. Um, get this window just, capture set up. Yeah, I, I just think there could be more creativity shown with what they're currently doing with the aesthetics. Like, bro, I think there's a lot of room. Hopefully, uh, hopefully y'all can see that. Yeah, every single person looks the same. I'm trying to zoom in a little bit more. Like, why? Why do you you, you guys see this? Why does every single character look like each other? Right. And again, you could do themes without right. everybody looking similar. And this is the $20 battle pass. And again, like I get it's an option, but if you're going to make it an option, at least make it attractive. Like, and then you go down to, um, you go further down the page to whatever this is down here. Oh, I can't, it won't let me screw. Uh, hold on. Back up. 
Then you go down here and it's like, I mean, sure, that shield is cool, but like other than that, I don't know, whatever. Maybe, maybe it's just a me problem. You guys let me know if I'm just off base and I just fucking, I, I don't want to have an understanding and, of what I'm talking and now, about. And now that you have that up against Steel 2, what I just noticed on the weapons, they don't, is there a bow in there? No, there's only a crossbow. Right. So for us long range rogues that only use bow because I don't like the slowness of the crossbow, I don't get anything either. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 But even maybe, but maybe even more, but. but even in Destiny 2, Takato, like at least like they'll have a theme, but at least the characters look different from each other. Like Correct. Titans look Correct. like Titans, Warlocks look like Warlocks, Hunters yeah. look like Hunters. Yeah. There's no combined, like they don't like they may have sets that look similar in some ways, but they don't look damn near the fucking same. Correct. Oh, the, different sizes. The, the druid is wearing uh, a rogue armor, but it's uh they got it custom fitted for them. Right. Correct. Yeah. I, I to me, it's just that just speaks lack of vision. That's yep. And, and that's my issue. Yep. Uh, or it seems like their time spins about elsewhere, so they got the artists just hey just. Do something, put it together. Don't don't go crazy. We don't got a lot of time, so just make it look good. But all the same, don't 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 get too creative. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, we don't know what goes on internally. But again, it is weird to me that they they went that route. So yeah, again, it is what it is. But yep, yep, we'll hey. be playing it. So yeah. we'll we'll have more to say on it as we as we go through the season for sure. And we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe there will be more improvements that really change how the the uh, builds feel and uh maybe we'll come back and be like hell yeah they nailed a lot of this stuff outside of the aesthetic we we like what they did here so we'll see the druid just wears draws to the season pass <laughs> useless for dakota right. I, I i get that i get right um anyway i i can go on about that for so for some time i'll leave yeah. it I'll, I'll leave it there uh again I still recommend it. There's plenty of in-game tra- transmogs and whatnot um, that you can use to yeah. combine your character. And I get, that's still something to take a consideration. Um, there are still other transmogs that you can kind of combine and still make your character look unique. Are we getting new color palettes too, Steel? No, no, no. Yeah, no. See, that's another thing too. No. Give me more color palettes, please. Like that's not a hard thing to implement. Uh, Perfect Shogun said, they said it's literally one set of cosmetics that yeah. adapts for all classes. Correct. But that, that's my issue, Shogun, though. Like, yeah. that is my, like, why? Like, right. in what universe did you look at this and say, man, this leaks and oozes creativity? Right. Like, we really put our all in this one. Man, the people should be, ex- we want people to pay 20 or $30. Each one of those suits by themselves are $25. For the, for the freemium pass if you're going to give freemium aesthetics that makes sense right you're not going to you're not going to put as much effort in right right that's different for the premium pass for something that you're trying to get people to pay for yeah i give me some fucking variety man right 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 oh that's all right anyway i'll leave it at that um apparently microsoft has brought back the one dollar game pass uh, for both xbox ultimate and pc so now people can say oh man those game pass numbers are inflated Yep. Everybody's on that one dollar deal. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think it's big news. Again, it's it's a way to get more people enticed into. Um, nothing nothing wrong with that. Uh, the other thing too, though, um, that I will say is, where's the family pass at? Where 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 are you going to announce this at, man? Uh, 
Because it's interesting. It's not ready yet. It is. Well, I can't say that it's not ready because no, it's released in certain markets. Yep, right. Yep, yep. Now, maybe they release it in those markets so they can see how they may need to adjust it when they mm-hmm. actually bring it to their main markets. But I don't know. I, uh, we, I guess we'll see on that one also. So if anybody's interested in the ultimate um, or if you don't have Game Pass at all right now, you jump in for you can jump in for a dollar. Uh, what you got, Paul? No, I was just going to say on the family pass side. Yeah, I think that they with the adjustment to the um, prices, I think that they are probably looking at those areas heavy and trying to scale out what that's going to look like in the United States and some of their more popular areas. Right. And how they're going to uh, adjust the price point uh, to be viable for them. Uh, because again, it is going to be a deal no matter what uh, they are going to be oh, giving yeah. up some upfront oh, money yeah. for sure. Uh, long-term growth is obviously more important to them, which makes sense with a subscription service um, as we've talked about from the beginning. But I think that they definitely are looking at those numbers and trying to see what the sweet spot is going to be uh, to offer a deal, but also make sure that it makes sense business-wise uh, overall. Um, and I think that that's probably what the delay is here, uh, but it is a it is a head-scratcher. Maybe they're waiting to see uh, about ABK um, because that does obviously increase the value when you start dropping the ABK library mm-hmm. into Game Pass as well. Now, obviously, we believe that they made the upfront price increase uh, to avoid any problems down the road. Once ABK deal is done, um, they don't want to do a price increase right after the ABK deal, um, per se, because some regular regulatory bodies already brought that up um, as a potential problem area. Um, so I think that they kind of did that ahead of the curve. Um, get ahead of the game there, so to speak. Um, so I think that that's all kind of gone into this delay for a worldwide launch of Family Pass, but it's got to happen at some point still. I got to believe they want that out for this holiday. Uh, after Starfield drops, after you got Forza Motorsport in there, um, potentially the ABK deal done, I think then this, you know, coming into the holiday season, late fall, um, early winter, you come out with the family pass, go blam. Now you get all these games. We've got first party titles in there now, day and date, you know, actual home run first party titles are in there day and date. Listen, you got call of duty library in there, uh, day and day, you know, right. When you sign up, I think that that's maybe when they do it is later this year, but we'll see. It is a head scratcher. I thought it would be out by now for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, again, uh, we'll see how things play out and, <laughs> Uh, Nick says MS will milk the individual plan uh, as quick as they can implement a price hike. They can implement a family pass and there is, yep. and this is a no stirring the pot comment. <laughs> I love how Nick's has got to put disclaimers on his comments though. Well, I mean, because uh, uh, people be on Nick's ass. I ain't going to lie. I know, I, people I know. be on his ass. Nick knows what he does. He does. He does. Uh, I, I, at, least you're, at least you're aware, Nick. At least he you're aware. conversation. That, that's why That's why I'm not overly critical. I'm not that type of guy anyway. I'm not fucking no. going to sit here and be overly critical about what everybody's saying in chat. It's just, it's, these are y'all's opinions. This is how you guys feel. And we want you guys to be able to openly um, have conversation and bring up topic. Again, that's what Living Split Screen is for. Again, yep. that whole point. So, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Nope. Yeah. Don't disagree with you, Nicks. Well, I mean, again, they're, they're our business. They need to mm. get that money, man. I mean, again, Xbox has been doing it from the very beginning. I've justified it. That's yep. the beginning. Oh, so, yep. Yeah, good service. Get good service. I don't mind paying for it. Anyway, right. um, 
I'm going to kind of work backwards up this list that you dropped in the earphone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, know there's I some... just dropped stuff in there, so just whatever you want to grab, man. I, I didn't know Idol really broke a gaming, uh, the weekly gaming news rate. Yeah. He must have started doing that recently. No, no, no. He's been doing that for a long time through his Discord. Okay. I just always forget to go in his Discord and grab it, but every once in a while, he'll post it. He's got somebody that helps him do this, too. But yeah, yeah, he no, does a great breakdown. I, I think then what we'll do is uh, we'll start yeah. we'll start getting keeping this in mind, too, for, with Idol Sloth. Shout out to Idol Sloth. Much love to you, brother. Um, yep. especially as I know he's a real person now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, man, this is this is really dope. I mean, I'm not gonna look at it currently because uh, there's definitely a lot of details yep. there. Um, but that, that's something that I don't think I'll, I'll start. I'll start using. That's that's dope. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, still nice to have all the articles, obviously. But he does a nice breakdown overview of the week of of the uh, major news that dropped. So super dope, sure. super dope. Um, there are some upcoming games here. I mean, we kind of go into upcoming games on a week to week basis. Uh, so I won't dive too deep into there. Uh, there are some games to be excited for. Again, you know, Pong's excited for Starfield probably the most for this year. Uh, the same way, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for Starfield, but um, the same way Pong's excited for Starfield is the way that I'm excited for Armor Core 6. Um, and I know Pong is excited for Armor Core 6 also. Yeah, yeah it's um, just too bad but, it's coming out at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, like, you know, five days like, later, uh, five days God, later, literally. Damn, man. Um, yeah. especially if you get if you got early access like like Pong and myself yeah. do. So again, I'm I'm gonna be playing both. You're gonna be seeing a lot of streaming uh between and again, me and Pong are have considered uh well when we still need to kind of hammer yeah. some things out. Uh we but were. we even for Starfield, we were considering like maybe we do like a split screen kind of stream where you see you can see what Pong's doing, you can see what I'm doing, you guys can just kick back, relax and um, enjoy some Starfield gameplay. I don't know how we'd work that out sound level wise, but uh, I don't know. Or, or maybe we just do something separate where you have. I don't. I don't know. We'll figure that stuff out. I know Paul was talking about. He, he was probably going to be end up streaming Starfield or whatnot. I think that'd be super dope for the people to see. Paul's uh, stop process when he game. Uh, we'll see how much he how much he cusses at the game. Uh, what, 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 what yeah, 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 you'll see, you'll see my game faces too. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you'll see my game faces. So I got, I got some weird expressions when I'm playing a game, man. I get concentrated, but yeah, no, I think streaming would be fun as hell. So 100% plan on doing it. So, uh, so there is that. We won't dive too deep into that since we do again cover that on a week to week basis. Um, let's. Sure. There are some. Yeah, uh, ID at Xbox is going to have their game. Uh, they're going to be f- over 40 uh, game demos coming to Xbox. That's going to be starting July 11th through July 17th. So, again, anybody that's interested in trying some games out before they release, uh, we'll maybe get some an early look at some of these games, um, especially on the indie side of things. Definitely look out for that. Uh, for the July 11th through the July 17th. Because um, usually you might end up finding something in there that you'll have some genuine interest in and get excited for. Um, I mean, do you have anything to add on as far as the uh, idea at Xbox and what they're bringing here? I know you usually get yeah. in there and try to try quite a few yeah. games out. So Yeah, I, for sure. Idea at Xbox this year is definitely going to be a big deal. Um, again, if you're looking for... Um, Finding that next indie title, the demos that they drop along with ID at Xbox are huge. Sea of Stars is going to get a demo, uh, which I think oh, wow. is the okay. big one this year. Sea of Stars is... Uh, Psycho's Game of the Year. So. Psycho's Game of the Year already. Psycho Nuts. Shout out to his brother, Psycho Nuts. He's more hyped for that game than he is Starfield. But Sea of Stars, classic JRPG. 
Um, again, it's looking absolutely fantastic in the old bit mode. Um, really, again, the game sells itself. Either you're into that style game or you're not. But if you're looking for an updated version of it, uh, or a, you know, 2023 version of what we used to play JRPG wise, Sea of Stars, it doesn't get much better than this from the looks of it and from everything that's being talked about it. And you're going to be able to try it out. ID at Xbox is going to have a demo that goes live. Um, and they also did confirm they'll have a PlayStation version as well that goes live, uh, a demo. Uh, so no, uh, ID at Xbox, I love this every single year um, because of the simple fact that I get to try games that I normally wouldn't you don't necessarily be able to try out right away. And it's a smaller games and those indies deserve all the spotlight because there's some freaking amazing games that come out of it. Again, arcade paradise indie, right? So yeah. stuff like that, you know, um, that's where that stuff comes from. So can't wait for idea at Xbox idea at Xbox is going to be a great showing this year. And uh, yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be good. Keep your eyes open. Oh, well guys, I think it's time for us to get into a little bit of News talk as far as the Activision Blizzard deal. Oh, I mean, I, you've covered this quite well. Um, you always int- introduce this pretty well. What's going on with this whole Activision Blizzard thing? We didn't get, get a chance to talk Got about it, it last week um, yeah. because, again, we had some technical issues, which I can, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just I want to say we have ze- literally zero Drop frames today. Hey, no hey, issues. hey, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, uh, knock on wood, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> but everything is running beautifully. Um, I'm extremely excited about that. But nonetheless, Hong, I mean, tell me and stage this conversation for what's going on with Microsoft and um, the FTC, CMA, New Zealand. Uh, um, apparently, from what I've heard, uh, since these, since some of the major players have opened up that they have some concerns that um everybody else who has approved this deal or said that they didn't have any issues with the deal are completely irrelevant uh what i've also heard is that um again uh people have doubled down that microsoft should not get this deal um that they should drop it pay the money and work on again beefing up their own talent because why would microsoft uh, again, additionally, get all of these studios or get this publisher when they currently cannot be consistent within mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. The Pong, I mean, yeah. what's going on with this stuff, man? Like, what, what you got? What you got for me? Um, well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's all over the place. Obviously, everybody right now is waiting on Judge Corley's decision. Uh, for the uh, PI, um, pre- preliminary injunction. Um, we thought. Most people thought that we would have uh, her decision this week. Um, I said last week, I thought it would be by Friday, um, which didn't happen, which tells me. And and obviously, again, I'm just a nobody spitballing, outside spitballing. looking at spitballing. ECP. But again, reading other people, she's taking her time with this decision. This is a gigantic moment, uh, not just for Microsoft uh an abk before the gaming industry because it's going to affect uh, future acquisitions from everybody doesn't matter who it is it's going to future uh affect that um it's going to affect the ftc and the power that they are trying to grab here that they are not currently allotted by the laws 
if they succeed in this, that will embolden the FTC even further, um, not just in the gaming industry, but every industry when they're looking at mergers and acquisitions, it's going to embolden them to do more. Um, and again, I hate this. Again, government regulation, sure, some regulation is necessary, uh, but this is way overstepping the bounds, in my opinion. Um, so that's going to have an effect there. Um, and this, her decision is going to be cited in future cases um, a lot. This is a groundbreaking moment in a lot of ways, because if she grants this PI, that changes everything. Um, and so I think she understands this again. I've said from the beginning, I think judge Corley has done a fantastic job with this. Yes. You know, I have mentioned recently that yes, she is a Biden appointee, um, which may or may not take, be taken into consideration here. I want to, again, our justice system is by no means in any way, shape or form. Perfect. In no means, uh, no way, shape or form. Is it, uh, does it exclude political considerations or biases or anything of that degree? I'm not here to promote our justice system as the best. I will say federal judges overall, when it comes to MA cases, have typically gone by the letter of the law. And I think that Judge Corley has done a great job with a very complex, highly unique acquisition. Again, the largest in Microsoft's history, the largest in the gaming industry's history, you just don't see this. This doesn't have precedent, right? There's not a precedent for this. You also have to include the fact that the FTC and other regulatory bodies are trying to fight this with a nascent supposed cloud market, which not everybody agrees can even be considered a market by itself. So you're talking about her ruling on something that has never been ruled on before. So I think she's taking her time. There's going to be an appeal process after this is handed down, you know, whether she grants the PI or whether she denies the PI one side or the other could do an emergency appeal, which they have to file within five days. That's why everybody expects this decision to very shortly because the deal itself, right. Has a time limit of July the 18th. So in order to get yeah. the appeal in from either side, she's and she understands it. She's made it clear that she is aware of this and she is going to conform, which is also out of the norm. Judges don't have a time frame. She could take months if she wants to make to. this yeah, decision. Yeah. If she wanted to, right? A lot of times her decisions are months. So she's trying to do this to accommodate the situation, which again is outside the norm. So for her, yeah, she could come down. Again, I've said this, this comes from Foss, this comes from Hogue, this comes from people who know, right? I'm not I'm not making this stuff up. Who, who actually have dealings right. within this business, dealing, right? Yeah, 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 they yeah, don't yeah. have to rely on ECP. Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. But they, they said she could simply make a simple ruling, let's say to deny the PI. She could be like the FTZ presented their case um, and they included the console market. I don't believe the console market is a problem. PI denied. She could do something simple like that, but that opens up a huge appeal, right? A wide open lane for the FTC on appeal. And Judge Corley, understanding the importance of this case and her decision, probably doesn't want to do that. She wants a highly detailed, really 
presenting why she made her decision one side or the other. She wants a highly detailed written response that really locks it down so that when people look at her decision, like it's fleshed out, like it is complete, that there are no holes in it so yeah. that that makes both the appeal process much harder for whichever party is going to do it. But also when people cite this case, which is going to happen, that they have a very good you know, setup for whatever they are using this case to rule on in the future, right? They, that she wants this as a historical type case to be her name is all over it. Like she wants it to be the best one possible, right? right. She wants the best, best uh, written response here um, when she does file. So that tells me that she is now, again, the hope is Monday um, is, is going to be a date, but again, remember folks, she's not just done. Like she's not just sitting back writing up this judgment, right? That she's, she, that's not what she's, she's also taking other cases. She's got other cases on the docket. She's been in court all this week. Right. So that's also a part of this equation, but we, everybody's thinking Monday, um, maybe Tuesday at the latest uh, for her case. And again, we might not know the details right out the gate. It'll be under seal to begin with. We'll know the overall ruling, right? We'll know that, but the overall case will be sealed. She has to meet with the FTC and Microsoft ABK again to go over what's going to be unsealed because obviously co- highly confidential information um, will be in that ruling as well. They have to be have an understanding about what's going to be presented to the public, what's not going to be presented to the public. She could seal the entire thing and not let yep. the public see anything too, right, yep. outside of the decision. So we'll find out more next week. So that's the main thing that's going on. South Africa uh, did approve this week. Um, so they are now approved. I think that makes 39 total uh, now with South Africa. Um, so they approved it completely. Um, no, uh, no conditions whatsoever. New Zealand filed their initial kind of report. Now I'm going to go by IDAS uh, presented the key dates. Uh, New Zealand has a deadline to submit uh, responses to the statement of issues from New Zealand by July 4th. So they filed their initial thoughts on it. They said the console market is not a problem like everybody else pretty much has. Mm-hmm. They said the console market is not a problem, but they still have concerns about the cloud market. So now that starts that process where Microsoft ha- you know, has to respond. ABK has to respond to that con- to those concerns. So that's where New Zealand's at. So a couple of key dates coming up here. July 4th, deadline to submit responses to the statement of issues from New Zealand. July 6th, deadline for the CMA to file and serve its defense to CAT. Again, that's still going on. They were not granted. Um, We didn't get to talk about this last week, but CAT turned down the CMA. The CMA was trying to delay their process until October. And CAT, the tribunal that oversees uh, kind of this whole process, said, "Mm, no, we're not playing that game. We're not, we're not playing the game. You knew that there was a deadline. You gave me no valid reasons to delay this out until October. Um, so no, you guys are still set. So July 6th is the deadline for the CMA to file July 17th, the deadline for MS uh, for Microsoft and ABK to file and serve their skeleton arguments for the cat hearing uh, July 17th. We get the final decision from New Zealand Um and uh, between July 3rd and July 17th are the final decisions from Canada, South Africa, which I just said approved, South Africa approved, Turkey and Australia are due between that time frame. So by July 17th, 
Uh, July 18th is the end of the second extension. And finally, final outside date for the merger agreement. ABK could quit by then and MS would have to pay a termination fee of $3 billion. The parties could extend and even amend the merger agreement um, as well. Now, the feeling is if this PI uh, preliminary injunction is not granted, is denied by Judge Corley, then that means that Microsoft will close over the top of the FTC and potentially the CMA and start paying fines to the UK and say, no, nah, we're closing this deal. Uh, Microsoft clarified to everybody that Activision Blizzard King will remain a separate entity um, underneath the umbrella that they will report much like ZeniMax okay, directly. I'm about to say, just like ZeniMax? Yep, just like ZeniMax, they will report directly to Phil. Um, that they were that they will be a whole subsidiary, right? That that they will be on their own because CMA and FTC have talked about what if we have to undo this deal, right? Um, how is that going to work? And Microsoft said it's not going to be a problem because they're going to be wholly subsidiary, yeah, so nothing's going to change. Yeah. yeah. So if we need to come back and undo the deal, it won't yeah. be as complex as you guys are making it out to be. It'll still be complex. Don't give me. Oh wrong. yeah, oh yeah. But it won't it won't be unattendable situation, right? Um, July 19th deadline for the uh, imposition of the CMA final order prohibiting the acquisition. July 24th deadline for the CMA to file and serve its skeleton argument for the CAT hearing. July 28th, the CAT appeal main hearing will begin with a time estimate of six days. August 2nd, beginning of the FTC in-house trial, if it happens. Uh, late August, September decision from CAT, December 20, uh, 2023 to January 2024 decision from the FTC administrative law judge, if that happens, um, and then anything beyond is unknown right now. So we are coming to a close because one, if the, again, Microsoft's going to close over the top. Don't, don't get it twisted. They are going to sit back. They're not going to renegotiate this deal if they don't have to. They'd rather pay fines to the UK. They'd rather go close over the top of the FTC yep. and tell the FTC, bring it on. You already lost your PI. They don't believe the federal judges don't believe you have a case. So come on. If you want to continue this, let's go. They waste some money. Yeah. Yep, that's fine. Let's do it. Um, so I think that that's really what we're down to here. This PI really is the domino that will start the end of all of this one way or the other. So, well, that's, de that's definitely that's definitely a lot that's going on now. Pong, like I've heard, I've and I've been told that Microsoft is just doing a lot of lying right now, and that once this deal closed, their goal is to make Call of Duty exclusive to their platform. Oh yeah, of course. How you feel about that? We're still running with that narrative. Yeah, it's yeah, been, yeah, 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 yeah. Been said under oath that that's not the case. It's not going to happen. Oh, that doesn't matter. My, Microsoft has proven in the I past know. they don't uphold, always uphold yeah. what they say. Phil Spencer is a liar. He doesn't always uphold what he says. Um, you know, Satsi is a businessman. It makes no sense for them to. Um, in the future, continue to oh, they're just portraying things a certain way to look good. Uh, they're not actually going to uphold any of these. Not only that, um, we have to continue to look out for uh, what Microsoft is doing because there's a possibility that because Microsoft's just throwing money around that people are just overlooking this because because people are, Microsoft's paying people off in the background. Um, they possibly have paid off the judge. Uh, again, she has a son that works for Microsoft. So <laughs> there is a... Um, 
there is a what what what, what do they call what do they call that pog where you, where you got somebody on the inside um uh there's a direct term that i was looking for and I oh i know i know now. what term you're looking for and um, i can't think of it don't ask my old brain to do this it's it's, it's all good when 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 it comes you'll say it but um, right i will so yeah there's there's a lot of things conflict are, of interest there you go thank you I don't <laughs> fucking I'm I'm dead too, so I don't I don't know why why that was so it's fucking right. hard. Thanks, Mac. I appreciate you too. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a conflict of interest as far as this deal goes, and it makes no sense for Microsoft to truly approach things that the way they are. Um since all Thanks, Microsoft legend. all Microsoft is trying to do is uh, you know, they're doing all of these things to try to fight for Call of Duty, and instead, you know, all all they're they've already admitted that um they're they're out of the console market. Um, they've they've lost the PlayStation. There is no competition. Um, Microsoft should just become a publisher uh, for games. That's it. They shouldn't sell hardware anymore since that's the route that they're trying to go anyway. Um, that they're going to actually close business before Sony does because it makes more sense for people to invest in a Sony console and Microsoft to put their um software on a playstation since they've already conceded that the um the console generation is over um these are yeah. the types of things that i that i that i've been hearing um there's also a lot more interesting things uh, that people have kind of added on to the conversation and then there are there is my personal opinion and the opinion that i have had since the very beginning I have not wavered on how I feel about this. Deal. Right. Actually, I have more so even solidified my opinion on the, on this issue. If this deal for Activision and Blizzard doesn't go through, and I can honestly care less whether the deal goes through or not. The one thing that I do care about for this deal is the human element of it all. And every time that people have this conversation, they never talk about the human element of the deal, right? It's only the business side. And I'm, and again, I'm not saying that Microsoft is looking at the human element either, because they might not be. But it is something that they have to consider because part of business is looking at what you're bringing in, right? You acquire something. There is 1,000 plus, well, no, 10,000 employees I was going to say 1,000. Excuse me. One department. (laughs) 10,000 employees that are going to be coming over an Activision Blizzard closes. Correct. Microsoft has also recently let go of 10,000 people at least. Mm -hmm. More than likely to make room for this deal closed. Now, I do want to bring in something Jacob Novick um, hit us in a a tweet about. He uh, hit us up in a comment, and he wants us to kind of touch on this because I do feel like it adds on to uh, what we're having right now. So somebody by the name of DM Options um, was yeah. covering some numbers and things um, as far as the deal goes. He says, it appears that someone is paying $1 million in premium for the right to own a million shares of Activision at $90 mm-hmm. as of next Friday is closed. And $2.3 million in premium for the right to own a million shares of Activision at $85 as of next Friday is closed. Yeah. Now, people were trying to get an understanding of what this means. To me, this tells this at least tells me, and I saw somebody in the comments hit, hit the nail on the head too. 
to me, yeah. this tells me that somebody feels confident that this deal is going to go through, and they're they're potentially a sure could get possible a, a good ba- a good payday, right? Yeah, that's what that tells me. So, Jacob, I know you wanted to see, well, wanted to yeah. see if we could address that for you real quick. That's what that tells me at least. It's somebody that this person that they're trying to speak on has some confidence that this deal will close, um, and is trying to make some money. Um, but nonetheless, get back to get back to the uh, overall. That's that's been going on since this deal was announced. Yeah, Warren yeah. Buffett himself or his company has invested Quadruple heavily down. in this deal. They've taken some out as you know the FTC and CMA blocked right. or moved to block. Um, they pulled some back, but investing is highly speculative, and that just shows extreme confidence. Somebody's looking for an easy payday um because they believe obviously that the deal is going to go through and there's a good chance again the experts from the beginning have said that there's no reason to block this deal and they probably believe that microsoft will do what's necessary to get this deal done and not back out of it at this point right Right. which is something that we've talked about which i'm in the belief of that microsoft will get this deal through no matter what they have to do if that means going to the supreme court they'll go to supreme court against the ftc and if they have to close over the top the cma we already know for a fact that they're discussing internally how to do that in if the cma completely blocks it if the cat you know doesn't if the cma doesn't alter their stance and they block this deal high level discussions have already had about closing the deal anyways and removing working around the UK, right? So I believe no matter what, they get this deal pushed through one way or the other. So that's all that says to me too, Steele, is that somebody believes that same process is going to happen no matter what. Yeah, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing that I feel. Um, Nick's real, real quick says, when a company raises prices, do they still care about the consumer or just their wallet? Some food for thought. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure that you're probably mentioning uh, how they've raised the prices on hardware. Um, and also how they've raised the prices on their, yeah, uh, we on talked, their games. We spoke on that. It's like yeah. the rest of the industry, and we have spoke on that. So, um, again, yeah, it sucks. The consumer, it's bullshit. Yeah, and again, me and Pong, yeah, we both said that it doesn't fucking make sense. You can't say that you're making astronomical profits um, and then also raise prices. That that tells me that you could have ate that for a little bit longer, um, yeah. especially three years in the console generation. This isn't the time to raise prices. If anything, keep it where it's at and then adjust prices elsewhere like uh whether it's your you do it on services or whichever the case but anyway no neither here or there um but that's i feel like nick's the point that you're making is something that i will continue to um also double down on is as much as i may be a fan right of xbox for an example much as i may be a fan of gaming in totality um it doesn't mean that I'm blind to the greed that the company, these companies can have. Um, but it doesn't mean that I also have to be blind to the consumer facing strategies that they use. Also doesn't mean that I have to be an idiot. Like you can use your consumer brain and say, Hey, does this work for me or does it not work? For me? Um, Nick's is saying I was replying to the publicly traded companies caring about the consumer first record profits while also uh, raising prices for their employees, freezing raises, freezing raises. Of, of course, yeah. of course, that's, that's straight up business, brother. Again, that's ca- that's capitalism in America, man. Unfortunately, but, uh, but will the devs be better off without Bobby Kotick or not? Assuming that you believe that yeah, Bobby Kotick is his golden parachute and he's gone. Are they better off without him being the head decision maker yeah. who covered up a lot of the nonsense that was happening in that company? 
Has Microsoft proven to be a better company overall when it comes to, you know, or stop conditions? 10. Right. Right. Consistently. Yep. So again, if you believe all that, then you can still say that it's a better spot, but overall is, is Microsoft some generous company who oh, fuck does me. everything fuck for their employees and sacrifices profits and all for, you know, gives the bird nope. to all their investors and their board. No, no, they, they didn't become a $2 trillion company by doing that. No, of course not. Of course not. They still are corporate and there's corporate greed and it's all, all yeah. that still exists. 100%. But yeah, there are some basis to say that the overall the human environment that they'll be getting into could be better at the end of the day because of this acquisition for sure. And that, and that's the biggest thing that I always will want to come kind of come back to as far as the conversation goes is that human element of it. Um, and I do think that Microsoft also understands that um, because again, this isn't like people always like they look at this deal and say, Oh, it's just Microsoft just trying to buy more things and doing this, that, and the other thing. And yeah, that's partially, that's partially it. But the other side of that too is Microsoft is also taking in a lot of, a lot of BS with this, right? Uh, there's a lot of allegations. There's a, like once Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard, they are literally going to be expected to completely reevaluate the company. Completely. Even if they allow them to operate on their own. Oh, yeah. You have to reevaluate that entire company. You have, Phil has to walk in there. Satya, you'd be crazy if Satya doesn't. You'd think he's not going to walk up in there and say that, hey, this is this is the expectation of Microsoft. This is what we're looking for. This is how we're we're treating our employees from going forward. Um, these are all the additional elements that, that we need to consider. And this is our goal that we need to work towards. You either get with it or get lost. Um. And I do think that that environment is going to end up being better than what we're getting currently. Again, the human element side of it, you have what eight plus studios working on one game currently. You think all eight studios want to work on that? I, I would love to see some of these studios make other games, right? Like, I would like to see High Moon make another Transformers game. Yep. Not another Call of Duty. Yeah, well. <laughs> as, a, as a support dev. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cross our fingers is that that does come true for sure. Yeah. So it's it's like, if you want to keep it strictly business, I, I like I get it. I don't think that Xbox is necessarily trying to do anything nefarious. Like um, what they're trying, what they're saying up front, that they're going to turn tail and do something different once the deal closes. Call of Duty is not going to become exclusive. They have per, they have stated that it, that makes no sense. Look at it. Look, there's other games that they have used as an example, Minecraft again, um, for why they for why that is completely unnecessary. Now, could you use an argument that oh well, it's a possibility? Sure, for conversation's sake, it could be a possibility. Is it likely? Hell, I, I don't personally think so. And I do think that this is about much more than, oh, them getting more games in-house or just making Call of Duty, um, bringing Call of Duty under their umbrella. There is the, there's the mobile play. There's the developer play. There's the talent play. There's the engines play. There's so many other underlying things that fit into why Activision Blizzard makes sense versus, again, I, most people might have not seen the wish list that Microsoft had um, or the like the acquisition list that they were they, they were planning at. But you mean to tell me out of all the things that they probably could have done and would have been easier. 
that they said, you know what? We're going to purpose. We are struggling. The Xbox division is our least profitable division on some, on, on some facets, right? We are going to not only consider Xbox as a pillar of Microsoft, but we're also going to spend the most amount of money this company has ever spent in that division. And we're going to do it half-assed. I just don't think that that's the case. I believe that Microsoft knew exactly what they were getting themselves into when they walked into this. Mm-hmm. The, the scrutiny that they were going to get, the BS that was going to come behind this deal, it is a $70 billion deal. Nobody should be able to walk away, should just be able to walk away from this deal scot-free with no questions asked. But we should also be able to look at the reality of the of the situation and say, who is true, who's getting hurt by this with this deal closing? And why is this an issue? And why do people keep coming out of the woodworks trying to come up with reasons why this doesn't make sense? And it, like, you already know why, Steel. Of course, of course, of course. Listen, they they it, want they want Xbox to play the game the same way that Sony plays it. But then, when when Xbox decide will if Xbox decides to do that, they're going to complain about that too. Because that's not going to be fair. Oh, they got all this money. So I mean, uh, they're just throwing they're just throwing around cash. What's different? Oh, they they're well look at Redfall because I, there's no been no other games that have come out since then out of Xbox first party that were decent games. And there are some people who truly believe that consolidation is bad at every step and turn, like that they truly believe that consolidation does nothing good for industries in general. So, you know, some people out here being genuine that if that they if that's the hill that they die on, that's the hill that they die on, that they believe that no matter what the deal is, that they wouldn't agree with this with Sony or Nintendo doing it or anybody else. That's fine. There are people out there who believe consolidation means doom and gloom overall right and then again i argue that point that i think consolidation can be good but at the same time there are some people that are being genuine that they just hate that consolidation they hate bigger companies buying up smaller companies no matter what it is and okay i i can i can listen to that that's fine it's one way of thought process it's it's an opinion it's it's definitely a perspective to have and there are some history that shows that consolidation can be very bad for the consumer overall and can be bad for an industry overall for innovation and everything else here though i just don't think it applies in this industry but most of the noise steel that you're talking about is simply noise it's people who just don't want to see microsoft use their bank account to do something that their favorite company can't do because they want to claim that that's not fair. And I would accept it as just noise palm, yeah. but there you yeah. you have Sony in the F in other governing bodies who are yeah. also of that same mindset that, for different reasons. I mean, yeah, Sony, for different reasons. Yeah, so but Sony not Sony's protecting their bottom line, right? right, right, right? right, right Sony right. does. Sony does. But the the regulatory bodies that's all politically driven. That's all big tech bad. 
that's all, hey, we're going to enforce and expand our powers beyond the normal reach because we believe we have the backing of our government to do so. So we're going to take advantage of the situation and we're going to try to hand it to Microsoft and try to write new rules as we go instead of going through the legislative process. That's all political agenda based, right? For sure. Um, Nick brings up some points here. He said a lot of info coming out about the case. Uh yeah. Uh, it reeks of absorbing as many studios to meet the bottom line demands of MS. I hope they're not biting off more than what they could chew. Uh, I, I don't see where you're, where you're going with that statement, Nick's personally um, saying that they're trying it reeks of meeting the bottom line demands of MS. I feel like this deal is the complete opposite. If you were trying to meet bottom, if you were trying to meet a bottom line, you wouldn't spend $70 billion. Oh, yeah, like I get that sure. you, I get that you have it in like I get you have it in cash, um, and it's kind of different from like trying to cut deals and making money available in other ways. I just I, that's not a bottom line play. That's a we want to make a some real. We want to really shake the industry up and make some movement in in an area where people have been literally downplaying us again. Out of the deal, we have been given proof that Sony intentionally cuts deals to keep Microsoft out, to keep Xbox out. And there's no, there's not an, enough an amount of money. Like sometimes loyalty can't be bought. Sometimes people have true loyalty, like a Square Enix, what I, from what I've seen thus far. Now that could change, but when you have a certain amount of loyalty, when these companies have been working with a product for so long, working with this company for so long, and this company has a user base that is this, that is so wide that it just makes sense for you to kind of focus in on that platform. And they purposely make sure to cut deals that they're to, to leave their competition out and to make into cause them to have a more difficult time to survive within the industry. There's no, there's not, a, there's no, no amount of money that fixes that. And you and like, you can sit here and say all day, oh, oh, well, they should just make better games and get better dev talent. And that's not how this shit works. This is again, this isn't 20 years ago. You can't just say, oh, make good games. That's obviously not how this shit works. So with them, with them making with them making this deal, with everything that we've heard about the deal and all the ups and downs and everything else, I, I do still feel as though this is Microsoft saying, "Hey, we're still trying to do it our own. We're still trying to do it differently, while adapting to our new strat to our to our new strategy, right? Um, similar in some ways, but still." trying to stand on the laurels that we believe in because we, we do have competition. And, and again, like when people say that, Oh, well, Microsoft doesn't believe in the consoles anymore and they don't take that shit serious. It's like, I get, I get the concept of why people feel that way. But as a business, I don't think that that's the case. I think they do understand. 
But when you're working against the machine, and again, Microsoft is even the machine. People have been working against Microsoft for a long time. So you, you have to imagine that Microsoft knows what they're dealing with. That's why they spent the money. Because other people have had to spend the money to compete. Google's had to do it. Apple's had to do it. And they still aren't where Windows is ever going to be. So I get the concept of where people are trying to go with it, but it's also been blatantly made obvious that Microsoft and Win and, uh, and Xbox, Windows and Xbox are two different things. Their approaches are completely different. The business of Microsoft and the gaming division of Microsoft, as much as they might intrinsically uh, like collide with each other every now and then, the board has to sit down and have meetings and talk about these things and see the board may not be happy with how gaming is planning out and they don't understand why you're spending this amount of money on these deals and oh, and we're game pass and people, they still said they're profitable. Well, something's something they're doing something right for, for me i still have the 90 percent uh faith that the deal is going is going is going to go through whether xbox uh, whether microsoft closes over the top um or whatever they have to do uh that that's just my belief and i do think that if the deal ends up for whatever reason if microsoft does have to pull out of this I think that does open up a bigger conversation that I think a lot of people won't want to have or will not have about why is an American-based company treated worse than foreign companies? I mean, I could come up with a few different reasons. Why, but it's a whole oh, different podcast. It's a whole different podcast that we can have about that. But yeah. here's what it is. Yeah, I mean, anyway. Um, <laughs> it also it also opens up a within what is truly competition then. So competition is whatever you deem it to be. Hmm. That's going to help line your pockets, right? That's 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 what competition has to work out a certain way. So I, I do any either way is going to open up interesting conversation. But for me, ripples are going to be big. I just want people to understand the human element of it all versus just the business. Hmm. And again, I know Microsoft may not be I 100% looking at the human element of it, but it is something that you have to take in consideration. These are 10,000 people you have to do something with, whether you cut some of them off or you decide to pay all of their salaries. That is something that you have to consider. So it's difficult for me to think that they are not considering the human element because they have to. It's part of the business. I mean... I don't know. It, it's just wild that people continue to, and again, people can feel however they want. You want to continue to push against the grain and think that uh, big, bad Microsoft and, oh, they need to compete the same way that Sony's competing. And I just think that no matter what, in my heart to hearts, I believe actually that no matter what Xbox, Microsoft does, they're always going to get looked at side. Are always going to have to go through all the rigmarole and have to jump through every single uh, absolutely hoop to get something done. Now, again, even even the judge from this most recent um, when they when they were in court stated that hey, if the deal wasn't this big, you wouldn't even be in front of us right now. You you wouldn't the, be going the through this process. Said that themselves. The FCC. Well, the FCC said probably that. said that. Yeah, they admitted that. They said if this deal wasn't as big as it is, we wouldn't be here. So again. 
Do you, Microsoft will test that, by the way. If this do is you, not clear, if for whatever reason they do back out, they will test that theory right there. Do you really want to play that game? Right. No. It's my people question. People aren't going to be happy. Still, people still are not going to be happy. Still. No, 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 no. Either way. Because again, when this, if, if this deal gets blocked, if Microsoft pulls out and says, fine, we give up, the precedent has now been set. They will use those words from the FTC. They will take those to heart. And like I said, when they go to the east and they go in Sony's backyard and they start grabbing things, people still will have a problem with it. If they yeah. grab Sega, if they grab Square Enix, if they go after a Bandai Namco, if they do something like that, which will be lesser than this ABK deal. Much lesser. Right. People still will not be happy and they will come back with more excuses as to why that's not okay even though even though that's the that's the rules that microsoft has been told they need to play by when microsoft goes out and starts gobbling up third-party exclusivity timed or not and they start spending some money again that again everything's going to change no they're not going to invest 70 billion dollars overall in the gaming again they're not going to do that but they're going to go out and play hardball because those are the rules that have been set forth. People will come up with more reasons, more excuses as to why it's not fair. It just that this is where we're at with that side of the community, with that circus. They just never will stop. People will never be happy. Like you said, steel that Microsoft is in this industry period. Yeah. And, be, and people can't, and people definitely can't live with the fact that like it keeps like people keep trying to like shut down the fact. Oh, people keep trying to treat uh, Xbox like they're their underdog and this and other thing. It's like, are y'all like are you where where you can't purposely be blind to brand recognition and the power that Sony has had the entire time that they've been in this in the hardware industry in in totality. And me, me and Paul always talk about this and bring this up. It is a factual part of this conversation. You can't just conveniently exclude it all of a sudden. Just because Microsoft has money doesn't mean that their approach was the same as Sony's was. Matter of fact, there's 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 documentation and video proof to tell you that that wasn't the case. That's not how this industry has been. It was a different industry back then as well, and people always like to conflate or actually ignore, I should say, they like to ignore the fact that the industry was different back then. But what Sony did when they entered this industry, when they were almost at their peak of electronic hardware popularity, they used their power from the electronics. Again, they used their money that Sony Corporation had, not from PlayStation, but from their position in the hardware sector to do the same thing that Microsoft is doing now. It's just that Microsoft is doing it at a different scale because the industry itself is at a new height. It's totally different, but exactly the same. Sony walked in and had to, you swing their big stick around to make sure that they had the advantages to succeed in this industry. Microsoft came in at a later point, the industry started to change. They failed at what they initially tried to do, put themselves in a bad spot, but they also now have the advantage of having Microsoft, a $2 trillion company behind Xbox, willing to go ahead and go out and spend. So they're doing it no differently 
than what Sony did. It's just a different scale right now. And yeah. that's what people see. And again, social media, everything else behind it, big tech has all that stuff is different now. That's why you see the hyper focus on this. That's why you see people hating on it because they ignore the fact of what Sony did when they first entered this industry as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's what competition is about, man. I, that's again, business. That's yeah. business. Again, people up in arms. Oh my God. Look, we've got the emails behind the scenes. They want to buy, they want to outspend Sony out of the industry. Sony said the same thing. That's business folks. That's competition. You don't come in to any buddy, space buddy. and be like, oh, right. Which, again, is something that, yes, I will say front facing Phil has presented his philosophy as a public sure. public facing. He has said things that certainly would indicate that, sure, if he ran the entire industry or if he had that kind of power, he would have everybody play along and be kumbaya together. But behind the scenes, when it comes to money and it comes to business, you don't walk work. into a space to be third place. You don't walk into a space to make your competitors feel comfortable. You walk into a space to make dominate. Uncomfortable. Yes. You come in to dominate. And you use whatever advantages you have. Now, there are laws that say you can't do certain things. That's what we're seeing at play here. There are certainly laws that prevent you from wiping everybody out and becoming the sole owner of that industry, which is a monopoly. We've obviously seen that at play right now, but you don't come in to make sure that everybody feels good about what you're doing. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's you're not, 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 not going to accomplish your goals doing that at all. So again, it's all, I, it is what it is. Hey, people are always going to. It's perspective, it. right? I mean, everybody's going to have their own perspective and have their own outlook and how they treat this thing. It's just, it's, it's funny because it's a good majority. It's a good amount of people um, that do feel as though this is just going to be bad for the industry. Uh, that they don't get the point of this. Um, that this doesn't help Microsoft um, with their with their bottom line problem this is that and that's that create their creativity uh their their ability to lead and i mean to me i mean again yeah when you go from having five to six studios to having over 30 i mean again yeah that's a lot to adjust to but when are you going to adjust you are you like do you want them to slowly get developer by developer and make sure that they're perfect before they go acquire the next thing no, because that's not how this fucking industry works or any industry works. You can't wait. You got to spend the money while it's hot. You got to make the moves like that you need to make while, while it's hot and, to, and, to, and take advantage. Yep, absolutely. And Nick's, I agree. I mean, again, art and entertainment are no longer art and entertainment unless you really yeah. get down to the indie scene, right? That's why the indie scene still thrives yeah. in movies, in art itself, in video games. That's why the indie scene is still viable. Because again, that's where you get closest to the pure form of those things. The but no, we are long past the point where arts and entertainment is anything but a business. And without money being involved, we wouldn't be enjoying the things that we're currently enjoying. Um, and if, like I said, if you if you're one of those purists and you want to get down to that level, then yeah, this space up here at the top is not for you. You're not, you're going to find it riddled 
with greed. You're going to find it riddled uh, with everything that we've talked about, right? We just got them talking about Diablo 4. Um, it starts now. We've seen Ubisoft for sure. They make games from the perspective of how is this going to be make money first before they say, how are we going to make a good game? So no, you're absolutely correct. When it comes to that, it's not just America either. It's, it, it is worldwide. Obviously, America corporations are easy to point to, but it's now worldwide. We've lost that innocence of what what's, once was just a creative thing is now business oriented through and through, unfortunately. Right. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I will also say why we're getting gigantic games like Starfield right is because there is money behind it there is money yeah. to be made otherwise we'd business. still be we'd still be in the 8-bit 16-bit era that's, right because tech is expensive no matter what it's literally the entire business is to make money yeah. they they're not making money out of the kindness of their heart i mean fortunately there is a business for them to make these games right and yeah. for us to buy them but overall business um business even in the art world, there's money laundering now. So, I mean, it's been non that's again, artists are made based upon money laundering schemes. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, art that sells yeah, for a hundred, yeah. hundred thousand, a million dollars. Generally speaking, there's some kind of mon- money laundering scheme behind it, right? The days of Picasso are long gone, right? Where art was genuinely appreciated for what it was. And the value behind it was, given to it by the people who actually appreciated the artist and his vision that's even gone to a lot of a degree right now so unfortunately yep build a cash shop you're right east side vandal modern day game and build a cash shop and then make a game around that it's sad yes absolutely a lot of people still take that approach i i still will not blanket statement that across the industry i still think there's a lot of people trying to really do good work and there are things that we see and again i will point to game pass i'm a game whatever i'm a fan of game pass that there's still a way to do things that can be beneficial to everybody involved from the dev side to the publishing side to the corporate side to the consumer there are still ways to do business and in my eyes at least at least at the end of the day microsoft and xbox are trying to do something to give value to the consumer whether you find value in it or not that's up to you for me it's the greatest value that i've ever had as a gamer and there i still see them trying because when you give value to the consumer it creates a much better situation where the fan base is more willing to invest, but you also see the other side where Sony can increase prices and other publishers, obviously 2k and everybody else who did it to $70 and their fan base says, yes, please give me more. I'll pay a hundred dollars per game. If you ask me to like, again, that's personal value. I don't personally agree with that. I think that becomes greedy at that point. I don't think games need to be as expensive as they are. But that's the business side and it is what it is. But I still think there are ways to give value back to everybody involved. Um, It just takes a lot more effort than it is to be 100% greedy at the end of the day. But like I said, Ubisoft, 100%. They're greedy bastards. I mean, but for better or worse, they also have games that are like, you could spend $100 in. Correct. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Big games. Yeah, wouldn't be here without it. For sure. Because again, technology, it costs money. It It costs a ton of money to do this stuff. For sure. Yeah, thousand percent. I mean, again, I'm interested to see how these how this uh, continues to play out um, within the governing bodies and how it plays out in court and what the overall decision is going to be. Um, I still believe uh, in my heart to heart that it's going to 
um, open up a good conversation and it's going to continue to be a good conversation uh, for the foreseeable future because um, the acquisitions aren't going to stop. And I, yep. I get that people get tired of talking about these things and the speculation of it all. But again, sometimes you got to pull your head out of your ass and like get yourself like, to it. Like just there, there is so much more going on within the gaming industry than just whatever your main concerns are and but it is also fair for you to only focus on whatever your main concerns are right but but you have to understand that there is a there's a whole other play that's happening out here and if you don't enjoy talking about these things and hey let's actually talk about the games that you're playing Mm -hmm. and make it an make it an interesting conversation that you're having because a lot of the times I see these different shows talking about shit and you don't, they don't have any interest and they're just, what, you're making just up shit? Topic. Just throwing, just throwing up out a topic. Just like, throwing out a topic and, and surface level discussing it. Again, it's, that's their prerogative. Uh, it's just not why I jumped into this space at right. all. And Nick's, Nick's, you do, that's a final great point on that topic, by the way, too, um, which I didn't mention, but it is something that I had in the back of my skull too. So thanks for bringing it up, Nick. Nick's as well. The, the other side of that is too, even if there is a good game made, a great game made, if the money isn't there, then that game gets shelved or put away forever. We never see it again. A lot of great IP has been lost through the generations because business wise, it doesn't make sense. And yes, that is another sad part of it that you can have a great idea and a great product. And it just doesn't do anything for the business. So therefore they go, well, it might've been great, but nobody bought it. So therefore we're just not putting it out there again. Right. Uh, That does suck as well. Absolutely. 100%. Whereas back in the day before it became this prevalent um, franchises were given a chance to mature nowadays. A lot of franchises aren't given a chance to mature a game like Anthem comes out that should have been given a chance to mature. It should have been given a chance. Again, they were working on it, but it's EA and it's not going to happen, right? Because it doesn't financially make sense for them to take that risk, right? And that that does suck a lot. Back in the day, we had a lot of games that came out that weren't great. Final Fantasy number one. Go back and play Final Fantasy number one. It ain't that great of a game, even if you take it in the standpoint that it was on the original NES. It doesn't matter if you look at their later iterations much better. Right. And they continue to grow that franchise into what we know it is today. Right. So that doesn't happen a whole lot these days, uh, if at all. Uh, you got to knock it out of the park with the first one. Titanfall. Perfect example. There's no reason why we don't have it. We shouldn't have a Titanfall three right now. Titanfall two got killed off by bad decision making it is a fantastic game one of the best first person shooter campaigns that you will ever play in your life there is zero reason why there should not be investment in titanfall 3 other than the fact that ea sees apex legends money it's in the titanfall world and they say yeah we don't need titanfall 3 we don't need it so i mean that that, that could be the case um God Empress, you you derailed the stream for uh for those guys last night. I didn't I didn't even know. Uh, I stopped tuning in after a minute. Um, I can only take so much of um certain things that just don't fucking make sense to me. And nobody, and again, hey, it, people are different. Um, Nix does bring up an interesting point. He says gaming hasn't been the same to me since the 360 PS3 and Wii era. They love it, but the love isn't the same now. See, Nix. And this opens an interesting conversation. I didn't think we were gonna that I was gonna get into today. This is something uh, that I 
all I always think about, right? Because we reminisce and we think about the games. Uh, like, I, there's nothing like those early Gears and the Halo days for me. Halo 2, 3, Gears of War 2, or even uh, Gears 1 um, and 06. There's nothing like those times where everything was just so natural and organic and you were doing game battles and MLG was a thing and, you know, in online gaming was starting to become really prevalent um, and really impactful. I do personally think, though, Nix, that gaming is better today than it's ever been. Personally. When I can look at my library, before, I had a problem because I had to justify, even if I had money, I was justifying to myself the value of games. I would devalue a game based off the fact if it had multiplayer or not. If it didn't have multiplayer, there was no reason for me to play it. None. Zero. Silch. And that was because of how I grew up with gaming. There weren't very many options. You had to make a decision and a choice because the decision and choice you made you had to live with for some time. Now, there's more games than ever. There's, there's never a moment where I sit down and I want to get into a gaming session outside of just me being in my own head because of the type of games I like to play. Like, I could be completely honest and say, because of me seeing Armor Core 6, it is hard for me to play certain games now. It just is. Like, I am so, I am that guy who gets so hype about certain games where I'm just like, I really want to play these other games. I, I would rather just play this game, right? I feel like I'm holding myself o over for something. Uh, Vandal says it still is all grown up. But not like, my point with that, though, is, because of things like gameplay, because of things like services, because of all these other things, graphics have, have moved forward. Uh, the online capabilities have moved forward, right? But back then, I had to deal with people lag switching me and dealing with a bunch of dumb BS that I was frustrated with. I don't have that as much nowadays. So it's like, as, as great as that time was, like, I think the 90s was a great time to be alive, although I was young during that era. I'm not going to say that the '90s. I'm not going to necessarily say that the '90s were be are better than today. Like uh, conceptually, sure, <laughs> but as far as like a living on a day to day basis, yeah. is as much convenience as I have now. I, 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 it's hard for me to make that trade, right? I wish that I could mesh some things, right? It's more interference now. There is, there is, they're 100%. They're 100%. Um, <laughs> and, and I get what you're saying. There was more new IPs and things yeah, of that yeah, nature, yeah, yeah. sure, there during that era. But again, that was also during a time where gaming still had a lot to prove. You had to give people the reason to continue to, to want to stay part of that. And to gaming was still having a hard time maintaining, well, Breaking out into the mass audience, right? Where people were making it, where people had some form of acceptance. And still today, we still have an issue of some of that acceptance level. And people, again, will still tell you that gaming is a waste of time. But anything else that you do outside of making your life better is not a waste of time. 
If you go down to the court to play ball, if you go um, go to the table to go draw, if you go paint, if you uh, go work on your car, if you go do any of these other other things, those aren't considered a waste of time. The gaming is. I, like anything could be a waste of time if you consider it that. I don't. This is a hobby to me. Like anything else is a hobby. I have the choice to enjoy it as much as I can or as much as I want and to do other things. Like for an like example, I have a motorcycle meet that I'm going to tomorrow. So guess what I was doing this week? Making sure the bike was made, got all my maintenance done, cleaned it up, make sure everything is running good. I got to go to the store later, um, pick up some more oil. I got to make sure that I'm, that I got to make sure things are good to go, right? Use some oil. I've used the oil. I've ran, ran that bad boy. But that is another one of my hobbies. I purposely will set aside that hobby to play games sometimes. Instead of going out for a ride and getting crazy with some folks sometimes, stay in the house. I'm also a dad. I'd rather be home safe with the, with the kiddos. I, I, I'm also the guy that I, 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 I like to come home. I don't get too crazy. I want to come home. Um, <laughs> I want my kids to go without a without pop. So it's like any, everything with that within consideration. You have to you have to find out what your reasoning for you enjoying this hobby is. And if you as an individual, not pointing anybody out in the in the chat or anybody uh, in particular, but if you are if you're having if you're struggling to find a reason for you to stay invested in your hobby. Maybe you don't care about the hobby anymore. It's fine. Which is fine. Yeah. People grow and change. You have to be. And as a, as a person, you have to be able to accept that. It's just not the same for you. The gaming is still going to be here. Give it a break for a year. Come back. See what happens. As things buckle down for me and I get really get hammered down back into school, I'm going to have to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to game and do all these things and have all the time. And I'm just not. Something has so something. It's like there are there are things you have to consider in every part of your life. And I just is find your reasoning for for your for your being and and go from there man. that's, that's it, it's perspective and it, it's it's 100 personal perspective it's 100 personal perspective about where you believe any one of anything that you enjoy is at right that's that's how it is gaming is no different and the, it's complex because the 360 ps3 era itself was still a very free era um, from a society standpoint. Um, It was a very different time. So the devs were in a different mode. It still was a relatively unique hobby from the standpoint that it hadn't reached that mass appeal level. So the, it was much more an enthusiast hobby at that time. And this goes for anything. You guys have heard me speak about this again. I enjoy the fact that there are more gamers now than ever before, because the more money, the more talent that's in this industry, the more chance that I have to get new experience or bigger experiences or completely different experiences than I ever have in this hobby before because of its popularity. But I also believe that there is a downside to that because it also can dilute your favorite hobby as well. 
it can also um, create a lot of blandness as these companies try to uh, create games that appeal to a wider audience instead of just focus focusing on their fan base itself, right? That we've seen that time and time again. That can always happen again. I grew up through the eras, every single era of video games I have been a part of. I have seen every single change happen. This has also happened with pop culture. As social media was introduced, it changed pop culture, right? Because again, what once I was bullied for, for liking Star Wars, for liking Star Trek, for liking video games, for liking Dungeons and Dragons, uh, for liking Transformers, that used to be, oh, what? How old are you? You're, you're now in middle school. Why are you still liking this kitty stuff? To now, whereas adults, as full-grown adults, now it's the cool thing. Now Marvel's cool, right? Now comics are cool, right? All this stuff has happened. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I like all the changes that have come with that popularity as well. Because again, as a creator, no matter what you're doing, whether it's video games, comic books, movies, TV, it doesn't matter what kind of entertainment you're trying to create. Now you've got a much bigger audience that you have to satisfy. And obviously, a lot of different things have changed as well within society. Again, not everything that I agree with. And that has had an influence on pop culture as well as to what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, et cetera. And so a lot of my favorite franchises, Star Wars, I always, again, I don't go on the rants I used to anymore about Star Wars, but I thought it was great when Disney bought it because I was like, yes, we're going to get more Star Wars. Right, something we uh, us as Star Wars fans never got. We're gonna get more Star Wars because Disney owns it. Disney's gonna finally start making all these great things. What did Disney do? They walked in and destroyed all the lore and said that doesn't count. We're starting our new Star Wars, and then they went into a direction and made movies that I absolutely can't. Well, I shouldn't say I can't stand or I hate, but let's just say. I really have no interest or love in, right? So this happens all the time in the 360 PS3 era, specifically about video games, since this is what we started on, was one of those free times when people were trying new things. And the other thing that also happens, obviously, is eventually ideas start running out and every game becomes an iteration of other games that you've already previously played. And I know that that's real and people can say, oh, look at this game. It's just a copy of this other game. Well, yeah, that's what happens. Eventually, fresh ideas run out. And now, as we were just previously talking about with big business involved, new ideas, fresh ideas are shot down because that's a high risk situation. So you get less and less chances being taken, right? Gears of War was a high risk proposition to come out and try to do something in a cover based third person shooter that was extremely adult oriented during the 360 era that was extremely gory right was a chance was a risk now obviously they knew their audience right they knew the dude shooter bros were out here really and that they had a better chance of success but that was still a risky proposition back then you're not going to see those chances taken nowadays as much as you did back then which also Again, gets back to my point where things kind of seem can seem more bland than they used to. But from my perspective, why I call this the golden age of air, golden age of gaming, 
from somebody who's seen every single generation of gaming is because I have more choice than I ever have previously. I have more opportunity to see a game and fall in love with a game than I ever did before because there's so much content coming out. I can always find something that I'm interested in. Whereas back in the day, we didn't necessarily have that chance. Again, all those old timers always bring up the story. You walked into a store and you had to look at the back of the box and read the description and look at the graphics and be like, yeah, I think this game's going to be good. And then that was your spend, right? That was your money. And if the game sucked, you brought it home and it was nothing like you thought it was going to be, you were stuck with that damn game because for sure your parents were going out and spending another $50, (laughs) right? To go buy you another new game. Like that was how we did it as kids. I can't imagine being a kid now popping in, popping up game pass and seeing 400 plus titles there that I get to go try out crazy for one monthly price, man. Like I, I, I would, I'm in heaven as an adult. I can't imagine as a kid, again, kids don't have that perspective. So to them, that's normal. But for me, it was crazy. That, that would be crazy time. Right. And that's why I'm so enthralled with it now. But I do think this is the golden age of gaming because of the amount of talent, the amount of people that are involved in this industry now um, really does provide an opportunity for me to find even if the experience is similar to something I've played over my 40 plus years of gaming, it's now different on a different level, whether it's the graphics, whether it's the writing, whether it's the mechanics involved, whether it's the controls, whether it's the 60 frames per second or 120 frames per second, something still grabs my interest and I still get damn excited. And with an experience like Starfield, that was never possible on that scale previous to this. Yes, I know other games have done similar scale now. No Man's Sky, et cetera. I love No Man's Sky. Again, I was day one on that. Um, there's other games trying it, but Starfield still comes at a time where I look at it and go, I can't ever imagine being a kid and thinking I was going to be able to go become a freaking space pirate in any capacity. I never would have thought that was going to be possible, but here we are in 2023 and they're going to make it possible for me. But Todd and his team are going to do that. So that's what still gets me excited about right now. But I do understand the concept because yes, I am a nostalgia freak who does look back and goes, yes, to Steele's point, the 90s were better. Steele, what happened? What happened? Uh, Nothing. Okay. Something we we talked about earlier. Okay. Somebody said, okay. somebody said, because you can have sex with a bear in Baldur's Gate 3, it's their game of the year. Yep, of course. Yeah, I know. I've seen plenty of those comments, dude. Sign me up. Uh, people have been saying that nonstop. Like, this is, yeah. We, we can talk about that for a second here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but for me, anyway. I can look back and honestly say, right. I wish the 80s and 90s were now, right? I do. And maybe that is with rose-tinted glasses. I'm willing to admit that. But what I'm saying is there are lots of things that I look at now. Again, I would give up social media to go back then. Lots of people would say, hell no, I would give up the access that I have. I would give up any of that shit to go back then. I personally would. So when I look back at my gaming during those eras, for sure, from a much younger person's perspective that I was back then, I could say, hell yeah, I was having the time of my freaking life, my early 20s, hanging, you know, having my bros because we had the, we, we were in a fourplex and we had three of the four 
were dudes all in the same age group and we were partying, playing video games. We all shared the same interests, blah, blah, blah. We were having the hell of the time of our life, popping in Dreamcast for the first time. My God, it was, it was unbelievable. So I can look back and say, man, those memories were great. But overall, from a gamer's perspective, right now being in this community, um, meeting people like Steel, who have become my best friend, um, you know, that I have in real life, along with Mav, even though we've never met in real life, just doing this gaming right now is the golden age. I, I find more joy in the stuff that I'm playing. And again, if something comes along and I go, nope, that wasn't for me. I've got three, 400 other titles to choose from right now to go see if they are for me. Right. Whereas back in the day, we didn't have that. We didn't have that, but the 360 era, the PS3 era to Nick's point was a special era. There was a lot of chances being taken. There's a lot of IP that we're seeing coming back that I never thought would come back from the 360 era. But that's also why you also hear me speak about a game like Werewolf the Apocalypse. I can go play that game where a lot of people could not play that game and find enjoyment in that game because it does feel old. I can go play that game and say, it's just pure fun, man. And I just love the hell out of it. Because it's just nostalgic for me. It reminds me of the 360 era when people were doing weird random games out of the blue that we didn't know we would like. All of a sudden show up and we liked them. So it is personal perspective, but I totally get your point, Steel, and, and you're right. Sometimes you just grow out of a hobby, man. And that's cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes people do need to be honest with themselves that if this isn't providing them the enjoyment that it once was. They could certainly be right and say the industry has changed to a point where you just don't appreciate it anymore. Again, that's where I'm at with star Wars. I have my originals, right? I have my original content that I will love forever that I can go watch and still freaking just smile and laugh and feel all the fuzzy feelings that I get from the original Star Wars, I can still do that today. Just because Disney's gone in a direction that I don't agree with and that right. I don't enjoy has not ruined that for me. But that's why you also see in this space a lot of retro gamers who yeah. continue to play retro games and that's all they play is retro games. You get that still, that love, that feeling. The new games just don't do it for you. That's okay. For me, that's not the case. I enjoy what's coming uh -huh. out right now. I love I love the innovation. I love the seeing the different yep. things. I mean, again, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, coming coming from the east that hasn't been touched on in gaming, mm -hmm. um, either because that people too. are scared to touch on it Fresh. or just because they they're not from that area. So it's hard for you to touch on touch on something that you genuinely don't have a um, relation to or have a feeling for. And what's also helped that is that um, a lot of the eastern culture has become more acceptable um to allow those things to, so we get more of those fantasy elements and things can be more unique and uh, more surprising so and, there, and there's more there's more to discover when it comes to different cultures right, to right. steal there's stories that haven't been told we've talked about this yeah. now that africa is starting to get some attention oh. There, there is African mythology that has not been touched on oh, in books that so has not many. been touched. Right, exactly. So much. And, and again, that's the kind of stuff that still gets me excited because, like you said, Steel, with the East, oh, I've played man. Eastern style games for a long time because I've always right, been right. a JRPG guy, right? But still, now that China's involved, now that Korea's involved, there's still twists and different mythology that I've never seen before that I'm going, wow, like I said, sword and fairy. Sure, you can say, well, it's got that general flavor, but the mythology behind it, there's some different things in there that haven't been touched concepts, on before that yeah. I'm like, yeah, concepts that I'm like, oh, damn, this is cool, right? This is really cool. 
all of that still excites me to this day. And, and there's so much more. The Middle East still has yeah. not been delved in. Yeah, sure. Assassin's Creed and some titles have touched in there, but be. not to the degree of like, you know, Greek mythology, which I love to death. Right. It, yeah. it still hasn't been touched on to that degree that we could get a lot more experiences that we never thought we were going to get or that we didn't know we were going to love coming out of those places as this industry continues to grow. And that's what still gets me going um, and excited for the future, for sure. Thousand percent, thousand percent. Definitely agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we definitely broke down quite a bit for you today. Even got into some uh, heartfelt conversation here. Um, Now, there, are, there is a couple more things. Um, well, I mean, there's a few more things that we could definitely get into here. Uh, honestly, we could probably go for some time. Well, quick, um, just a quick hitter here. Um, Red Dead is rumored to be coming back. Um, there could be a remake coming, um, but it's rumored. No, nothing, nothing can affirm this right now or anything Mask like that. Remake, whatever. It is, um, yeah. what, whatever it is. Uh, insider gaming. This come from Idle Sloth from a classification on South Korean ratings board. A claim that it'll be announced in August. The Red Dead Redemption Remaster concept is gathering steam now. So, with that said, I mean, as somebody who was more a uh, more of a fan of the who was a fan of Red Dead, um, the first one, it wasn't a fan of the the second one. Again, I have this thing with games that you it shouldn't take ten hours of a game for me to for it finally to hit. No, that tells me the pacing is is not the greatest. So with that being said, now and I could have rose tinted glasses. I just don't remember the uh, original Red Dead being that way, right? Um, I thought the entire story was engaging from what I can remember. The gameplay was engaging from what I can remember. And if they bring back a lot of, if they bring just, if they just remaster the game and, and update it to how Red Dead 2 looks and maybe drop it as a package, right? Where they do one and two, do like a collective, um, because they got to do something with the naming scheme because one is technically the second part, right? One happens after Red Dead 2. So it's like, how do you go and fix the naming of it too? And how do you address that? And I do think them putting out a collection would be a perfect way to kind of um, to fix that, right? Because they, there wasn't good planning on that. And I'm pretty sure they they didn't expect for Red... Maybe they didn't expect for Red Dead to be as successful as it was. So when they made Red Dead 2, they were like, oh, we got to go back and this, that, and other thing. So it's like, I don't know. I would love for them to put out a collection and say, hey, Red Dead Part 1, Red Dead Part 2. I don't mind doing parts of things. Um, when it actually makes sense to do parts of things. Uh, hello, Last of Us. Uh, whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> nonetheless, that's something completely different. I am excited about this, right? Um, again, could be a lot of nostalgia that's pushing me through um, with this. But as someone, I just don't have the want to jump into uh, Red Dead 2 because as much as the beginning of the story was interesting, after that, the in-between is not me riding a horse to my destinations and it taking like real life time in, in some facets to get to certain areas. I didn't like it. It takes you out of the experience. I'm, I'm bad about that. Right. Where if you don't keep me engaged enough or keep me wanting to play enough, I will disconnect because there are other games to play. Um, to me, I, I feel like that more so speaks on the overall 
quality of the game and totality, right? Um, because pacing should be considered. But I am excited for um, a Red Dead remake. How about you, Bill? A remaster, remake, whatever they do, as long as they do it well, they can't do what they did with the Grand Theft Auto remasters, okay? Uh, please don't do that shitty, shitty ass job and just slap it out there and put a price on it. Um, if they do a quality job, absolutely. I'm a Red Dead 1 um, fan through and through. That's right. one of my all-time goats. I love John Marston. I love John Marston more than I do Arthur Morgan. Okay, okay. I, he was a great really freaking character. I love that entire story. He was about that, to smoke too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm a Wild Wild West guy. Um, so these games always speak to me. I did not finish Red Dead uh, 2. Um, like I talked about it the other night, I'm thinking about picking it up on PC to play it in 60 frames and see how beautiful it actually looks since Rockstar has decided not to bring that up to date, like which I don't understand. Maybe too much on, maybe too many people working on GTA 6. I don't and care. The they have so much money freaking they got so they many do. studios no find somebody to freaking do it for god's sakes no you don't have to rework the entire game the game's gorgeous just bring it up to date for the series consoles and for playstation 5 god's sakes rockstar have some pride in your previous games and just bring make them current again as much flack as i give ubisoft that's one thing that they've done very well really is provide game, patches for generations right they they've updated a lot of their games for free um but uh red dead one red dead one is a, a goat of mine i would love to go back and play this uh for sure um i think I, I, i'm all for it steel as long as they do it right again if it's yeah. just can't job, be a gta trilogy scenario yeah. no it can't be that no no this game deserves all those games deserve more that's why i hate what they did so much i mean vice city should be freaking Anyways, uh, Red Dead, I'm all for it, Steel. I hope this is real. Uh, I'd be excited to go back and play this again. Again, I love John Marsden. I love the story. Um, everything about it, I 100% of that game. Um, it's something that I want to go back to, and I would take time to go back to if they do it right. So, yeah, bring it on, Rockstar. Let's do it. Super dope. Uh, let's see what else we got in the cards here. Uh, we do have, um, apparently, Xbox is going to have a pretty supreme presence, um, not only at Gamescom this year, apparently, um, but also at TGS, the Tokyo Game Show, yep. which is extremely telling in some ways, right? Um, the top echelon of Xbox, um, Phil, Matt Booty, um, some others, Sarah Bond, um, have been feeling quite upbeat this year as far as trying to what's the word what's a good word for trying to not give us anticipation for things but um kind of hype us up as we go through the year right that they told us not to lessen our expectations for uh this recent e3 time that they had the game showcase that they did um with xbox showcase that they did and they were right to not to right it, it turned out very successful in my opinion uh i gave the show i think i gave the show a 10 out of 10 um, due to pacing, games that were shown, all these things, nature, one of best, one of Xbox's best show in a long, long time, probably since I uh, want to go back to what, 2013, maybe around that time, um, when they really made something that was impactful. I feel like this recent one did that. And if they have more to show us, uh, for an example, if it's more games, maybe it's an update on Hellblade, maybe we get some actual gameplay at one of these shows, who knows? Um, that's a very interesting thing to hear, right? Because a lot of people 
Um, we were talking about Activision Blizzard earlier, and a lot of people think that Xbox is relying on that to help push their um, help push them forward. And again, I reiterate this: they have come out and stated that that's not their entire plan. It's an accelerant to their plan. So with that taken in consideration, what other pieces of the puzzle are you bringing to us at uh, at the Tokyo Game Show? Because people are starting to have this conversation. And um, for an example, uh, we'll start we'll start with Tokyo Game Show first. And I don't know what to anticipate there, um, but we'll have a little bit of a conversation because me and Paul always talk about the East and how much we want that representation in gaming. And because they are the ones that are really pushing gameplay forward more so uh than other things right and aesthetics and, and, and aesthetics too that, that's true that's very true yeah. um which be, speaks to me i'm all about aesthetics but anyway mm-hmm. um because a lot of people were in a mindset that playstation is currently trying to work with they're trying to get into those same spaces also uh, like getting a pearl abyss for an example now i want to start with that I know much, many people may not be familiar with Pearl Abyss, which is perfectly fine. Pearl Abyss is one of those that kind of came out of nowhere, South Korean dev, um, that helped create Black Desert Only, right? It was first started by Kakao Games, and then Pearl Abyss took over, um, and it is now their game. Um, it has become it has become an amazing game since they've taken over um, for Black Desert Online. As a matter of fact, guys got a chance to check out what that is and you still want an idea of what crimson deserts potential is i would suggest you at least going to play a season of black desert online less i don't think that sony is going to i don't think that pearl abyss would cut a deal with sony the, the only re and the main reason that i say that is because of the relationship that xbox has built pearl abyss I don't think that Pearl, I don't think that Black Desert Online would have got the recognition that it had if it would have stayed on PC only. Xbox cut a deal for that game to come into Game Pass, and I, from what I have seen and from the numbers that I can find, I personally feel that Game Pass has helped propel that game much further than anything else has been able to, right? You're able to get in there. Try it out, see if it's something for you, especially with a lot of the updates they have now. Now you can try different classes out, maxed out, so you can get a level 60 character, see what that level 60 character feels like. And then if you want to roll with that character, you can, and you'll start fresh with a level one, and you know what you're working up towards. And because of the relationship that Xbox has built with Pearl Abyss, just using them as an example, I do think and I have, and I believe that Xbox is trying to dig deeper in that bag because they still need something, uh, an IEP, a developer, again, a Nexon, like Kakata brought up in, in there. We've mentioned that in, in the past. You need something like that to help bolster what you're good at. What I need Xbox to do is to continuously focus on their multiplayer faceted side of thing. And the best people that are doing that right now are in the East. Final Fantasy 14, Xbox, need one. Black Desert isn't going to be that for you. 
Now, could a the first descendant be that maybe? Maybe. That's how the Nexon. So are you going to have you spoke with Nexon and see what kind of deals that you could cut with them to get those games to come on in, right? To help bolster your service and give people more um, variety as part of their value because that's another big significant part of Game Pass is that, in, well, really the Xbox ecosystem currently is that variety of titles that you can jump into um, and at least try out to see if it's you. So with Xbox apparently having a trying making that bigger push in the I do think this year at Tokyo Game Show might be the first time ever that they truly make their presence known and felt and not for us but for the east to let them know hey those get the games that you guys like playing over here we're we're we're, we're bringing that into the Xbox ecosystem Matter of fact, it's going to be part of Game Pass. We got a dollar deal coming. We got a family plan. We got these, this, 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 and other things that, to help complete our service. Hey, come try it out to see if you to see what you got. We we want to show you guys that we we understand uh, that we need more representation. The same way that Xbox needs to work on uh, their localization strategy. Be yeah, I think that'll be another good opportunity to help bolster that localization strategy um, in the East. Because if you can get them in, especially as some as uh, for a culture that is more so on the move, you have to bring in titles that they can that they can play um, in the same fat in the give them a way to play that fits within their lifestyle. And those more multiplayer those more multiplayer faceted games are those things, um, along with the. Uh, the cultural references and because not everybody likes what the, what, what the West has going on. Nobody wants a game about G. Um, it's just, I, they're making one though. The one's coming they, out. They, they are making, they are making, yes, they are making one. It actually looks kind of cool. First person. Yeah. yeah, yeah it could be. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, no, nobody wants that. They, you know what I'm saying? The East doesn't, don't, doesn't care. But if we can, if Microsoft can show, if Xbox can show, um, because that's one of the, and one of the areas that they're weakest in, um, is the East in totality. And, and you notice how I'm not just saying Japan or South Korea or China or anything. I just put in the East in totality because there's no telling where you can get that talent from. I just hope that Microsoft is taking this more seriously than even that I'm expecting. And we get some big announcements here. Like, Hey, if you come out and say, Hey, the first ascendant is coming to game pass day one. And that'll be a big, uh, and what I've played of the game, I think that'd be a big announcement, right? For a game that's an Outriders, Warframe, Lost Planet baby, right? I think that would really help re- to invigorate your service, give people variety. Um, if you say that a, um, a Lost Ark, for an example, as though, because, and I only bring Lost Ark up because Lost Ark is seeing a decline. There's a lot of people who are bucking the system of Lost Ark right now and are and don't feel... Um, as they should, as they want to support that game further, um, because some of the things going on behind the scenes. So, with that taken into consideration, is it time now to bring that game over to expose it to a, a new player base? I do think that right now this is a perfect opportunity, um, especially with the type of year that Xbox has had thus far. Uh, this is another opportunity because you you have multiple shows. Show us why we should care about these other shows. 
Sony does Sony doesn't care. Nintendo doesn't care. Um PC is too wide of an audience to say that whether they care or not, of course they care. Uh, because most of those games end up coming to PC anyway. So Xbox, like, is this is are you taking advantage of the year? Taking in really starting to hear some of the marketing things that we've been talking about over the, over the last years, um, at least here on Living Split Screen, as things that you need to fix and address. How do you feel, Paul, about Xbox not only um, supposedly going to have a huge presence at TGS, uh, but then also to hear that they're going to have a huge presence at Gamescom, both that they traditionally haven't put much effort into in recent years. And well, really in the, uh, for what I know. TGS, they've been at for the past two, three years still. They've, they've been, been at, but it's... Uh, no, they've been heavy. They they actually, and they actually sponsored it one year, right? They were the main line, right? Um, Not to say that they've always that. come up with the biggest stuff, right? But they've had a presence there. But, but Sarah Bond and her team have been working extremely hard over there. Obviously, uh, the relationship with Sega and Atlas shows that. The relationship with Bandai Namco uh, shows that. The relationship with Capcom now dropping games day and date into Game Pass shows, mm-hmm. again, this push in the East was not all talk. They've been doing the work, as you and I have been pounding the table for Steel. They've got more work to do. Localization is still a problem. Starfield is not going to have Korean um, language. Um at launch that is a problem that xbox microsoft with the money that they have has to fix over there but they are putting in the groundwork um to continuously uh increase their presence over there like i said before strategic acquisitions down the road i expect to happen one way or the other but right now with tgs looming um, later this year i think it's one of the shows that they are going to show up to steal i think that they are going to have some surprises for us um, at TGS, I think that that is a great spot to continue to push their Atlas um, partnership uh, with personas coming into Game Pass with Atlas uh, seemingly giving the marketing rights to their brand new IP. Um, the, the name escapes me off the top of my head right now. Anyways, to Xbox. That is huge. And it is a huge thing over there um, because we've seen Final Fantasy's popularity steal in the East is starting to diminish it is not it is not the franchise it once was and that's due to square enix decisions that's a whole nother conversation with final fantasy 16 in my belief it's due to square's decision making over there but this is now the time where where atlas and persona is on the rise so i think that's going to have a huge presence i think we will see some surprises I think any deals like you were talking about steel with Korean developers or Chinese developers, maybe black myth Wukong, maybe you sealed the deal for marketing rights on that. That's when you show up over to TGS because TGS sure is definitely Japan based. Of course it's Tokyo, but it now represents a big market in the East more so than it used to. And you got a lot of eyes from over there from all over the East um, on your Whatever you're going to show. So I think they are definitely going to show up and show out at TGS Steel. The bigger, more interesting thing here is Gamescom to me. Gamescom is something that Xbox has been light at um, over the past uh, few years, at least. They are making a big deal out of this steal. Yeah. And I again, I'm going to take in consideration that this could just be the Starfield hype push, which it deserves, right? This could just be, hey, 
we're launching our biggest game that we've had probably potentially in decades is coming. And so they are making a big deal out of that. And we could see a lot of Starfield at Gamescom. But I think there's a little something more here. Um, Greenberg retweeted Gamescom's tweet, quote tweeted it and said, you know, excited to be there. This is going to be a big year for Xbox. Well, we already know it's going to be a big year because you just had your showcase. We just had the Starfield direct for 40 minutes plus that blew everybody's minds, right? So yeah, Aaron, we know this is going to be a big year. Why, Why are you saying this is going to be a big year? We have the interview with Phil Spencer and Matt Booty with Giant Bomb, with Grub and those guys over there, in which Booty stressed because they asked about the directs. And Booty said, well, we've, you know, and Phil had insinuated during that conversation, we have more to show. And then Booty said, well, we've got more showcases coming up like Gamescom, like the game a year, um, like the Keeleys at the end of the year, right? We've got more places to show off our stuff that we want to show. They're hiding. I think they've got a couple more things up their sleeve. Obviously, we know Starfield Motorsport, right? Forza Motorsport is also going to be a big push. We know those two. But I think they got a couple more surprises for us, Steel. We still got to hear about Age of Empires 4 for console, which, again, you guys can poo-poo that all you want as, as, as niche. Age of Empires 4, Age of Empires in general, is still a gigantic franchise for Microsoft. So we still got that to show. But what else they got up their sleeve, Steel? Do we got a couple more Game Pass deals? We've talked about it. Oh. No, TGS would be a good spot for an Armor Core to be announced. As what's the release date on Armor Core? Uh, August twenty fifth. Okay, so that's too late to do that. But it would be huge to be able to announce Game Pass if that shows up. If that is a deal that they have in place, but obviously they're trying to get pre orders and all kind of stuff. We know they hold off on announcing. So they announce that they go to TGS and. By the way, Armor Core Six Game Pass for all you in the East that didn't realize. Go play Fires of Rubicon right now. It could right? be that still at it that point. It could be big, yeah. right. But Gamescom, I think they are going to have a couple surprises for us that we weren't aware of or hadn't heard about yet. Because not only did Aaron Greenberg quote tweet that, Phil also put out a tweet and said, it's been too many years since I've been to Gamescom. Excited to show back up there this year. Well, now you got Greenberg, you got Phil. Sounds like you're going to have the whole crew out at Gamescom. Right. That normally doesn't happen if you don't have some kind of something coming down the pipeline that you, again, it could just be Starfield. Don't get me wrong. Starfield's big enough to, to warrant it. But I think that Gamescom is the interesting spot here um, for Xbox. I think we might yes. have something. Um, I hope so. Because again, Gamescom is one of the biggest, is one of the biggest, yeah. is the biggest event. Um, actually, it dwarfs most event. Um, because I, I think uh, I heard somebody say that it was going to be like six. It's like um, their average um, influx of people that they get in is about 500,000 is about 500,000 people. And yeah, that's that's fucking humongous um, comparison to, to a lot of the other shows. So it's like, I mean, for me, it's kind of like, why haven't you taken advantage of that in the past? That's like. There's that's a, a lot of people to put your stuff in front of, right? That 500,000 people that can go back and they're talking about this, those 500,000 people, even if they told one person, that's a million people just off of one event um, that now are talking about these different things that you've shown at this um, at this event. So definitely adds on. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree wholeheartedly. So I, I, I mean, again, I think both of these, I think Microsoft is now back to business as usual 
Again, I, I, I speculated on this. We speculated here, Steele, whether or not the ABK deal was obviously um, keep holding things back, which I, I think we can all agree where it was for sure. To what degree, I guess, is a discussion, but I right. think it was greatly holding them back. But now that all the cards are on the table and they're in the, the stretch run here, and we saw this with the showcase, I think it's back to business as usual. And I think all that pent up stuff that they've had over the past couple of years during this ABK deal, um, they're all excited to get back to this and they're just going all out. And I think that that they're going to do this with these showcases, um, with the Keeleys at the end of the year, because again, Booty specifically mentioned that. So I expect them again last year, nothing at the Keeleys um, outside of Game Pass advertisements. I think this year we see them return to form steel. And I think it's a big deal this year that they hit all these showcases around the world because that's their focus now is again, gaining in these markets that they have consistently losing in. They are out there um, to show that they're here to stay and that they've got big things coming down the pipeline. Because, again, Phil was super excited to say that he could finally see the roadmap. One game per quarter, one big AAA game, first party per quarter. I think that that's where they're excited about now, Steele. And I think that this is the new Xbox going forward. Like we said, thought from the beginning, Starfield could be the beginning of like, hey, this is what we envision xbox to be starfield's the beginning and just the beginning we've got stuff for the next five ten years lined up that we're excited to start being able to showcase so i think that's where they're at yeah um i'm excited to see what else uh they have uh to show us um I, again i'm i'm excited for all all the different sides to shows what they what they got their wares and everything again i'm still looking for a reason to um to invest into playstation's ecosystem uh because to be frank spider-man 2 isn't isn't enough um even off the hype of me as much as i just love i just saw the spider-man into the spider-verse movie um in the movie theater this past week uh yeah a couple days ago and i loved it i thought it was always one of the greatest spider-man one of the greatest spider-man movies that i've seen um along with the first one but Demon Souls remake isn't isn't enough, MG. I'm I'm sorry. Um, I, as much as I love Souls games, hmm. Demon Souls isn't doesn't do it. Um, that's something that I could wait for it to come again. I've I've told the story here many a time. It's going to have to be something else, outlandish, um, or factions, um, that gets me to do that. But I still think factions is going to come PC day and date. Um, part of the reason. I think it's taken them such an additional long uh, amount of time is because they're going to make sure that their game releases day and day across multiple platforms so that they can take advantage of the live service elements of it. Um, person, I mean, at least for, for me personally, uh, that's what it's looking like. Now, unless somebody announces a Gundam Breaker 4, oh, well, we might be having a different conversation. <laughs> Bloodborne, I, I never, I played Bloodborne, um, I played Bloodborne for four hours when I had my PlayStation 4. And I can be honest to say I didn't give it enough of a fair shake. Um, it didn't pull me in at first. Um, within that time that I spent with it, uh, I still would have rather played uh, my Souls games, like Dark, Dark, Dark Souls. That's the main one. Those are the main, that's the main IP that got me in there. Um Gundam Dynasty Wars is cool and all. It's not Gundam Breaker though, um, so it, it's there are very few titles that get me in there. Um, t- 
Tim says you feel ignored, but cool. What are you talking about, Tim? I saw I saw your chat earlier talking about the uh, three hundred thousand people there. As you're talking about your Valorant and League of Legends uh, comments that you were making, and I, I don't we we I didn't think that we ever uh, downplayed it or whatever the case. Um, but as far as both of those, the Valorant and uh, League of Legends play, as far as um, what is that? You you mentioned it in the uh, in your comments too from Riot. There you go uh, from Riot. I do think our our there is a big play and has been a big play for them. Uh, I do. I don't know how many more players they haven't come out and said any numbers or anything like that that that's added in since they've cut, since it's come to Game Pass. Um, but I mean, obviously something is working because they're working on a controller version of Valorant. So there has to be something there to justify um, them wanting to do a controller version of it. So um, definitely something to consider. I think that that, w- that was a good play for them. Uh, and yeah, I heard people say Bloodborne is a top five for them. Um, uh, Esau Vandal, it's not a top five. It's not a, it's not a console seller for me. So that, and that's the thing that separates PlayStation and Xbox for me as far as consoles go. Um, it's more ecosystem based than anything else, right? Uh, I've been invested in the Xbox ecosystem since they've created an ecosystem, <laughs> right? Um, as far as PlayStation, I mean, literally, if you look at it as, oh, I, I played them for their exclusives, I don't think even their exclusives are good enough for that console. Now, that's just my opinion, um, and that's just the way that I personally feel. God of War doesn't justify that. It's a $200 million game, and it doesn't justify that to me. Horizon doesn't justify that. Um, Demon Souls Remake doesn't justify that. Um, to me. <laughs> I think uh, Tim is talking about his comment. Steel, there have been multiple times, but it's like three, three hundred and fifty thousand gamers still huge. I don't know exactly what what he was talking. Uh, he was about. talking about games. Uh, I think he was talking about games comment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I saw what he said. I mean, it was because uh, I made yeah. the comment about five hundred k that he added on to three hundred and fifty. Um, again, I mean, either way, three fifty to yeah. five hundred. That's still a fuck, shit ton of fucking people in comparison. Um, right. <laughs> and, 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 and I get that uh, like a Bloodborne remake would break the internet yeah. uh, but again like to a certain degree I, yes. I just have to I have to be given a reason outside of what most people find as their reason um, Returnal was Returnal's good I like Returnal on PC I wouldn't have bought it on console um, yeah, yeah I, I would have never bought that game on PlayStation uh, just as a, as a reference uh, I was interested in it and if I would have had a console, eh, maybe, but it wouldn't have been a reason to buy that console. And, they, and that's a conversation that I, I, I will, I would love to continue to have with other people, it's just because a lot of people, there are still tons of people who feel as though, oh well, I own all consoles, so uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the real gamer. And for me, it's like you don't have to own all consoles to be a real gamer. You don't have to have a, all the consoles to have a subjective opinion right because most of us and we've talked about this before uh have been doing this for quite some time and i will always reiterate you have to find a reason to make the investments that you do in your hobby if i'd rather spend 500 dollars on my bike on my car on my kids on anything else versus me getting a playstation that's going to sit for six to 12 months at a time after I played the one game 
that's not ju- that's not justified to me. I don't I don't get that mentality. But I can also say part of because maybe maybe it's because of how I was raised, maybe it's because of how I look at gaming, maybe it's just because of how I what I value personally. And I think you should I think everybody should take that into consideration. And don't let nobody bully you off of a square on why you do things the way that you do them. <laughs> Blue Boo says, LOL still just spent, spent five of the bus on the bike before the kids. <laughs> no, I would I would never do that. That 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 that's weird. <laughs> I, I know people who will, and I, I that's why I don't ride with them. Strange. Um anyway, and then they're also about risking their life on a daily basis. I like to have fun, but not again, I like to come home. <laughs> Nonetheless. I do think um, that most of the topics that I wanted to at least um, kind of comb through and cover today, uh, we definitely nailed, hit out the park. Uh, you got anything else that you'd like to touch on, on as we wrap things up? We could touch on Baldur's Gate 3 real quick here. Oh, um, yeah, go. Yeah, please. Let's do it. Let me touch, let's touch on Baldur's Gate let's 3. Do uh, first of all, I, listen, I don't. I don't speak out on this stuff much anymore because I don't honestly want to give my energy to the nonsense that happens in this community quite often. I'm not going there first. I'll go be there next. Um, No, no, no. I I just, I I don't, because again, this, like I said before, if people want to go a certain route within this community to become an actor, a snake or clown or whatever, and that's what they want to roll with on a daily basis. That's what they get. That kicks off their egos. That's fine. This this whole nonsense and it, and it's both it started on one side but the other side picked it up this and, and has spun it even differently and I, right. I I can't despise this 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 thing about comparing Baldur's Gate three to Starfield you all really show who you are and if that's who you want to present you are as a gamer more power to you but you look utterly foolish um in any way shape or form if you're going to try to compare these two games together not the same uh, they're not the same steel no oh. um listen <laughs> this this is nonsense and the fact that it started on the playstation circus side with the clowns deciding that oh these cutscenes, animations characters look better than starfields and so we're gonna pump up this game that probably a majority of us had zero care for ever. Um, again, I, I will probably say that there is a portion that played, div- you know, Divinity Original Sin one or two or both, and probably know who Larian Studios is. There's probably even a, a smaller percentage that did originally play the original Baldur's Gate and probably do love D&D and probably understand what Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be all about. But that's a small percentage. Most of these people could give two shits about it, but they decided to start comparing the two and saying, oh, my God, look at what Larian can do hey, versus what Starfield can do. Yeah. How, how, how many uh, do you know how many people work at Larian? 400 now, Steel, which is not the case. I was absolutely blown away by that number. Yeah, That studio was 40 people when they did Divinity Original Sin 2. They were 40. I thought they were still an indie studio. Steel, to be honest with you, I did not yeah, know I thought so too. No, that's that they major. had done this. They are major. Yeah, they are now. This <laughs> is, is triple not small. <laughs> no, no. And they and they I, I started reading mm. because I just looked it up the other night, Steel, because I even made comments. I think here or on one of the shows, I was like, you can't compare the two because Bethesda is on a different scale from 
from what Larian's doing. Larian's a great studio, but I thought they were still small. I thought they were still an indie studio. No, 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 no. They're AAA now. This is big time. This is how much effort they put into Baldur's Gate 3. So I started reading up on it, and there, you know, they said the game just kept getting bigger and bigger, and they realized they were going to have to go big with their studio in order to do what they want to do with Baldur's Gate 3, which is great, which is going to get to my point about Baldur's Gate 3. Right. But to compare those two is completely nonsense. And then the Xbox guys, who now, because Larian has had problems getting the co-op split screen to work on the Xbox Series S, and yes, that is now confirmed, Xbox engineers are actually there at Larian trying to help them through this. But because that has happened, because the Xbox version hasn't been officially announced, now the Xbox guys are taking that and running with it and starting to trash Baldur's Gate 3 and talking about how much better Starfield is going to be. Both of you are clowns, okay? Both of you are clowns. Larian Studio is a freaking amazing studio. They're on the wish list, by the way, for Microsoft. Microsoft is looking at them to acquire, okay? They are fantastic. Divinity Original Sin, both one and two, are absolutely amazing examples of CRPGs done well actually beyond well on console if you haven't played one of those two again turn-based crpgs folks so again not everybody's cup of tea get it if you're not played one of those two especially number two then you really shouldn't talk about this at all okay because again larian studios is ridiculously good at what they do that's why the hype around Baldur's gate 3 exists because Baldur's gate one and two for those who don't know was done by bioware that's right peak bioware the fact that a studio like larian took over is a godsend for this for those of us that love the dnd style crpgs neverwinter nights etc this is a godsend that larian got this project okay the fact that they have upped their studio 10 times over to get enough devs to finish this game should show you how invested they are in this game and why it has taken them six years to put this game out, why this game has existed in early access on PC for three years. Because they take this game very seriously and what they're doing, they have a lot of pride in it, okay? So stop, first of all, both of you. Nonsense. I do agree, Doom Reaper brought this up in our chat in PM and the PM, that a lot of this nonsense is actually probably pretty good for Larian. The oh, fact yeah. that there's going to be oh. a lot of PlayStation guys who actually go out and buy this game when they would have had zero interest in this game otherwise, mm-hmm. just to stick it to the Xbox guys. The fact that that's going to happen is going to support Larian, support this game. Cool. Hopefully. The more people who play Hopefully. the game, the better. I hope that they get done with the Xbox version soon. I hope they fix it, figure out the problems again. I got thoughts on Microsoft should probably give an exemption here for the Series S. They're not going to. I understand the business side of it, but I do... It is a miss here not having this game launched at the same time as PlayStation 5. Anyways, all that being said, what I've seen from Baldur's Gate 3, I had no intention of buying another game because Starfield's coming out. From now, I haven't bought Aliens Dark Descent. I've put off other games. I have no intention of buying any other games because Starfield's coming and I know where all my time is going to be for the rest of the year. And I didn't want to invest in games again as a budget gamer to make that happen when I knew I was going to put those games down, especially with Diablo four taking up a lot of my time right now. There was just no point watching what they've done with Baldur's gate three. And I've, I've watched it from a distance. I've watched some gameplay um, on the PC during early access over the past couple of years, but I haven't deep dived what they were doing. I knew whatever they were going to do was going to be great. It's it's Baldur's gate. It's Larian. I already had faith in it. I just knew I was going to be playing because Starfield 
now that I've taken interest in them and I've deep dived this and I watched their panel yesterday, their dev uh, direct yesterday. I'll just call everything a direct now because I love the name. Um, watching that and understanding how incredibly large this game now is, I'm buying this day one on PC. Okay. Uh, this will be my first full fledged PC buy, by the way, um, of a new game. I'm going to play this because it's coming out now on August 3rd on PC. That gives me a whole month basically with it before Starfield comes out. I'm going to go into this game. What Larian has done here is one of the best experiences so far that I've seen as to emulating D&D. Now they use fifth edition rules, which I'm not all for. I don't like the changes in D&D. Again, we just talked about that earlier, but at its heart, it's still core D&D. They are giving you the chance to experience a story in a way that you completely 100% decide. Much like Bethesda, Larian does CRPGs that are sandboxes. So meaning that you can do things that you aren't allowed to do in other games. You can make choices that you aren't allowed to make in other choices, and it affects the entire game. That to me, me is my, it's my favorite mechanic. And yes, this is co-op up to four players, by the way, as well. You can have a team of four. Yes. It's still turn-based, so you got to wait your turn, but you can each have a different character in your party. Larian's presentation yesterday impressed me beyond belief. This team has gone up and beyond the Call of Duty, pun intended, um, to make a game that is both... Everything that people loved about the previous games, faithful to that history, and also made it for 2023 and then blown it up 100 times over, they have done that here to the nth degree from everything I saw yesterday. Um, you can kill off your entire party if you want to. You can kill off every party member and still complete the game solo. There's hirelings in this game that you can go get and you can hire hirelings. You can kill off those hirelings if you want to still complete the game. The brutality in this game is off the charts. What you can, there's over 600 spells in this game. You have 48 subclasses, mm. and then you can also multi-class your characters later on as well. So you've got 12, I think it's 12 total classes to start, 48 different subclasses, so about four subclasses for each class, right? And then you can multi-class later on. So you can make crazy combinations. The side story content, the main story content is all dependent upon who you are in this game. They went back and rewrote so much dialogue within the world to have the NPCs respond to you based upon either your class or your race or what decisions you previously made. They've got an entire newspaper that is dynamic in telling the stories that are happening in the world based upon some of what you do and the cause and um, effect that it has on what's going on in the world around you. You can play completely 100% good. You can play completely 100% evil. You can play a gray area of a combination of the both. This is everything I love about RPGs and then some. This is exactly the type of games I love. This is take your pick on any combination of RPGs that you played classically, Knights of the Old Republic, Mass Effect, doesn't matter what you want to pull from Skyrim. 
you pull from that and they've rolled this all into one here and made the ultimate experience, at least from my, what I'm seeing right now, right. This is going to be everything I've ever wanted and more. So I'm all sold on this game. Now there's a caveat because there was a situation they showed off yesterday, which like I just said, I'm all for freedom. I'm all for doing whatever you want to do in a game. Many games have tried this and don't pull it off well. Some games have pulled it off well. They are looking to set the new high bar for that mentality of do whatever you want to do right. in a game. But it, the the decision to include bestiality slash zoophilia in a, I don't care if it's a fantasy setting. I don't care if it's just a video game does make me scratch my head. Now it's a, it, it's a, it's, <laughs> It's a choice. It's not something you have to do. So it's not forced upon you by any stretch of imagination. But the fact that they actually went that far and decided that that was cool. And the fact that there are people out there now praising this game for it. Again, I know we are in a different society, but we still should have some boundaries that society standards say aren't okay. And you can say, yes, it is a druid. Hmm. Why couldn't he stay human then? Right. But he's transforming fully into a bear in the scene that they showed. Fully 100% a bear. This isn't a humanoid. Again, I get humanoid stuff. Yeah, because there's a a gray area with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Listen, I've had my crush. Liara and Mass Effect, are you kidding me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. But when you go full beast, when you're full animal... And you're telling me that you're going to include that sex scene in your video game and you actually made a presentation out of it and actually went to great lengths to have it happen during that presentation. I got a head scratch and say, okay, that's a little, little too much, little too much. Um, I don't agree with that decision at all. Um, again, I think there should still be boundaries because as steel pointed out behind the scenes, what other boundaries are you going to start to cross once you start down this road, like what other things are you going to justify? Do we, do we, do we get into younger people, right? Do we, do we start crossing that boundary in a video game? Because, Oh, it's a fantasy world because everything's okay. That's how things used to be. Or yes. Or it was widely accepted in history, right? (laughs) There was lots of things as we well know, steel that were accepted in history that aren't okay. These days, it wasn't okay. Right. But it was in some cultures. Back then. But still, yeah, yeah, yeah. back then. But, but again, that's why we grow as a society, right? We, we improve and we learn things that were wrong. Yes. 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 So I just want to point out (laughs) the bare necessities. Yes. I just want to point out that I still think we should have boundaries and I still don't think this should be okay. There's people cheering it. Uh, There's a whole class of people. Again, uh, again, bestiality and zoophilia uh, does exist for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most of us um, get sick to our stomach at the ideas of that. And again, as much as you want to say, it's just a video game. And yes, we go around committing mass murder in video games. And most of us would never, ever, ever even consider one murder in our lifetime. So I understand all the reasons behind it. It's just that this thing right here is another step where I'm like, "Mm, did we have to, I don't think we had to, there's no reason for it. There's no point behind it other than saying that you have a broad spectrum. And they said this during their actual 
um, presentation that they they represent a broad spectrum of people. So for me, that was the only negative takeaway. Otherwise, Larian is knocking this out of the part. Park, I think this will be up for game of the year. I think this could sneak into the conversation for game of the year if they if it comes out and it's in good shape. Um, I think that this is definitely could set the new watermark for CRPGs and open world experiences when it comes to that style of game and what you're able to do in it. Um, and so I'm extremely hyped for Baldur's Gate 3. I think this is going to be special. I think this is going to be special, Steel. So. Yeah, um, I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 has definitely piqued some of my interest um, in some ways. Uh, I do, again, um, I do find it extremely um, interesting that they would choose to um, include something of that nature um, as far as bestiality goes. Uh, and again, uh, I mean, you talk about, you know, time constraints and um, issues that you could be having. Uh, you know, could, could there be a universe where you didn't put as much effort into editing and making this whole sex scene with a bear? Maybe that could have helped with the split screen? Maybe. Maybe it couldn't. I don't know. Either way, I just think that it's, I just think that it's, it's extremely strange. Um, again, it's their game. They choose what they want. Again, you as the player, you don't have to engage with it. It's not like it's forced upon you or whichever the case, which is always a good thing. That's always a beneficial thing to, uh, to us as the gamer. Um, but it does make me question some of the thought processes, um, that Larian as a studio has. Um, and the fact that somebody watched that, approved it, and then said, oh, let's use this as a marketing piece. I think that tell it just, it tells me some things that I just don't necessarily feel comfortable about. Um, again, that's a me thing. Um, if there are certain boundaries, and again, Bong touched on it. Uh, you know, people for years have been trying to say, oh, games like GTA are the reason why gun, why gun control is an issue. No, gun control is an issue because our government is fucking clueless. That's why government, that's why fucking gun control is an issue. Um, that has nothing to do with GTA. I, again, you're, it is much less likely for somebody to go on a killing spree in GTA and then they'll want to go on a killing spree in real life. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so it's like, I, 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 I get it if you want to use that same type of argument here. Um, just because it's in the game doesn't mean it's something that applies to people in the real life. Um, But there are certain things, as Paul mentioned also, as a society that... Taboos that should remain taboo. Uh, 1,000%. <laughs> and like the, what I mentioned to Pong, it's like, okay, with if Beast... It's, it, anyway. Um, yeah. I won't get too deep into it because uh, there are people who are into those types of things in today's society. And I'm not going to kink shame anybody, but... Um, I do think that it's it's something that's extremely oh, disturbing, no, I'll and it's certain things that for sure. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't, again, as long as I ain't got, I ain't got to see it. So whatever. But it's just there are it's just there are and there it's should be certain involved. boundaries for certain things, right? Um, mm. I don't care if the bear was consensual to the situation. I, <laughs> I just, no. I just, I just don't get why he couldn't have stayed human. 
I just, maybe maybe I'm clueless. But with that, I think this would be a perfect time to get into our (laughs) This Day in Gaming segment, where we go over 30 years in gaming history, and uh, we forget about the fact that Larian is doing interesting things with their game. Um, But no, seriously, I I do hope that the game does do well on the PlayStation platform. Um, There's a a wide base. It's a huge base over there. And I know a lot of people are interested. Again, there has been, like you have mentioned, Pong, it's something that I was going to touch on. Uh, they've been in three years of development with the community. Yep. Um, and that's, I mean, I know as much as I like to see a, you know, creators make their vision, um, I do also believe if part of your vision is involving the community, uh, then you should do that and be very forthright about what you're trying to get accomplished. I mean, from everything that I have seen, the community is very happy with where the game is at current. Um, yep. And they're excited for the full release of the game. So, um, Mikado says, I wonder if it would change your morality rating. Paladin lost access to holy abilities due to alignment shift from Bearsack. <laughs> see, that's that's hmm. the problem. That, But see, no, that's, that's the problem with... No, it's not going to be in there. It'd be great, but that's the problem with... Um, fifth edition rules is again they opened up D to a wider audience and a lot of it had to do with accepting everybody right which is yeah the general thing in society yeah and so fifth again that's what was the focus was with fifth Edition, which again, from a business standpoint, I understand why you do it. And from a society standpoint of where things have headed, I also understand why you make those decisions, but you change what D&D originally was meant to be into something new, which again, brought back the popularity of D&D. There's a reason why mm-hmm. D&D came back in the degree that it has is because of the changes they made in the, in the actual rule sets um, to open it up. So, Again, I'm old school. I'm second edition D&D, first edition D&D, a little bit of third edition D&D. So, like, I'm from the old school, like the hardcore where stats were stats. Like, that was all that mattered. You weren't worried about accessibility. You were worried about how damn good your character's strength was or intelligence was. Like, the old school, right? That's that's what it was about. Uh, what, you know, magical sword you're going to find next, right? right. Um, so, for, for from that standpoint like that's kind of where this is headed but like i said if you watch what larian showed off they've maintained a lot of the core of dnd dnd um down to the point where you're rolling dice on screen to to do a save throw right depending on what your action is what you're trying to do you have to you have to get that save throw in order to be successful otherwise Mm -hmm. it fails and shit goes awry real quick but if you get some luck and you get those dice rolls, you can make some crazy things happen in this game, like some really out there games that I didn't think you could pull off in a video game. Um, so that's where it's, that's where it gets me excited. So I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, Nisa Vandal says, what's sad is that there is a, that if there was a trans character, there would be outraged, but bare sex. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to kind of leave it at where it's at. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of. Again, I've I've seen modders do some very interesting things with Skyrim. Yeah, of so, course, of course, modders um, will always do this shit. Like whatever. 
again. You know, and we as a society, um, there are some of us that are into some very interesting things. Um, some things push the push the line a lot more than others, to the point that where if that line is crossed, I yeah, just don't know how we come back from that. I I don't know if I can. I don't know if I, I could accept slope that. is real. I don't slippery know. slope is anyway. real. Anyways, yes. <laughs> uh, besides, besides the point again. Uh, hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, everybody jumps into it. Yeah. I know a lot. I, I know a lot of people have been kind of um, downplaying it um, in in many ways. And again, mm-hmm. uh, like you mentioned earlier, Pong, uh, with the whole Starfield comparison yep. and whatnot, it's just uh, it's just outlandish. It is. It is crazy. But if you're looking for a turn-based CRPG, highly recommend from what I've seen of Baldur's Gate three. And I'll I'll talk about it when I get it because it looks like it's going to set the bar. So go check it out for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I do think that we're going to now get into our this day in gaming segment um, where we go back 30 years in gaming history uh, because gaming is art and should be treated as such. And it's always dope to see where we have come from to where we are today. Um, And so shout the game facts um, or game spot, I should say. Um, This is from their site. And shout out to you guys for continuously holding us down by doing this um, for us. So let me go ahead and bring that up for us here. There we go. 1,320 oh. hours till early release for Starfield, everybody. Hey. Getting closer. Getting closer. I don't know why my box is small. Box pause, but. Oh. Why are you talking about my box? Leave my box alone. Uh. <laughs> i don't know man i don't know why i'm talking about your box yeah uh here we go that'll that'll work for what it is anyway all right so as you see we're starting off on J- july 8th um today in 1994 what up sergeant how you feeling and Eastside didn't mean to skip over what you said so quickly and moving on to this day in gaming is a touchy thing obviously but let me just say this. They allow you to create that type of character in the game. Yeah. So Which is cool. they do. I mean, yeah, cool. yeah, they do. They do. So. Uh, yeah. They, stuff like. Anyway, <laughs> I don't, only thing I was going to say is, 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 is just crazy what we choose to be outraged about things that are like scientifically proven to be just to happen sometimes. Um, that a lot more people are critical about. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway. Yep. There's also social engineering involved as well, but and some of that for sure. All right. So we're starting in 94, July 8th. You had Bishujo Senshi Sailor Moon. Right out the gate with a little Easter flavor. I like it, man. Nice. Little Sailor Moon, huh? Never, never watched the cartoon. You never, never watched Sailor Moon? Nope. Never did. Sailor Moon's had, a good show. I had, I had a. I mean, son. Old, he right? wasn't into Sailor Moon. I'm a guy, and I was into Sailor Moon. What, like, what is that supposed right, to be? Right, but that's a different generation. Just wasn't my thing, man. Just didn't. Me and your, your son ain't that much of an age of difference. No, your son is. No, no, no. I'm just talking about in general. But my son had no interest. That's in crazy that. that he did that. He didn't end up watching. No, it. I mean, no. I, I it was one of those that came on when cartoons uh, nah, came on during the weekend or when we came home from school. So yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I watched Care Bears back in the day when I was a kid. 
I love I Care Bears, right? I've Gummy watched bears. some Care I hate. I, I can't stand. I love Care Bears, man. Care Bears fucking rock. Can't stand Care Bears. <laughs> I used to watch Strawberry Shortcake with my sis. My sis used to love Strawberry Shortcake. I watched Strawberry Shortcake with my with my oldest when she was growing yeah. up. Yeah. So I guess there's that. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> speaking of Beasts, uh, 94, Super Nintendo released Disney's Beauty and the Beast. By the way, he's a humanoid. Now, just in case yeah, you guys that's were wondering. Humanoid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just in case you guys were wondering. Can't, can't and <laughs> and uh, he, he went back to normal after... Yeah, like I like 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 I said, behind the scenes of DMs, one thing to like, you know, the beast from Beauty and the Beast, who's humanoid, is another thing if you're gonna say that Simba from the Lion King turned you on. Like that's two totally different scenarios, right there. <laughs> Just saying. Um, facts. <laughs> uh, all right, then we in '94 we also got uh, Robo Trek on Super Nintendo. Cool. Trying to be Robotech, but not. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Oh, um, then in 99 on PlayStation, you had Vandal Hearts 2. Mm, great game. Great game. Vandal Hearts is classic. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all are in here listening all the classic, all the classic yeah, shows. Smurf, Snorks, absolutely. Yep, yep. I love, yeah, I love Gargoyle with those. Yep, Robotech Macross for life. Hell yeah, man. Linman May, my first, uh, my first cartoon crush. There you go. 100%. Uh, then in 99 on the Game Boy Color, you had Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters 2. Shout out to Yu-Gi-Oh! Round for some time. Yes. Um, then in 2004, uh, on the GameCube and PlayStation 2, you had Croquette, Ban King, Nokiki, Osukwe. I, I think that's how you say that. Um, okay. Got that. Then in 2004, uh, you had GameCube released Harvest Moon, Another Wonderful Life. Very nice. Harvest Moon still around, kicking it. Shout out to the farm sim lovers out there. All of you, just keep supporting those games. They keep coming. Okay. Jesse B, Silverhawks, absolutely rocked. But along with Silverhawks, right? I don't know where you were or where you guys were programming-wise, but after Silverhawks was Mask. And Mask is an underrated cartoon. Mask was absolutely freaking incredible. Uh, then in 2007, uh, on Windows Mobile, you had Animals of Mass Destruction. What? Okay. Uh, then in 2008, on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, uh, you had Beijing 2008, the official video game of the Olympic Games. God, I remember when Olympic Games were all the rage. Yeah. God, man. Holy shit. Button mashing. Oh, my God. Track and field. Oh, track and field back in the day. Oh, my God. Crazy. Um, then in 2008, on the Wii, you had Final Fantasy Fables, Chocobo's Dungeon. Ooh. Oh, Dakota, I bet you wish you still had the mask base. That'd be worth some money. That's rare. Not too many people had the masked toys because it was oh, wow, kind man. of under the radar cartoon. But frick, man, that's so cool. Glad so many people remember mask. Let's go. Then in 2008, on the DS, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360, you had Sid Meier's Civilization Revolution. Hundreds of hours in that game. Absolutely a great version of Civilization on 360. My kiddo grew up on it. I taught him how to play Civ on that game. Awesome, awesome version. Yep. Super dope. Uh, Then in 2008 on the Wii, you had Wonderworld Amusement Park. That's an amusement park games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then in 2009 on Xbox 360, you had Battlefield 1943. (sighs) Incredible. It was a good game. So good. So good. Yep. 
Uh, then in 2010 on the DS, you had Harvest Moon, The Tale of Two Towns. Like we said. That's some Harvest Moon love today. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in 2010 on PlayStation 3, you had the White Knight Chronicles 2. Very good. White Knight was underappreciated as well. PlayStation 3. Yep. Very good. Uh, then in 2010 on the Wii, you had Wii Party. Then in 2014 on 3DS, PlayStation 3, and the Wii U, you had One Piece Unlimited World Red. After that. Uh, then in 2014, you had Scooby-Doo and the Looney Tune Cartoon Universe Adventure. 3DS. <laughs> Can you make that any longer, please? Jesus. Uh, then in 2015 on iOS, you had Magic Duels Origins. It's not the magic, still rocking and rolling these days. We got the Lord of the Rings expansion with the one ring. Kind of dope. There's only one card with the one ring. Pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a buddy at work who's a big time card dealer and seller uh, for Pokemon and and uh, Magic, and he bought a case of those cards and sitting on them. <laughs> uh, Jesse Darby says, "Y'all are still on? Damn, five hours, guys. Don't you ever Not get quite. tired of this? Sometimes don't you just want to do a short show, get done, and relax all day?" <laughs> That's the trick, Jesse. You know how the Hulk says the trick is he's always mad? The trick is I'm already relaxed. Right. This is fun for me. I'm having a yeah. good time. Exactly. I, I, I enjoy this. Many people won't. But that's why we have timestamps. Anyway, because um, you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to. Up to you. Anyway, uh, 2021, you had PC and the PlayStation 5 release Arcade Again. Arcade Again. Let's go. And yes, Yobi, we definitely have the whore divorce. <laughs> whore divorce. Um, <laughs> but a time, but anyway, I'm out. <laughs> anyway, 2021, Android, uh, iPhone, Linux, Macintosh, Nintendo Switch, PC, PlayStation 4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series X all got Crash Drive 3. Okay, nice. Yep. Nice. Um, then in 2021, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One released Metro Simulator. Okay, Subway Train Simulator. Let's go. Um, <laughs> Jesse says, wouldn't you rather spend time playing video? <laughs> we do plenty of that too, Jesse. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I try to get a lot of that in during the week. Um, part of the reason why I don't do a lot of podcasts, right? Right. Um, also, we got kids, so it's like, yep. Um, I mean, my mornings on Saturdays are typically free, right? And I've and I've and I've made them that way since we started. So we started this show. Um, Saturday is a chill day, usually a wind down time. So I don't mind it. We've enjoyed it. It's not in the way of anything. And um, hey, in case you didn't know, I got gameplay, fresh gameplay on a week to week basis, brought to you live from Steel Rain himself, captured. On PC. That's right. Most cases. Most cases. I, I record from it. Just in case people were wondering. Audio listeners, you got to come check us out live, man. Get some live gameplay. It's always a good time. Anyway. Uh, 2022 Formula Bit Racing DX was released everywhere. I'm not going to continue to release, uh, announce all the platforms. Um, but everywhere but Macintosh. <laughs> and phones. Uh, then in 2022, you had a Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series. Uh, that also released on everything outside of Apple and phones. Not Klonoa. Klonoa was a good character. Yeah, I thought he was all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in 2022, 
you uh, basically had on everything, again, outside of Apple and your mobile devices, a game called Madison. Don't recognize that at all. I don't either. But that is your This Day in Gaming segment. Hopefully, it gave you some memories of some things that you might have played in the past. Maybe you've seen some of these names before. Again, uh, going going back in, into some of these games, especially like a, a Sid Meier uh, Re- Civilization Revolution, Battlefield 1943, even considering that that game came out in 2009, uh, just to see where Battlefield is at today. Although it still has some of its own struggles. Um, graphically, um, it's... I would have never imagined that Battlefield would be... Uh, no. Nope. Always a beautiful thing to see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people. Speaking of which, it is time to ramp down the show. Now, uh, again, with us having longer shows, it does. Um, leave us from being able to do some things during the afternoon, which we typically knock out for the rest of the afternoon. It's the evening to get some good old gaming in the night because we like to stay up a little little bit longer on a saturday night i won't be able to tonight well i gotta be up early in the morning but nonetheless i'm still gonna get some gaming in i want to thank you everybody for coming out and joining us on episode 110 living split screen a non-console essential platform covering everything going on within the gaming industry and um I did run into some, some some storage issues on my end for some things, but it's, that's some things I gotta I gotta spend some time really um, breaking down my gameplay and you know, compacting everything so that it fit on my external. Because uh, I've even used quite a bit of space on there with the amount of gameplay that I have. I just I love recording gameplay. I want to be able to look back one day and just pull up some gameplay, and be able to watch it and be like, I remember playing that game? It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Ever ever since I started doing that, I just have a thing for liking recorded gameplay. I can't help myself. Um, I do need to get rid of problem with screenshots, Steel. Yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking what I might end up doing. Um, This has been something I've been considering for some time um, because we are in a digital era, and it would help me uploading all of my content to YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether that be on living split screen, might even do it on my own channel, kind of double it up. So I mean, at, at least at that point. It, it is somewhere, right? Um, and I can free up some space and I'll always have access to it as long as the internet exists. Because uh, even when the internet don't exist, I don't imagine that I'd want to pull up my hard drive and be like, ooh, I want to see what games I played when when the uh, we get hit by the fucking... Um, uh, apocalypse? Yeah, by the apocalypse or some shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, nonetheless. Um, and again, thank you, Nick, for shouting that out. We are over 900 subs right here on YouTube. We have been doing this completely organic. Uh, no bot subs here. Uh, no bot viewers here either. So that's always a beautiful thing to see. Uh, again, doing it organically, it does take a lot of work because it is gaming. There are a lot of people talking about some of the things that we talk about um, in many different facets. I do believe that we still offer something unique here. Again, whether you tune in the entire time, whether you tune in for a part, I just greatly appreciate everybody for tuning up for, for joining us here. And with that said, you can find me steel rain. That's I steel rain. I, the T is a seven everywhere. Easiest place to type that in is Google. But if you want some specific places, uh, Twitter, I am going to start trying to take advantage of threads because that seems to be very fruitful currently and seemingly a lot of people are actually liking it so that's interesting to find out i wasn't expecting that but again as a content creator um you do want to try to take advantage of the things that you can and try to be ahead of the ball a little bit um but we'll see 
Uh, so I might start releasing some things there, gameplay, live a split screen stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we didn't make sure to lock our name in, I think. So we should be good to go as far as that goes for live a split screen. Um, for whatever reason, it wouldn't let me make an account under my own. But nonetheless, um, we are on that road to 1K. So please like, share, subscribe, share us out. Tell your mama about us. Hopefully she'll hit that subscribe button too. And I'll only do it if you actually enjoy what the content that you're getting here. And again, most times we do have timestamps in the description below. Uh, so if you guys want to find a certain part or whichever the case, um, definitely look out for that in the description. Paul! lead the beautiful people to victory i want to say thank you for joining um uh, joining me on another fantastic episode of living split screen and uh, yeah man much love to you all love brother all love and respect because we got a full show into this week it feels good uh we had a lot to talk about i think again as you stated um lots of good conversation today uh different different uh angles different topics uh getting covering things that not every show does um in a different way even on some of the topics that we do cover that are the same so right. uh thank uh you sir for all the work you did behind the scenes to try to make sure that we didn't have any issues this week again not everything is under our control uh at all times but i know you put in a lot of time and effort to make sure that was going to happen so um and uh we'll start including me on that so we have backup plans and then uh, we'll get that set up too so we don't uh, have those issues in the future as well but thank you uh steel for everything you do brother uh for sure and it was great to talk to you because we haven't talked a lot because yeah, yeah. haven't been on diablo and things busy and everything else going on so um chat you guys were absolutely freaking amazing as you are every single freaking weekend come out here have good discussions uh things that we could talk about in the chat i just absolutely love this uh show for that reason it's unlike plenty of others out there um who don't necessarily have chats that are contributing you guys contribute each and every saturday so thank you and again if you were lurking in the background you contributed in your own way just by joining us and listening so thank you for that um we love you all the same um and if you're listening to us in the future again appreciate you it's never expected but always appreciated for that we are on the road to 1k over 900 we're going to get there it has been a lot of your effort as well um showing up and showing out each and every week so thank you thank you thank you um you guys know the drill tonight it's the shop podcast ptk blam's channel be there it's gonna be ptk fuzzy and myself 9 p.m eastern eight o'clock central time don't think we're gonna have a guest tonight rare occasion where you just get us three brothers talking uh, but we're going to have a great time. It's the best way to spend your Saturday night. The audiences for PTK show uh, has been off the charts. Uh, he's setting new records. Um, it seems like every other week. So join us there. We're going to have a fun time. PTK Blam's channel, the shop podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Get a little bonus pong tomorrow. Uh, I will be on Games Talk Live Ooh. with the one and only Fonz Rally. Uh, he just hit me up actually during the show and asked me if I could join him. So 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Central Time. That's right. Be there. It's going to be a blast with Fonz. It's been a while since I talked to him. He does a quick show, little hour, a little bit over. So it's always a great time just to blast through some topics and uh, talk with him. And then, of course, next week it starts all over again. Tuesdays, it's Xbox Factor Podcast. It's Double Barrel Gaming. It's Mr. Boomstick. He always has a fantastic panel, even though I'm not able to be there anymore. I don't care. Uh, all good things green every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Thursday nights, PM in the PM, Pong and Mav in the PM, Fun Speculations Channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. 
Might be a big week next week, obviously. Um, if we get a decision coming down, which we should, there'll be a lot of talk next week about ABK. No matter what the decision is, uh, the ripple effects will start immediately. So we're going to have fun on PM to PM. Join myself and Mav there Thursday night, Friday night, Xbox Ultimate, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time. Fantastic show last night. We talked about a lot of stuff. We were laughing last night a lot, too, as we always do. Be there every Friday night unique atmosphere on xbox ultimate um but uh other than that folks it's a golden age of gaming people it really is um at least my perspective it is the golden age of gaming i'm having such amazing time playing games right now um and you know even with a game like diablo 4 where i don't graze as much as i used to that's how much i enjoy that game and that's just speaks to the quality we get right now not always but there are games like that coming out and this year has been special second half of this year is going to be even bigger than the first half so buckle up get out there play what you love love what you play have a fantastic rest of your weekend and i'll talk to you all real real soon steel get us out of here brother ladies and gentlemen boys and girls y'all have a fantastic rest of your afternoon i know i will as in preparation for my day tomorrow definitely send much prayer and much love out there for me and much safety um as i get around all these other hooligans who act like they fucking never have been out in public before but nonetheless you gotta love them mm. and here we go so we'll see you next week on episode 111 Ooh, love it and love uh let's go we look forward to you guys hit us up much love y'all stay safe give us the 1k while we're gone later much love peace